everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the Slayer. Now, one more time. In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the Slayer. See, I did it because there's two, and there's, there's two of her, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. You get it. There. You, you could call them dead ringers. <laughs> ah, no so. one is dead. No one is hey, dead. Latoya. No one is dead, technically. Um, uh, hey, Latoya. Uh, we Hello. were talking about the short-lived but uh, very, very oh. insane uh, ringer TV show. I say that because when you Google this to see what show we're talking about, you're going to need to put TV show because there's like 30 other things called Ringer, including if you're looking it up on your phone, it will try and actually adjust the sound of your volume, (laughs) the Ringer on your phone. So yeah, so this was a uh, small uh, foray into let's try and make a David Lynch style weird... I don't even know. Or Cronenberg, right? I guess yeah, Cronenberg. Yeah, Cronenberg. It's Cronenberg, but it, to me it felt very, like, Twin Peaks in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very it's very soapy. But anyway, so this is Ringer's, Ringer, the show. It is basically just someone's sister happens to have a twin. Let's get into it. Um, so we watched both episodes, season like season one, there's only one season, uh, the pilot, and episode 12, which could not be further apart from each other. Uh, episode 12 being the uh, very importantly titled, What Are You Doing Here, Hobag? <laughs> Question yes. mark. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to discuss the pilot first and then go into the 12th episode. Partly because, honestly, having watched the 12th episode, if you had watched this on its own, it would have truly been incomprehensible, I think. And not in a bad way, just like it's so far into the mythos of the show. It's just, it does not care about explaining yeah. to you what's going on. And in fact, I watched the pilot and knew the characters and was so confused about what was going on. <laughs> it, so it's, yeah. You're going to be confused regardless when we start talking about episode 12, but it's for Fair. the best that we have at least give you episode one because it will just be complete nonsense if we don't. Yeah, and I, I do think that they were doing that on purpose in part because they wanted to try and keep us on our toes, but it, having not seen the shows, the episodes leading up to that, it was especially jarring sometimes to be like, wait, who is this we're looking at? Because, uh, as I mentioned before, this is a show starring two quote-unquote twins, which is just Sarah Michelle Gellar playing twins. Um, a good twin and a bad twin, or a bad twin and a worse twin. Well, <laughs> in my notes, I, at the end of episode 12, I'm like, this isn't actually good twin versus bad twin. This is yeah. smart twin versus dumb twin. Yeah, and then arguably they're both dumb in some parts, but and, I don't know. And I should note, uh, this is also airing, as the first season especially, was airing at the same time uh, as ABC Family's The Lion Game, which is also a situation, uh, a Dead Ringers thing, uh, with with the good twin, the bad twin, definitely. And also one actress uh, playing the character, Alexandra Shondo, a.k.a. not Nina Dobrev, which... Honestly, it's not me being an insulter. It's literally in, like, towards the end, the last season of Vampire Diaries, she was not Nina Dobrev in an episode. That was, like, the whole point of her character. Oh, jeez. But yeah, well, speaking of, you know, good twins and bad twins, that's, like, another beautiful doppelganger situation. Uh, but these are actually twins. Like, they are, you know, a simple favor style. They used to be twins. They both separated. They used to be lives. twins. Yes, a long time ago. Which is also hilarious because there's a Jason Derwin guest starring, but in the next episode, that's really not great for him. But we'll <laughs> get into it. 
But yeah, so it's, I would say, not even slightly, but like pretty directly based off of not just the trope of a dead ringer, just the actual film dead ringers to some degree. I mean, it's not like literally like, you know, they're fertility doctors and all that stuff. It's more just like mm-hmm. I, the creepiness of there being a twin that shows up and like tries to assume someone's mm-hmm. life. I which mean, is, it's a little single white female. It's a little. Yeah. Which is exactly revenge. what you got with The Lion Game as well. And then in A Simple Favor, not to spoil A Simple Favor, you also watched it by now, honestly. Yeah. And I mean, there's a reason why there's so many, you know, Dead Ringers jokes in A Simple Favor. It's very, very influenced by that. And I don't know that this is like close to the sense of like. You know, it's, like, based off of it, but it's certainly majorly influenced by the tone of that movie, I would say. Um, And movies like it. I I brought up also Lynch. I I think it comes across a little bit like a, not necessarily Twin Peaks per se, but, like, almost more of a Mulholland Drive vibe, where it's just, like, there's a looming sense to every episode, where something feels like it's coming towards you and you never get it yet. At least attempting to be, like, a neo-noir thriller. Right, and it's also incredibly soapy, which we're going to get into, why I think it successfully does that. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely didn't hit the way that it was probably anticipating to hit, because I think people thought it was going to be, like, another one of those wildly dramatic, over-the-top thriller shows mm-hmm. that were going around at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Revenge, I mentioned, actually hit yes. with, I think. Yeah, Revenge, this obviously, hit. Yeah, did very well. And uh, the thing about this was, yes, it, this is a CW show, but it was originally picked up to series for CBS, or, like, picked mm. up to pilot for CBS, and then come uh, up front, CW picked up to series, which was a surprise. And then, so I was looking up, so that caused ABC Studios, which, of course... Uh, was behind Revenge also, to drop out of co-producing it, because, uh, which I guess it was cited that it could not produce a series for the economics of the CW. So it, like, it didn't want to put all of its money into the a money CW into show. So uh, Warner Brothers was uh, co-producers instead with I will say, CBS. like, the pilot has, a, we'll get into it, it, has a lot of very lush moments. Yes. It's it, not, it has, like, failings. You can tell where they cut the cost, like, the background scenes. The, of, like, the green screen, but also Revenge had that too, so that's just, like, right. an ABC thing in general. It's just what they did. They thought at the time they probably thought it looked very, you know. It didn't matter. It's uh, one of those things where like you'll get a show with a good budget and yet the photoshops will all suck, which is always one of the more ridiculous things. Like, come on, people. Who are And honestly, I don't know why they didn't just I don't think they would have had to spend that much money. They're already shooting in New York it looks like. Yeah, they they, they shot the pilot actually in New York and the rest was Los Angeles that actually like really looked like New York surprisingly. Well, and and just shoot the out exteriors in Los Angeles. I think that's maybe why in, I think Revenge was more successful, is they were able to do more beach stuff, and mm-hmm. it looked more authentic yeah. in some ways. Although, episode 12, again, these are filming in LA, but it looks a lot like New York, because there's a lot of outdoor yeah. shots. Well, the city stuff is never terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. just, like, these shots of them, like, at their beach house, and, like, yeah. them on the road. It just doesn't look really yeah, good. Yeah, the green screen stuff. Uh, it, it does show you the difference in, like, production value versus now and then, because... If this had been on Netflix, it would have been the most lush, like, they would have spent so much money on just the, the long, lingering drone shots of, like, Wyoming. For if this were a Netflix show, it would be, like, the talk of the town, honestly. Yeah, it really is exactly the kind of thing that would go well on a Netflix. Like, it's very similar to the type of, st- it, like, stuff they have on. Then again, like, What If just dropped with Renee Zellweger, created by, like, the people who created Revenge, and that's the opposite of what we're saying would happen. Fair. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, so it's like you're saying, like it was definitely, I think this is definitely hindered by it being a CW show. This is ma- way more adult than a CW show. I, Not that the CW doesn't have adult shows, it's but. It's hindered by it being a CW show at this time. You know what show it was paired with? 
I don't even want to know. It's probably like Veronica Mars. Huh? What? Guess. Veronica Mars? No, that's, it's too late for it to be Veronica Mars. What's 2011? I don't even know what would still be on. It, it was 90210. I believe this was... Oh my god! And I believe this was also Don Ofstroff's last season uh, working at the CW as president. Thank yeah. god. That's nuts. That has so little to do with this. I mean, it is ge- genuinely the kind of show that'd be paired up. I mean, as much as I think Veronica Mars is a, like, kind of a weird choice when I threw that out there. But we were that talking about the better. noir. It's like, yeah, it's more mature. It would have at least fit. Like, it would have been a weird combo, but it would have made more sense. Or even just like, I don't know. Like, just anything besides that would have made more sense than, than that. Than, than, I guess technically a lot of stuff that I'm thinking of isn't wasn't on there by that point, but... I don't know. That's just but bizarre. Now, obviously, you have like a show like Dynasty. Maybe like that would be a good, like a better pairing. Obviously, but yeah, yeah or the originals would have been like made a good pairing. Like at this point, I don't even remember. Uh, let me look real quick. The 2011-2012 CW uh, season. I'm looking. Life Unexpected was also around at that time. Uh, Secret Circle. Oh, Secret Circle. Uh, well, we're going to need to do an episode of Secret Circle. I love Secret Circle, but we're going to need to do an episode of Secret Circle. <laughs> uh, like, so, yeah, yeah Ringer that. was fall, right? Right. And then... And I think uh, I think Gossip Girl or, like, Heart of Dixie. Heart of Dixie or L.A. Complex. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of... Some, I mean, even the One Tree Hill would have been better than, like, the 192.0. Like, that's such a weird mix-up. Yeah, like, it's because it's, not... it's late One Tree Hill. Or Nikita. Yeah, I was looking at that, too. I don't know. There's not a ton of really good fits. 90210 was a work. bad decision, is, is basically what we're, we're getting well, at. Well, this is, like, the CW at this time, like you said, it was just, like, a chaos of just, like, all-over-the-place programming. It was just like, hey, there's a, sh- there's a show you need to ha- put somewhere? We'll take it. Like, we just named a bunch of shows. None of them have, like, a single identity that the way that, like, either UPN or WB did. And that's why, you know, combining them, you should have had more options, I guess. I don't know what happened with that. It was just a chaos. But they eventually settled on more of a, like, young female point of view, mostly. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, shows that had started on, because I'm looking at ABC right now at the time, which, honestly, mm-hmm. it's ringer, like, kind of belonged on ABC instead of CBS or CW. Oh, sure. It's uh, Charlie's Angels, uh, Pan Am, Revenge, Scandal. That's, this is exactly where it should have gone. GCB. Exactly. Yeah, this is exactly where yeah. it should have been instead, honestly. Yeah. Like that, instead of instead sure. of CBS sending it to CW, it should have been like, go be ABC show, <laughs> be ABC yeah. show. It was an ABC show too, basically. Like they had already kind of made it that, and I yeah. think it just bombed pretty much. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, so that's like a little bit of the background of it. So we can kind of get into the actual show. Um. The first episode is not going to be very. We'll, we'll have a lot to talk about, but it's not very like plot heavy to be honest. As much as a lot of stuff does happen, mm-hmm. it's kind of like once we get to the main beats, you're going to probably most of the scenes are going to be like, "Hey, Something see how happens. insane this cast is." Yeah, that's kind of honestly more where because there's only like three things that really happen. It's like you know she runs, she, she hides, she runs, she hides, she, she, runs, she hides, she assumes, <laughs> and then. She it goes right back to the beginning. She runs again, and we find out where because the episode starts in media res mm-hmm. with her being stalked by someone. So we only just see like Sarah mm-hmm. Michelle Geller in like an open space. Some, yeah, some. It, I actually thought it was outside the first time, mm-hmm. but then you find out it's like an aban- like an abandoned, it, like a work. Yeah, site, it could have looked like an empty museum, site. but that's not. Yeah, it's a construction site for the penthouse. 
And so you do see like a gargoyle, which is the, the tracking shot of like, we know something bad's going to happen there later when we see it again. But she's like walking in this like beautiful upscale, like Upper East Side building. It's half under construction. So it's just like a lot of like, uh, you know, drywall and like exposed brick and then like literally like scaffolding, like nothing else is even there. And uh, there's some guy creeping around the the ha- like the room. He somehow misses her right away. I'm like, it's just him alone in the room. And she walks into the room. How could he not know that she's there? It was the weirdest experience. <laughs> like, he's there to get her, I thought. Why is he being so bad at this? <laughs> and- <laughs> because she walks in, not even, like, quietly. Like, she just, like, barges in because she's going to meet somebody that we find out this not later. Yeah. But she barges into the room. And then she happens to, like go around the corner and see this guy there and I'm like what he should be waiting in in wait for her around the corner while she like walks in uh, it's bizarre but anyway so she comes in it's like she stumbles across a crime is basically what mm-hmm. happened I think that maybe I'm missing something that she did he killed Gemma by accident thinking it was her uh well this is explained later and I'll, I'll explain why it happened okay. later Yes. That's fine. But essentially, the guy is falling asleep at the job. He's supposed to be... We find out later because, yeah, it, exactly it, why. Because we learn, obviously, that Gemma called her, but there's more to it. And so, yeah, we'll, I'll explain that okay. once we get to that episode. But essentially, this is just, again, in media res, we've never even been introduced to Sarah Michelle Gellar's character yet. She just walks into this room. She stumbles across a guy in a, like, literally, like, balaclava and, like, has, like, a huge, like... Like, big hulking, like, physique, and he's just, like, lurking around in the shadows, and she's like, uh-oh. And then she tries to, like, run a corner, he grabs her and starts choking she her, says, and she screams- you have the wrong girl, which, not, like, person or woman, it's just like he says girl. Right, which is, you're a grown woman. But also, <laughs> just, like, woman. in what world would that, like, you could say that even if it is true, it's not gonna matter to the guy, you know what I mean? Which, like he doesn't have the wrong girl. Spoiler alert. Right. Dun dun dun. Um, he does, well, like, but he, he does, does, but he doesn't. <laughs> the show is. Uh. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, so she. She, <laughs> she introduces herself later in an AA meeting. So they Well, after says Ringer. Ringer. Boom, boom. Double N. Boom, boom. Nine and days earlier. Like, yeah, nine days earlier, she's at an AA meeting. In Wyoming. Cage. <laughs> yes. Um, by the way, her name is Bridget Siobhan. That's literally my cousin's name. <laughs> First name, middle name. And then my cousin's sister's best friend is named Siobhan Bridget. So it's a very weird Wait, what? name for her to have. Why are they doing this? Because <laughs> we're very white, okay? <laughs> and I think she's supposed to be white too, but I'm like, she's not Irish, I don't think. So this comes across as a very odd choice of name, but whatever. I guess there are non-Irish people named Siobhan. Mm-hmm. I just have never heard of it. I, yeah, I have um, a cousin. Her name's Siobhan. She's, she's Nigerian, so. There you go. So, it's, it's a pretty name. I mean, Siobhan is, we don't really see her yet, but we meet Bridget, and Bridget's, like, a normal-ish girl, but she is in an A meeting, so she's struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't kind of get into the, the extreme examples of her addiction. She kind of just mentions that she's struggling through her sobriety, mm-hmm. and she has to do it in order to stay alive. We don't really know why yet. We get more of that in a little bit. Um, and Luke Cage is there. He introduces our sponsor shortly after. But obviously um, something more. They're, they're very close for sponsor sponsee. Which I'm, I get really upset about, because I'm like, <laughs> I come from the watching episodes of Sherlock, or not Sherlock, Elementary. Yeah, this is wrong. <laughs> this is not so Yeah, that's it. my, this is my, um, my background in AA is from watching episodes of Elementary. <laughs> I know a lot about AA from Elementary, and you're not supposed to be that close with your sponsee, and it's inappropriate. Yeah, you gotta get but... a new sponsor if you guys are gonna be fucking. 
Yeah, and it's never, I mean, has it been confirmed in this episode? I don't know. Really well, they that. weren't dating, but, like, they were clearly on the way, but obviously. She's clearly obsessed with him, and he's obsessed with her. <laughs> They're gonna fuck. Well, it's not even subtle. They don't the whole have, room they, knows it. They don't really have the ability to because of what happens, like, immediately right. after. But yeah, right. she's picked up by uh, her FBI handler, played yes, by Nestor, Nestor Carbonell. Carbonell. <laughs> Who is the, uh, as I've mentioned, I wonder really every episode we ever do about Back to Psych, he's the not Sean, Sean 2.0, but he's been in everything. I mean, he's a very Lost, good actor. of course, I think is he's, the one. Of course, yeah. as, uh, what you call it, uh, what's his name on the show, Richard? Yeah, Robert? yeah. Or, yeah, something yeah. like that. It's, so he doesn't look like a Richard, but he's named Richard, I don't know. It's Richard, but right? He's, yeah, he's Richard. It is Richard, but it's just, that doesn't seem like his name. Yeah, it's Richard Alpert, yeah. Yeah, he just looks like a, I don't know, uh, not a Richard. Because isn't he, like, Egyptian? <laughs> he's Cuban, I think. But it's either way, like, he's just, his name's Nestor. I, I can't even refer to him as whatever his name is in this show. He looks like a he's, Nestor. He's, mach- like, he's one of those yeah. guys that's like, yep, he's Nestor, mach- it. Machado in this show. Uh, let's see. Victor Machado. Yeah. Yes. But Victor's close enough to Nestor, I guess. Yeah, he's <laughs> Nestor Gaston Carbonell. Even Gaston. Like, he just looks like a... I don't Gaston. know. Like a different, I, it just seems like a really... It's like a watering down of his... Yeah, he's his Cuban. ...machismo to call him Richard. Like, it's just not a good fit for him. Even Dick. I'd take Dick. Like, I don't... I don't know. Lost didn't know what it was doing. But he's been on Bates Motel. He's been in all the Dark Knight films. Um, he's just a very... He's, if you want to know, he's Mayor Anthony Garcia in those, if you want to know who we're talking about. Very famous character actor. Um, really, really good. Like, he's, I think, one of the better parts of this show, too. Because I think, you don't. this show would really come off the rails if he wasn't there being kind of the straight man the whole time. He was on Suddenly Susan, which is... What was like, are you... He, why are you... <laughs> his first big role was Suddenly Susan. Oh, okay. Yeah. I always just think of him as, not, as Sean 2.0. He's the reason why Sean has to, like, admit he's a psychic to a lot of people, mm-hmm. partly. Well, he comes in and admits it first. Mm-hmm. Sean still waits a fucking three-season arc. Like, <laughs> whatever. Scumbag. Um, so... <laughs> Um, he's great, though. I Honestly, I think he's probably, like I said, one of the stronger points of the show. Because the show is, like we mentioned before, incredibly soapy. He is, like, your buoy in a, in a rough sea. Like, he is the only person kind of, like, driving the plot. He's, forward. like, the only decent person? Yeah. And honestly, he, if he didn't exist in the show, honestly, she would, well, we'll get to the part later on what happens. But she probably would just leave and then never come back and it'd be fine. Like, he kind of makes the show a show. Yeah. You need him to be the, the person who's, like, he's, he's the Veronica Mars. Like, he's the one who's actually, like, diving into this case that doesn't even necessarily need to be dived into because he wants to know the truth. And if he had let things go, maybe they would have come, you know, if the, the, the drug lord would have done something, maybe something would have happened. But for the most part, he is driving the plot forward from minute one. He's mm-hmm. the, almost, like, the protagonist in a weird way. Yeah. Um... But yeah, he's he's like the I would say he's not quite the co lead, but he's like the other major character on the show besides yeah. um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, obviously playing d- dual leads. Um, but yeah, he's so never he's introduced as well. And unlike the rest of the guys, he's never like a love interest, which no, is for the best, it, honestly. No, and he's also very like he's very much like a straight man, and not in the sense of like he's into women, but like just very plain, simple, important to the plot, but not like aggressive like compared to all the other characters on the show he's not he doesn't have an agenda he's just there to solve the crime basically it's good for him unlike everyone else who's got like eight layers of like they have a relationship with siobhan they have a relationship with bridget and they have a relationship with 
against each other and yeah. chaos. And it's not even really solving the crime because the crime is solved. He's just trying to like send the bad guy away. Right. Because he's more con- honestly, he's as much concerned about Bridget as he is looking for her. Bridget is uh, the witness to a crime uh, where his crime boss uh, murdered at, uh, one of her friends, honestly, at the strip club they worked at, and she was the witness right. there. And he, uh, Machado is taking care of her as her FBI handler before it's time for her testimony. And this testimony is going to be the thing that sends him away. But she decides she's going to run for it because she's terrified. Literally, right before the trial happens, he gets off on mistrial, basically. Uh, McAwee, I think that's how they say uh, it. Uh, also, by the way, very attractive. <laughs> he he is... makes the mob boss attractive. I'm like, this isn't what I want. I want an uh, ugly old man. By the way, McAwee, yeah, right? He is uh, Zan McLaren. He yeah. hasn't really been in a ton of other stuff. I mean, but he, he, ha- well he has because he's, uh, he's a Native American actor who's on Longmire. Uh, let's see. He's, he's, I don't know. He's on Fargo, yeah. Oh, then he has been in. I, yeah. Nothing I've watched, honestly. That's part of it. Yeah. I think I might he's have on Dr. Qu- He was on Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, Jane Seymour. Oh, he is in Fargo. Yeah, oh, yeah. The TV yeah, show. Yeah, TV show okay, Fargo. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes way more sense. Yeah, he's another like character actor. I mean, he's an episode of Life. Our favorite but show. But you may not... I feel like this is one of those things where, like, he's really good in this, but if you haven't seen the shows he's in, you probably have not seen him at all. Like, he's not somebody who's been in mm-hmm. a ton of major shows, unfortunately. That's Westworld. <laughs> quite attractive. You say, you say that, I'm like, he's on Westworld. Well, he's... That's, like, a major show. Exactly. Be part Queen of, of the that, South. So. Uh, I just never finished watching that. The Sun, which I didn't watch. Is that still on? Pierce Brosnan just has a, t- a casual TV show on AMC. This is what, oh my god, this is fucking golden age of TV. I think, honestly, his, his is hindered by that point, where, like, he'd, he'd be a big star in something that was, like, big, but even, like, Fargo, there's so many other people in the, in the shows, he's great in them, but, like, he's, now you have Pierce Brosnan on the show, you, he kind of falls by the wayside, whereas, I don't know, like, when you used to have a ensemble, he'd have a chance to shine better. Mm-hmm. He gets to shine a lot in, this, in these episodes, because he's actually part of a ensemble love, whereas nowadays a lot of it like, is just so much showing his like ominous uh mugshot i'm like oh he's hot <laughs> yes honestly it's just like him I, I was like who is that like what an interesting looking dude and then you see him start talking and moving around you're like oh my god he's even better than mugshot he's just like, got long hair and he's like very intense looking i don't know i don't know how to describe it just google him you'll love him he's great <laughs> Um, yeah, so he's, like, the, I would call, like, a kingpin, I guess you'd say, yeah. or, like, mob boss. It's unclear why he's a kingpin or a mob boss. You don't really see his network as much. He's always yeah. doing his own job. We just know that he's very bad, and Bridget was the only one who put him away, and that didn't work. And then it ends up, which we don't realize in the pilot, but it is later revealed, that one of the other people on Bridget's detail, uh, Detective Jimmy, he's on the take from him as well. Right, right. Which you start to find out more because he's starting to do shady mm-hmm. shit and there's a reason why she ran away well, in the first place. But his introduction, uh, it's actually, you wouldn't know that he's on the take because he and, you know, Bridget have a nice rapport, they're joking around, and then in the ep- it, late, like a few scenes later, she's tied him up in the bathroom of her motel and she took his gun. Right. And you think that she's the one that went out of line, but yeah. it turns out no. But yeah, so so he's he's like the the uh, quote unquote mob boss who's after her. Although he does all of his own like um, errands. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he has to go see someone, he goes and sees someone. He's the weird mob boss who cool. actually is. He's like, I, you can't get these idiots to do anything. I'll do it right. myself. I'll do it myself exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he's like going out and trying to figure out what's going on with with her. But for now, she's just kind of recapping her last couple of months 
Um, she's, you know, put in witness protection, essentially, because she's going to be testifying against him. Yeah. Um, she's in, like, this little hotel in the middle of Wyoming with who we mentioned before, her, her um, detail, who is, we now know on the take, but at the time it just looks like he's a regular guy helping her out. He's outside watching her in the hotel, and she's, like, watching on TV as they, like, talk about the trial. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like, we don't really know why yet, she just stares out the window at night, watching him contemplating, and the next morning it cuts to uh, Nestor showing up and, like, whoa, he's tied up and beaten, not beaten, but, like, banged in, yeah. in the uh, bathroom. Yeah, but she probably knocked him like, out with something. Yeah. Right, and then he says, crazy bitch took my gun. And that's where the, like, kind of the episode begins. The rest of the episode has kind of been just, like, a very straightforward romp into, like, her life as a, an addict and, like, trying to get ready to testify. Now it becomes, she's on the run, she's run away, and she goes to see her sister, Siobhan, in New York. Um, and this so we is, can cut to New York. Yes. So many mirrors, because there's two of them, and they're mirrored. Yeah. Uh, so many mirrors. It's a Why bullet. would you get... If you were a twin, why would you get something so mirror-heavy? <laughs> I would be so freaked out all the time. Because if you were a twin who didn't you, tell anyone else you were a twin... All it does is just lead you up to the point where you could close a, a mirrored, like, wardrobe, and then, is that my reflection or is it my twin? You wouldn't know. Because there's, like, eight mirrors in different directions. So it's one of those, like, us style, where there's, like thousands of her because it goes on forever so it just it just it, 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 it's not good it's not good for looking at yourself in the mirror which is the whole point of a fucking mirror because it's like you can't really see what you're wearing if you have like eight versions of yourself behind you and then two it just i would be in a state of panic every day when you go to close your door after getting changed is that me or is that my sister and then it's just like oh it's me but then sometimes it is your sister so i don't know it's just it's very confusing but yeah, so she has like these mirrored wardrobe. I mean, she's a millionaire, billionaire, probably. I don't even know. It's unclear what he does. I, I didn't see that part of this yet. So he does something where he's like a high powered or something or other, it's and he gets a lot of money. Real estate, not her. I think. Right. It's not her. She she's definitely I think just she's a trophy wife, kind of like a live in trophy wife. Yeah. Um, because she's also the second of like he has a prior wife we meet in the second episode we watch. But so uh, yes, we will. On. Which, by oh, the yeah. way, she is such an important character, and they don't introduce her till episode twelve. Crazy, crazy. But so then, so she meets Siobhan in New York, and they immediately like I don't even know if they even go to her house in downtown. It's like, yeah, Manhattan this or is uh, the Hamptons house or whatever, right? Yeah, this is- right. They call it like the they go to their weekend house, which is right away you know the type of if this is their weekend house, okay, this is a huge because house. it's literally huge on the water. It does look like the Hamptons. It's definitely at least, like, deep into Long Island, up on the coast. So, it's a beautiful, like, beach home. And she and takes her there, and, have... which is kind of, and it's, like, a lonely beach town, because it's, like, wintertime-ish. So, she's there. They're out, like, alone. Nobody's around. It just feels very lonely. And... Because she doesn't tell anybody she has a sister. They have a conversation <laughs> that does not sound like words anyone has ever said in conversation to each other. <laughs> it's great. It's pretty great, so she, yeah. She basically, like, you know, she's like, listen, I'm sorry. And she's like, I, I wish I had quoted uh, it. It is well, so... Well, uh, so says, oh I think God. about Sean every day. I don't want to talk about it. And then at a certain point, Siobhan's like, you don't have to apologize. You're already forgiven. And there's so many much cutting off of, we're not going to say this because we're not going to reveal what we're talking about until episodes later. <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, that's exactly what I want in one of these shows is to just have, like, even in these, like, really 
arbitrary yeah, they don't, monologue scenes. They do not reveal anything. They don't reveal what they're even talking about until episode 14. And it's honestly not that big of a reveal. They kind of reveal Which it later Sean, on in the episode. Yeah, Sean is, was Shaban's uh, son with uh, her ex, Misha Collins. Wow. Ugh, everyone on this show has been in And he, he was on Supernatural by this point, by the way. Why was he also moonlighting? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So weird. Um, but yeah, so she she's like, you know, talking in all of these like what ifs and don't be's and all that, like very, very oblique sentences. And also all the partly, mirrors. Yeah, partly because I think honestly she's just doing it because she wants to make sure that like I don't want to have this conversation. I wanna just get get it over with. So we do kind of feel like she doesn't want to deal with it anymore. She's you can probably right. tell at this point, and it's clearly confirmed, of course she hasn't actually uh, forgiven her, but she just wants to move on to the next part. Right. And also the music is so damn loud, which is a theme in this entire show. The music is always so loud. And just to give you an idea, I pulled up the script for the pilot episode. For the first- well, we're talking about the first, like, 20 minutes at this point. There's maybe, like, 200 words. There's not a lot of words. It's all just, like- half sentences so it's just like very i don't know I, I love it i love everything about it it's incredibly dark it's it's the funniest thing in the world so she goes and meets siobhan siobhan's like let's like honestly i don't even remember the scenario but siobhan's just like let's go on the boat <laughs> she's like okay then <laughs> they both go on the and boat this is the scene the everyone knows about ringer because it definitely played on the soup the green screen boat writing adventure I, I loudest music ever cost- it would have cost some money to do this, I guess, without the green screen, but, like... But there are parts, obviously, some... on the water. Like, I after, after the doing. after the actual writing, when she wakes up and she goes into the water, like, that's actually in the water, when she's in the water. I just... I don't... I don't know. It's just very strange. But, yeah, so she... So, I mean, she keeps saying certain things where she gets stressed out, where she's, like... I forget what she says. She's like, I just keep reminding myself that mistakes aren't tragedies, but please, higher power, help me learn from them. That's the kind of stuff that she's saying to herself leading up to this. So we can tell, like, she's had something serious happen. So maybe this boat trip is supposed to be, like, mm-hmm. them, like, opening up the old wound yeah. and, like, connecting There's supposed to be something. connecting, even though Sh- Siobhan tells Bridget, uh, so Andrew, that's, uh, Siobhan's husband, he doesn't know about you. He doesn't know I have a sister at all. Right. Like, it's very strange. Not just and, doesn't like, know I have a twin, doesn't know I have a sister. Yeah, and so, like... Uh, Which is necessary so she, for all of this. Yeah, so... And we also find out that she's got a daughter, a stepdaughter, in boarding school. Named Juliet. There. Yeah, and then... So, anyway, so she's she's made amends because of her AA training. Like, that's what you're supposed to do on step nine. Yeah, Bridget is, like, super AA. Like, she's really into it. Right, and so... Well, I mean, she's probably... Which, that's, like, the only thing keeping her together. I actually... You know, one thing I like, do, like... Uh, later in the episode is that she still finds a meeting even after she's assumed another identity. I really like that actually. This is is definitely a moment where you might be driven to do drugs or drink, honestly. It's just... So... They're on this boat. It's like very, like, again, I mentioned like a simple favor. It's very much like the way that a simple favor would have, like, um, you'd get there'd be certain moments where you'd have just a random, like, you should smile more. Like, weird stuff like that. Not in, like, a creepy, like, you know, smile more, but just, like, a, like, you look great like that kid. And then there'd be, like, a wistful look 
and you'd be like, what is this? What's going on? What am I missing here? And then you'll like, realize come to a later, new scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you'd be like, whoa, wait, what just happened? Because I'm going to literally read you. I, I pulled it because I wanted to see how little they actually say. Because I'm like, why do I feel like I remember nothing from these scenes? It's because they say nothing the whole time. So literally it cuts to um, after saying, like, you know, they're, they're going to try and find uh, Bridget because Nestor now realizes she's been taken or she's either taken or she ran away um, because she, she'd fleed. Um, she, he's like, I got to find her before McCowie does or whatever. McAway does. So he's going to run off and try and find her. Then it cuts to New York. She says, as she's on the boat with her, with um, Javon, she says, this reminds me of Tahoe. And then she, like, Siobhan's like, why do you think I love it here? I'm gonna go get us some drinks. She, like, makes him some drinks on the boat, which is not how, I mean, I've been on boats. This is not how, it, also, like, in general, the concept of going boating in the middle of the day like this in, in the cold is just not appealing. I don't understand. I would be so suspicious of her wanting to do this at all, but whatever. I guess they just, like, have a history of growing up with boats in Tahoe. It's unclear. But it's kind of like, it's, again, it's throwing us, like, little, little crumbs. Like, this reminds mm-hmm. me of Tahoe. Why do you think I love it out here? Like, that's a sentence that they have that's supposed to, like, hold you over. And we're just like, wait, but what? <laughs> like, we're just watching this happen and unfold. And then she asked her, are you still dancing? Like, stripping? Um, she's like, well, I, I work for tips. I'm waitressing. Not really. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, yeah. She's like, I, she says, like, it's fine. Don't be ashamed of me. Like, I don't want to be the sister you have to pretend doesn't exist. And then... I mean, too late Siobhan's for that. Like her, <laughs> yeah, right? She's like, Siobhan's like, just, just so you know, I miss you. And then that's literally it. That is the sum total of their conversation on the boat is, this reminds me of Tahoe. Why do you think I love it out here? I'm going to go get us some drinks. And, yeah, and also, so, it's all are you BS still dancing? on Siobhan's part anyway. Right. And it's like, are you still dancing? You mean stripping? I still work for tips. I'm waitressing. I don't know. I don't want to be the sister you have to pretend doesn't exist. Just so you know, I missed you. How long was I out for? That is the next sentence, which means she passed out because she's she placed her drink. But like, it's... Uh, four sentences they have a conversation on this boat with and then maybe three sentences earlier when they first talk when they when she arrives in new york like it's it's purposely oblique and weird because you're supposed to kind of like what are these people talking about if they had such a strong falling out why are they like boating in the afternoon in the next sentence it's so strange but she gets knocked down on the boat she wakes up no one's there she's alone on the on the water she's screaming this is like you're saying the scene that they showed on the soup because she starts screaming around a green screen just like Siobhan, hello. How long was it? Oh, what's going on? What's ha- can anyone hear me, Siobhan? Like st- pulls up the, the phone and then gets. I guess doesn't even call the cops. She does pull a phone out though, but doesn't she? Uh, I forget. She it's... calls uh, Mike Coulter, doesn't she? We haven't seen that yet, then, oh, because not it's yet. not happened in this moment. Okay, yeah, she does. I guess. Uh, does she call the cops? No. <laughs> Who does she call? No, she picks up a phone. She calls and says, Maybe she t- my sister, like, killed herself. Hello, it's my sister. My sister, can anyone hear me? Hello? Siobhan? And then hangs up the phone again. Maybe we didn't see that scene in full. Like, gets cut off throughout mm-hmm. that scene, that part. Maybe she hangs up, and she just decides, never mind, and she gets Here, cold. Here, let me double check. I have a copy of the script. I actually have, like, a copy, copies of, like, the first 12 scripts, and it's, like, every, like, draft of them. I should send that to you. Nice. Obviously I mean, we can't. We, is... Obviously we can't put that online, but I can share it with you. Crazy bitch! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> a chic woman, comma in an Hermes scarf, only seen from the back, sits at a bar smoking. 
Oh my god. A chic woman. And yes, it's supposed to be the Hamptons. Okay. It says East Hampton Mansion. It's definitely like the the boonies side of the Hamptons. I've been to the Hamptons, though. It's like a very quiet... Oh, like, I've been to the Hamptons! I mean, we went as a... <laughs> for a bachelorette party. It wasn't like it was a non-event. bachelorette party! <laughs> Hamptons! Yeah, we rented a house like seven people. Ray Poupon! <laughs> we actually, we stayed, we stayed in Montauk. But it was very lonely. If well, We went in May, but it was like the very early part of the season, so it was still okay. But you could tell like the minute it's not like seasonal, it drops down to like a, a population of like 10 people. Mm-hmm. So I could see why they went there instead of the city, because it's so quiet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great coupon. Alright, so... <laughs> okay. So, so we maybe, like, I, I feel like this is the weird event where we would maybe need to actually read some of the lines. Okay. Because I don't see a way of explaining how stark the conversation is unless we actually kind of go over it. I mean, the scene is kind of just, yeah, do you want to do the scene, uh, Speedboat Ocean Later? As Siobhan <laughs> Speedboat Ocean Later! Yeah, as Siobhan helms, so the, cool. helms the boat, you want to do yeah, that scene? Yeah, we want, we want a interior Jaguar convertible. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of these is amazing, by the way. I wanted you as, as Siobhan Hel- Helms the Boat. I think uh, that's a good one. Okay, as Siobhan Helms the Boat. Okay, so uh, I'll be... How about this? I will be both uh, the narrator and... Do you want to be Bridget or Siobhan? Um, I don't care. Bridget, I guess. It'll be Bridget? Okay. Uh, exterior speedboat, ocean later. As Siobhan Helms the Boat, smoking a cigarette, Bridget soaks up the sun. Like Cheryl Crow. I added the Cheryl Crow part. <laughs> Alright, wait, where, where are we? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That page, threw me off. Page 14, exterior speedboat, ocean later. Oh, I'm for, okay, because it said that a couple times. I was like, okay. wait, what? Okay. Okay, there we go. So Bridget <laughs> soaks up the sun. Um, Bridget, I thought you quit. No, that was you. Want to give it a go? Oh, God, I haven't driven a boat since we were 16. It's like riding a bike. This is hardly Lake Tahoe. Bridget begrudgingly takes the wheel from Siobhan. Within a minute, she's effortlessly steering the boat. Imagine the green screen, you guys. (laughs) See, I told you it'd come back. Bridget smiles, bolstered, as Siobhan opens a a can of soda. So, are you still, um... Well, see, they they changed the line for the airing. It says stripping, uh, instead of her saying dancing. Yeah. I'm guessing this is the CBS version of the script. Yeah. And then, uh, no... But I still work for tips, just as a waitress. And let me tell you, the money isn't nearly as good. Siobhan laughs. Does she actually laugh in the episode we watched? I think so. Like, she (laughs) smiles wanly. I don't think Siobhan Uh, knows how to laugh. She kind of just smiles. Um, When I got sober, all bad habits went out the window. I don't want to be the sister you have to pretend doesn't exist. Siobhan takes Bridget's hand. Uh, You're not. And we're the only family we have left. Sincere. I love you. Bridget is visibly moved. She thought she'd never hear Siobhan say those three little words again. And then she's been drunk by Siobhan. This is also, by the way, this is not what happens in the episode we watched. Yeah, we have this like the original pilot script, which is not necessarily the aired. We should probably also compare it to the one we just actually said. You saw the Springfield Springfield one? Uh, yeah. Let's talk about how it got cut down. Well, now, because that one doesn't tell you which character says what. Well, we kind of know based off of what you just got, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So hold on, let me open it, that up. It will start with "Better Hope I Find Him Before He Does." That's the exact scene we just discussed, I think. <laughs> it, this okay, was, and then this was butchered, guys. Okay, Bridget. Yeah, so Bridget says this reminds me. Yeah, yeah, this is okay, a completely say, different scene. This reminds me of Tahoe. Why do you think I love it out here? I'm gonna get us some drinks. So are you still dancing? You mean stripping? But I still work for tips. Waitressing. I just don't want to be the sister you have to pretend doesn't exist. Just so you know, I missed you. And that's it! Cut it down so much. What we didn't go over is in the original script we were talking about, there's a whole other scene where they, I think it actually makes way more sense where they d- they drink a little bit and then Siobhan wants to go for a swim. And then in the, in the meantime, Bridget passes out. Mm-hmm. And then it, then she comes to and she's like, what happened? That makes a lot more sense than just, yeah. let's get us some drinks. We don't even see her knock back a drink, and mm-hmm. then she passes out. And then it comes to, how long was I out for? Oh, Siobhan? Hello? Hello? It's my sister! Can anyone hear me? Like, it's just like, it's so abrupt, and it's 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 stark. Like, there's, that's like four they Really, yeah, they really just chopped it up. Which I get, like, there's a lot of information being explained in a very short amount of time. But, but maybe, like, keep the... the, the, the the original, I would say the original script is more of an actual conversation, which I was saying before, when they have a conversation with you, it's like they've never spoken to each other or to anyone ever. Here, this is at least an actual conversation in the script. This just seems like two two robots interacting. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it, that's why I say it honestly it reminds me of like a David Lynch or like, mm-hmm. it just seems like, like ghosts. Like, which this is, is actually a ghost the whole time. The part where I bring up, obviously I love Sarah Michelle Geller. I feel like that shouldn't be disputed right. <laughs> but service michelle geller was was as as far as the show was was never good at playing like two characters here like we know we know she can play two characters like but well, that's what's so, but yeah, here Bobby and especially because at the same time you have vampire diaries i don't think nina joe is a better actress than sarah michelle geller but when it comes to playing two different characters and making sure you know it without just being like this is a different character like Nina Dobrev is just a, a genius. Her like her and Tatiana Maslany are just they're geniuses at that. And Sir Michelle Geller, for whatever reason, never had that on this show. Even the further you get. And I will say, like that is the one major I would say failing, like you're saying, of the show is even in later episodes when you're cutting back between them and you're supposed to be like, who, which one's which? I, like, I'm I got genuinely confused who is who because Same. there is no actual difference in performance. And you have really. you have seen the show, so that is yeah. not a great. Thing I was to not it, know which it, is which. The first episode of episode twelve, it took me a while to be like, okay, this is actually Siobhan. <laughs> right. And it doesn't help that she's trying to pretend to be the other one, but then, like, you find out she's not really pretending. But she wasn't, she's yeah, just... she wasn't trying to pretend. She was just saying she's her. <laughs> right. And it just gets very convoluted. And I think, honestly, you get a better example of her her prowess with this is in something, like, we're saying Buffy and Buffy Bot. Because you genuinely forget that that's not a robot half the time. Like, mm-hmm. it just comes across like, yeah, obviously that's a robot. It's like, like obviously they, just... they made a Sarah Michelle Gellar robot. Duh. And I would not have put it past them. It makes no sense to just be like, oh yeah, by the way, this is just a human acting like a robot. Because there's, like, parts where you can see, like, inside her skull if she's, like, hit or whatever. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I just, I think this is one of those situations where it, it definitely is not, like, out of her wheelhouse, but it's, like, they didn't really give her enough to, like, work with in terms of differences between the two mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, it's, um, because... I... I enjoy the general campiness of the show, but I just think that if there's one true failing, it is, unfortunately, Sarah Michelle Gellar playing two roles somehow. Yeah. 
But it's weird because I feel like it's the kind of thing she would nail based off of Buffy Bot, but I don't know. Maybe it would just be, it should have been something so much different than she was in this this scene. And again, because she's been good in other things too. Like, she plays different characters a lot, so maybe if she just is playing two it's, different it's characters. It's not that Sarah Michelle Gellar doesn't have a range to, like, even play a different character. Right. And again, we were saying how it ultimately ends up not being, like, good twin versus bad twin. Maybe it should have been that way. The lines could have been drawn more that Siobhan is clearly, like, mustache twirling evil, at least because that'd be something different for her to play. Because the Lion game was, which honestly we, we need to do on this podcast, Alexandra Chandra was, like, she's no better actress than anyone that I mentioned, but because they made it so clearly good twin, bad twin, at least the bad twin was, like, such, so evil that, that, that it was impossible, like, to know that she wasn't the good twin. It, and it's it, like Blake Lively in A Simple Favor. Like, you think that she's the good one until you find out, no, she's the evil one. Like, that's what you really need is, like, I think the problem partly is we don't get enough of the of, of Bridget until she becomes Siobhan in this. You're almost immediately she switches into Siobhan mode, and you basically never get to see a contrast. Mm-hmm. And then by the time Siobhan comes back, you she's already like assimilated into the Siobhan role, so you never see any Bridget anymore, and mm-hmm. it just you can't tell which is which. And it's it's specifically just the playing these two roles that's the problem because uh, immediately after the boat scene, when they're showing the flashbacks of her, you know, sobbing uh, because her sister's dead, like. That's great work from Sarah Michelle Gellar. It's like, she's putting on good performances, but just not in the specific point for the character. I think her, yeah, I think this, the strong suit is Bridget. That's the better of the two characters, like, by a long shot. Yeah. But the problem is, her Siobhan is good when she's Bridget being Siobhan. Like, she's better as that style of, like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to fit in and I'm just whatever. But then, see, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I always wish that, like, Bridget had a little more of a chip on her shoulder because, like... When she assumes... She seems well, very normal for ahead, someone... But... Well, she seems very... Mostly well-adjusted for someone who is six months sober and she's on the run, run from someone who's right. trying to kill her, honestly. Right. And honestly, it's, it's like a bigger issue, too, is that, like, when she's pretending to be Siobhan, she's not, like... Like, honestly, she's not, like, that broken up about She's it. not she's really... Like, yeah, pre- that's what I have to do now. She's just doing this. And she's not even really pretending Her to be Siobhan. Died. because Everyone calls out how she's different now. It was just, she's... Siobhan and Siobhan suddenly grew a heart. I just... And then, like, it's not like... I don't know. I, I feel like even certain situations with, like, the fish out of water where someone's just pretending to be somebody who's, like, rich or something instead. Like, even that, you get more of a... Like, just pretend to be a catty bitch or something. Like, I, mm-hmm. you don't need to, like, you know, pretend to be exactly her. I mean, I have so many questions about how she assumes his identity because it should fall apart within, like, the first day, but it doesn't. Um, but regardless of that, like, she does not come across as somebody who is, like, going through it when she's dealing with this. Like, she should be crying at every turn, in my opinion. Like, she should to really be hysterical, sell honestly. She should be, honestly, <laughs> off the wagon again, almost. Like, that would have made Which it way more compelling as her trying to, like, seek out drugs. Is why I partially, like, I like that she goes to a meeting as soon as she can when she's in the city. At the same time, she should be on the verge I think she should have crumbling. already relapsed. I think that is the ultimate experience of like her relapsing quickly as Especially, Siobhan. If you're gonna be a society person, you're going to these parties. There's champagne everywhere. Exactly. Well, she has to turn it down like within the first episode. So like, yeah. as she claimed, it's because she's pregnant, quote unquote. But like, I think that like it would have made a much more compelling scene for her to be like, you know, she is absolutely wrecked. I mean, like from start to finish, she should just be like basically barely keeping it together. Which is not, like, her fault. I think that's basically just, like, they were trying to make it, like, 
mysterious and like it, it would be a lot more obvious that she's not Siobhan if she shows up and starts doing this kind of stuff but the more you get to learn about Siobhan she was also like a quit a bitch so it, it immediately starts to contrast so we kind of jumped ahead we didn't even really talk about what happens but let's just kind of go through it and we'll kind of discuss more about the actual personality types as we go but she wakes up on that boat alone Siobhan is now missing she assumes she's dead killed herself because she did leave her ring in a pill bottle on, yeah, the, on the boat. She assumes the pill bottle was that, like, she took pills and she committed suicide, and not that she drugged you. Which is clearly what happened. What happened? She you drugged your drink. Out. Yeah. She it should be suspicious of that from the beginning, yeah. but whatever. And then she's now, like, in a frantic, like, you think she's going to call the cops. Based off of the other script, too, it seems like she's going to call the police. It's not really super explained. She just sort of, like, suddenly, she cuts back to, we'll see, she's back in, in New York. But I imagine she's going to pick up... She realizes she has no reception in the script originally. Mm-hmm. Maybe because she's out still out at sea. <laughs> yeah, that which um, makes sense, honestly. Okay, but also, like, she... I guess she knows how to drive the boat back because we already saw... She's, she's driven around Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. But she's somehow able to, like, get the boat back, like, dock the boat. Yeah, I guess, I guess the boat had, still had gas, maybe, or... I guess. I mean, there's a lot of what-ifs here that are not explained, but it's fine. I would have preferred an entire episode about her trying to fit in just to get back home but it's like kind of breezed over which is okay i guess but like i i love those types of like you know detail episodes sort of like breaking bad like the final episodes where like all he's doing is just trying to get home and not get caught like i would take i would take her trying to figure out how to get a ride home to new york from the hamptons all day long because she might have the the credit cards but does she understand like what to do because she's not a rich person i guess you can call a town car but does she have a phone is she gonna have to explain why she's like using her sister's card, or does she immediately just like I'm gonna do this? I guess you kind of get that one scene where she goes back to the house. We have a flashback later on, but like she goes back to the house and she's in hysterics, wet because she yeah, must. Which... Oh, there was a great scene. I forgot. We kind of breeze over some of the stuff. She does jump in the water looking for her sister, mm-hmm. which is it's a nice scene. Like uh, that's great, and she keeps going up and down trying to find her, like swimming down, trying to find her, and coming back up. Like immediately, you can tell like she's a good person. And we kind of also breezed over, like, Bridget is the quote-unquote bad twin in, in the sense that she was a stripper and a drug addict in, in the in the society. I mean, only in that sense, because when twin. I've been talking good twin, bad twin, she's always been the good twin. Always the good one, exactly. <laughs> and Siobhan is introduced, though, as the good one, which is she is this rich, posh, mm-hmm. nice lady. She made and something actually, of herself. And it does seem like she's the one that had to forgive Bridget for something ambiguous. Mm-hmm. So... And she's like, you're already forgiven, it's fine, let me take you out on my boat and give you a home and it's fine. So she kind of comes across like she's been the quote-unquote angel and then Bridget had done something and wronged her in the past. Mm -hmm. We don't know what it is yet, but only to say like when we go further into the episode, it's just to be looming over her that she has now assumed the quote-unquote good twin's life and she's going to have to fit in. Um, But yeah, so she, she somehow gets out, we don't really see that stuff, she just sort of goes back to the house, cries for a bit, gets a car back into New York. She's already changed. Like, I guess she changes at the house. Yeah. She puts her, she, she puts her stuff in a bus station locker and leaves. That's it. <laughs> so she's cut to New York. Siobhan, quote-unquote Siobhan, arrives home in, like, the Upper East Side Hotel or whatever. Uh, penthouse, yeah, she owns. yeah. I don't know what, it's like a apartment in the penthouse of yeah. the, like, a nice A uh, deluxe apartment in the sky, if you will. Exactly. And um, the doorman's like, welcome home. I hope you enjoyed the Hamptons, Miss whatever. Miss Martin, yeah. Miss Martin. And she's like, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, too, the fact that her name is Bridget Kelly. 
is that's also my my principal from high school's name. So it's like everything is weird, weird. here all the time. Well, Martin, uh, her husband, Andrew Martin. Andrew Martin is the it was the real name of the professional wrestler Test. R.I.P. Aw, yeah. But she, there's like everyone has like very interesting names. Everyone's named very interestingly. I would say. <laughs> Um, it's, it's like a lot of like, you know, Bridget Kelly and Siobhan Martin, Victor Marchado. Uh, but yeah, so then, so she's, um, back at his, at their place. She sees her husband, Siobhan's husband. Clearly it's Bridget from the beginning. It's never actually like said until later on, but it's not even subtle. Her husband Um, played, uh, by Owen Griffith, by the way. Yes. Yes. Very like... Which is, again, how you can tell this was show was for CBS and not CW. Because Owen Griffin was Johan, not doing a CW show. Yeah, and Johan, he's like, this is like him kind of at his peak a little bit, too. It's kind of interesting they got him for TV. Because I think this is right after both of the yeah. Fantastic Four movies. So it's definitely his first TV appearance in a while. And this is not, like, quite the prestige that TV became. So it is kind of an odd choice for him to, to move to, like, a random CW show. But he's here. He's great. I'm looking good. Um, he's her very cold husband because they're both, again, they're supposed to be this, like, you get this one version of Siobhan that we were introduced to where she's warm, she's forgiving, she's like, it's okay, you're welcome, welcoming. And he's, and by the way, later. a dick the entire time to her. I'm just like, yes. are we supposed to like this character? Because I wrote my notes, Andrew is just a fucking dick. <laughs> like, when, he, when the phone's ringing and she says, are you going to answer that? Or <laughs> why yeah, are like... you still in bed? <laughs> God, he's such an asshole. But so it's it's odd though. You're right because you never just never know exactly like whether or not you're supposed to trust them. But I guess but, that so is the point. Stuff or, in, yeah. She does put her stuff in that that bus terminal locker, but keeps the gun that she stole from the cop. Mm-hmm. Um, so she comes home. She's like sees him and is immediately taken aback because mm-hmm. again we kind of were told briefly that uh, from Siobhan that she didn't tell her husband that, that Bridget exists at all. Not even that she has a sister who'd like, she didn't like say she died or said she's the strange. She just straight up never told him she had a twin sister, which is a wild thing to keep from somebody. Mm-hmm. But immediately kind of, even when she's being like opening and, and nice is a major red flag because even if you're like, quote unquote, this like sweet like lady, if you're not telling your significant other of several years that you have a twin sister, that's a pretty major thing to keep from them. Um, but she's still like, you know, I just didn't tell him. I'll tell him later. Blah, blah. He's in England on business or whatever. So whatever. He's back. He's like, I'm home. You look thin. You look too thin. Like r- rude immediately. She's just like, oh, hi. And she's because, immediately yeah, like, nice. Uh, doesn't uh, Siobhan also co- comment on her, her weight? Yes. Like, about well, no. Thin? Uh, Siobhan might, everyone does. Gemma also mentions that you look anorexic, and she's like, tell me what you're doing. Like, she's interested in it. Yeah. So, people do, I mean, quote-unquote notice a difference. I, it's not very noticeable, to be honest with you. It would have been a little, like, I will say that's the one benefit, like, um, A Simple Favor did, where you can clearly tell, like, when you have, when you're introduced to Blake Lively as the quote-unquote bad twin, even though she's the good twin, who's also struggling with addiction, you're thinking at the time, like, oh, this is maybe a different actress, but then you're like, no, it's her, but with some, like, makeup and, like, CGI to make her look heavier or, like, mm-hmm. rougher around the edges. Long Here, time, you're not l- seeing a difference. Long-time listeners of the podcast might find it so fascinating how we're complimenting Blake Lively I know, right? while we're, like, questioning Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, God. It's such a... What a twist. How the turntables. It turns out we're not ourselves. We've been assumed... People have assumed our identities. But, yeah. But she she has this, like, 
a puffy look in a simple favor, basically in in the sense that she has been a strung out addict. Basically, here you don't have that much of a contrast at all. I, they all keep saying you look so thin. I'm like, does she? I'm like, she looks the same. And also, like, what an asshole. Like, if she's looking like thin, are you okay? What's what's wrong? Is maybe this next sentence to say? I mean, even that's like shitty because you should just you should just not comment on people's weight. That's not your problem. But like, he says it in a way like you're looking thin. You look too thin. Like, very rude like that. Just like, Ugh. And she's just like, oh, hi. And then she's very nice to him, and he's immediately taken aback. Like, what's what's up with you? You're acting too nice. You're, because... acting, act, you're actually acting nice. You, something is wrong. But not even nice. Like, he says, like, I can't go to this event. And she's like, okay. And he's like, oh, well, that was easy. Like, I guess he expected her to, like, pick a fight with him and scream at I him. mean, yeah, he's being a dick, but also it's based on the fact that she's apparently more of a dick, usually. <laughs> The real That's what you can't tell. Day. Yeah, you can never tell if it's like, is do we are we supposed to like him because he's been, quote unquote, like beaten down into being an asshole back to her, or is he just an asshole and that's why they got along in the first place and we're not supposed to like him either way. It's not really ever made clear. Even by the twelfth episode, he's still just an asshole half the time. <laughs> the twelfth episode, which has the, the most amazing, we'll talk about the amazing scene is after they watch the video, just everyone yelling <laughs> at each other. It's um, he's I love actually, it. The, better and same with bridget i mean they're, they're the two i guess better reactions we'll get to that it's just it's that crazy. scene is so good yeah um i oh love all God, of them people are the worst but so in this scene she like like talks to him for a minute and then like immediately like <laughs> this, this scene is nuts she immediately excuses herself to the balcony and calls luke cage and then <laughs> just proceeds to vomit up her basic like her confession that she just assumed her life and then she just calls, she calls him and she's like, oh my god, I had to do it. And he's like, what? Where? He, first he's like, where the hell are you? I know you just like fucking ran away because he's also been contacted by Nestor. And she's like, uh, I didn't think I had a choice. He's like, what are you talking about? What did you do? And like, he's the like, craziest Siobhan thing killed- anyone could ever do. <laughs> right? Siobhan killed herself. I don't know why she did it. I'm the only one who knows that she's dead. I saw a way out and I took it. <laughs> I was so scared. <laughs> The cops were after me. Bodaway was after me. I felt like I didn't have a choice. It was so easy, Malcolm. Oh, God. I mean, they all think I'm her. They all think I'm Siobhan. It's not as ominous as Mora made it sound. But it's not far off. Like, she's crying on the balcony of this, like, beautiful, like, walkout, like, penthouse apartment. It's very dramatic. And she's, like, got that, like, faraway look, like, after Buffy found her mom, where she's just like, what did I do? What did I do? She's like, okay. But, uh, yeah, so she's she's just, like, wrecked and just screaming at him, and she's like, I gotta go. <laughs> He's like, what? He's... What are you gonna do? And she's like, what? This is what happens then... when you flirt with your sponsee, dum-dum. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of call you get, like, once in a lifetime, I hope, but, like, it still was... It, he should have realized, like, she was a very lost cause for a while because the minute <laughs> she flees the minute she flees it goes so far off the rails he still tries to help her at some point i think but it's like yeah. no you need to you need to let this go it's bad but so i mean it's... by episode 12 she's still updating him so he doesn't know how to just get her out of his life and he honestly should know like how to just go over there and talk to her he knows where siobhan lives i don't know it's so stupid but i love it um so she she's like um so yeah the other thing he says to her too is the next she's like i gotta go and do nothing like she immediately goes to bed like that's all they do is they they talk although from the street somehow okay this is a crazy crazy shot once again they live in the penthouse apartment let's not reveal who it is yet i know (laughs) friend of the show 
friend of, friend of the show. <laughs> but she lives in this penthouse apartment, which honestly in New York means that they have to be at least 30 stories up. Well, like, actually, wait, know. they're not in the penthouse because the new place is the penthouse. That's the thing. Oh, yes, Gem- right, that's what Gemma right. says later. Yeah, yeah. But still, it li- it clearly it's still is a, up yeah. always. It's like a very high up apartment, and it's like a walk out balcony. It has to be. I would give give or take like one of those places high. where the hotel g- goes right into the apartment, like in Gossip Girl. <laughs> like in Gossip Girl, <laughs> you know the real life <laughs> example of anything. Gossip Girl. <laughs> well, we might as well just keep bringing up Blake Lively. <laughs> Please, God, no. But so she is, like, honestly, has to be hundreds of feet up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. From the street. (laughs) God. A mysterious mysterious man is lurking in the shadows and looks up at her and all you see is his little, his pale little white face. (laughs) Staring up at her and she looks down at him and she has this That's why she's like, I can't leave now. She was planning on leaving, which, by the way, she left the... The gun in her in Siobhan's drawer of scarves. It looks like I don't know how to describe it. It looks like a fucking Carmen San Diego's shot because like he's down alone in the dark. And there happens to be like a street light that like lights up his like alabaster skin, and he's staring up at her. And then like they stare at each other for like a long moment, and then he just walks into the shadows. And it's like, what was that? Like it was so weird. It looked like something out of fucking like. I don't even know, like Inspector Gadget. It's like the scene where it's the Carmen Diego like, and Inspector Gadget. Yes. Yeah, it's like a cartoon. It's like where someone shows up with your mission. It's like your your chief like shows yeah. up and like he's lit by just one. Greetings, Gumshoe. Yes, it's very much like that. So, so anyway, she she stares down like oh, I've been made. Essentially, it's the it's the like I've been made. Oh my god, what happened? She, she thinks she was phone. followed. Yeah, yeah. But instead of doing anything about it, she just goes into her. Oh my god, this is my other favorite scene of the episode. Oh my god. And then it becomes a plot point. It's my favorite thing in the world. She takes a gun and she puts it in her silk scarf drawer, which I, I my next note is LOL. I had to just type out silk, silk scarf drawer. This is what <laughs> rich white a, women have silk scarf drawers. An entire drawer of silk Hermes scarves. It's amazing. So when she hides the gun, like, okay, you're telling me you've got a gun. you got to hide it in your apartment. Where do you put it? In the one drawer that you could basically push your hand down and feel a gun? You could probably see through to see <laughs> the know, gun. Right? They're of scarves. All the drawers, of all the drawers and all the wardrobes, you pick the silk scarf drawer. <laughs> oh, my God. And it immediately becomes a plot point, like, an, and a half hour later. It's amazing. But, yeah, so she throws the gun under, like, a pile of her mess scarves. It's amazing. And then, instead of, like, thinking, like, huh, which drawer could other people access that they might see a gun in? My underwear drawer? Not this one. Gotta be the Hermes scarf drawer. My favorite of all the drawers. It's way less likely for someone to randomly go into your underwear drawer, because no one's gonna wear your underwear. That's creepy. I don't know. Who knows? So anyway, (laughs) she throws it in the Hermes scarf drawer, and, um... Because there's a creepy figure downstairs, because I think she was about to bail until that, and she's like, I guess I'll stay in and sleep. And she's she, worried if it's a cop or something. Yeah, I don't but know. There's no, like, honestly, her sleeping makes sense because there's no way she isn't exhausted after that day, honestly. I just need, I need the scene of her, like, stumbling to her bedroom, pouring a heavy, heavy glass of gin, and then shakingly drinking it. Like, that's <laughs> all I want. And then passing out. But instead, Relapse, you just see her. Relapse. <laughs> yeah, right. But instead, you just see her throw this, this gun. Again, if you want to know the type of show we're talking about, a picture of Sarah Michelle Gellar in, like, 
I don't think she's wearing a turtleneck, but I feel like she could be. But imagine her wearing like some type well, of Well, turtlenecks plush. are like the, the calling card of our friend of the show who we'll, who we'll mention later. He's the one always wearing turtlenecks in the show. Right. Oh, God. Tur- so wearing imagine, turtlenecks I mean, and thinking uh, children are his. <laughs> right. But imagine imagine Sarah Michelle Gillard dressed like she's Judith Knight in, of, or Judith Light and something. Yeah, a lot of petticoats. Yes. White so petticoats. Like, okay. Sarah Michelle Gellar cosplaying as Judith Light. Yes. And she is frantically hiding a gun in a scarf drawer. That's exactly <laughs> this show. Like, it, that sums up the whole Which show. Is perfect. Like, her panicked with a tight bun, just trying to, like, stuff it in a bunch Such of Hermes cards. Bun. It's hilarious. Such a tight <laughs> bun. <laughs> it's a tight bun. And then she, she goes to bed, I guess just blacks out in fear. And the next morning, um, she meets with this the friend. Well, well after the phone bed. call, and Andrew's like, are you going to answer that? He's a dick. And then, <laughs> yeah, why so are you still in bed? He's like, are you not going to your trainer because I called you thin? Yeah, <laughs> that was my other comment. He says the comment, if you skipped your trainer because I said you're thin, that's really silly. Like, okay, you asshole. Like, seriously, but, so- she, like, she just woke up. Leave her alone. Yeah, Get away from so- her. And so it's her friend. Best friend, Gemma. Played by Tara Summers, because this cast is insane. Yeah, you'd think that, like, you'd know if you, your sister had a best friend for that long, but I guess not. I don't, they were estranged or whatever. Yeah. I just feel like, even if you just only followed your sibling's life through, like, pictures on Facebook, you'd know enough to know who their closest friends were. But she seems completely thrown, like, who am I talking to? Like, what is this? But this is Gemma. But um, she's really her- good at using context clues, which is why it makes it so easy for her to assume Siobhan's <laughs> So Well, so maybe we can talk about it now. How does she manage to pull off not getting caught as being this other woman? She's literally never s- apparently spoken to her sister for 20 years. Yeah. Right? Or something like that? Like, 10 it's, years? It's been seven years. Yeah, seven years, seven years. Seven years. That's a long time. Yeah. Like, you, if you don't know anything about her life at all, I could see, like... You know, having to get out of the country, you could do it under her, you know, yeah. passport or whatever. There's not a moment but, where she's, like, she forgets someone's name that was mentioned earlier recently. If a name is mentioned, she remembers that name immediately, and then it's easy for her to figure something out. Right. Like, all I mean is, like, the very attractive, very, uh, I mean, I mean, traditionally attractive and mostly well-behaved when he wanted to, Ryan Atwood on the OC was more caught out than she was in this when she he was in weird situations with people he didn't know. Like, people in these situations, she's in all these, like, fancy places with all these rich people, they're always so ready to, like, cause a scene and like, notice that somebody's not, doesn't belong. Yeah. And the minute she would even, like, breathe wrong, they'd be like, who are you? What are you doing? Like, I just can't imagine people letting her just get away with this. Like, she immediately strikes me as somebody who is just not well versed in how it, having to be like sophisticated and they know they can smell it on you basically these rich people so like i just don't buy that she's able to like fit in in that world let alone with the people that quote unquote are your closest relatives yeah, like, and her friends. husband her best friend for okay a day whatever but like she sustains a relationship with them for several yeah weeks, it's like months obviously we're introduced to gemma she's clearly vain but like they're clearly also close and they like at least Gemma seems like she cares about uh, Siobhan. She's having an affair with a man, and he doesn't even catch her out until like later on in yeah. the season. And like, that's all because he is sh- literally shown. <laughs> yeah, he has to be shown. He is told, and like he doesn't believe her, and then he is shown, and then he's the thing is believing after all. Yeah. But it's just, it's, I just, I know that like, okay, imagine if you someone just randomly showed up and was not actually your sibling. I could see them getting away with like a, a family dinner or um. 
a conversation when you first came home or, you know, like, the first thing you say in the morning. So, like, all these scenes I kind of buy on their own, but, like, back to back to back, I feel like she should have played the I fell and bumped my head card, and then this would all make a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. She never plays any type of card, like, I forgot what happened, the, the, the fake amnesia. She just acts like she is Siobhan. Yet knows nothing about her life from minute one to start to mm-hmm. the, to like the mid episode. It doesn't of like season. <clears throat> it doesn't start coming to a head for uh, Bridget with Gemma until like episode four, and then episode five she has to confess to Gemma. But I just don't really buy that. Part but we of also it. know that Gemma does not last, obviously. Yeah, and also just generally. It could be, you're, I mean, it is kind of like a commentary on the vapidness, I think, of the culture. I don't doubt that, like, you could basically, like, save face and just act stupid, and they'd all buy it. But she's clearly acting, quote-unquote, different than she normally acts. So it's enough to, like, raise some suspicion, but they never actually investigated it at all. It's like, huh, you're acting completely out of character. But again, I guess it is the odds of you not knowing that she had a twin, thinking that, like, someone you know has a doppelganger, is a really, really third like out of out of like left field scenario like it's just not what you expect it to be i I just can't i don't know i just i can't abide the situation where like she wouldn't even remember like the name of her daughter quote unquote Mm -hmm. i don't think like she's just like surprised to see her or i guess she does know her she says juliet there are some things that she does know though so it's like Mm -hmm. it's never really clear what she knows and what she doesn't i don't know it's just, I wish we had a little more information about how much she knows, because she doesn't know who Gemma is, but she does say Juliet without having been told who that is. So maybe she was, like, at their wedding? But no, she, she definitely wasn't. was not. But no, uh, when they were on the, she was talking about, like, you know, husband and then stepdaughter, Juliet, and that, but, like, she was only talking about her family, and that was it. But I don't know if she ever uses the name Juliet. I guess she must. I don't know. Whatever it is, Let's she see. somehow knows her name without even being told it. Uh, yeah, she does because uh, that's where's Andrew. He's in London working, then visiting Juliet at boarding school. That's it. okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I, I buy like some of it. It's fine, but I just I don't know. I just can't imagine like having to share a bed with someone and then not knowing it's not you. I guess that's the point. It's supposed to be freaky. I just wish there was a little more actual evilness to it because then it would make more sense that she was fitting in and, and conning them. Mm-hmm. Because the best parts of like. A simple favor, or uh, maybe not a simple favor, because that's that's kind of like it all happens off screen. But like, mm, um, let me think. Uh, like the best parts of Vampire Diaries when you have the, the mixture of the two different Nina Debrevs is when you get so close to thinking it is Elena, and it's actually not Elena. You're like, oh my god, because she's basically tricked you, the viewer, think, into thinking it's her. I think you actually would kind of appreciate the lying game because, like. The evil, quote unquote, evil twin. I guess I mean she was very like bad, but yeah, she has even when she's seemingly doing some like her plan is to like find their birth mother. Even when seemingly it's something altruistic like that, it still was like an undercurrent of evil, basically. I guess I guess what I'm saying too is partly like even something as honest and earnest as the Parent Trap mm-hmm. has more actual sophistication when it comes to assuming the identity of a twin. Yeah, if that makes sense, or even fucking the other fucking because yeah, the, hand both of movie. these are like, uh, well, you know, we're doing a plan, whereas there's no real plan uh, by Bridget. She's very seen her pants right with this. That's probably what it right. is. And even like the other, I still know who ki- killed me. The other twin, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> I, I, I know who killed me. Not, I still know who oh, killed uh, me. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just waiting for that sequel that will eventually happen someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I know who killed me is the other scenario where it's basically just like you know an evil twin takes on the life of her sister. But like, Parent Trap is a good example. Okay, yes, yeah, she was coached on how to be her other sibling. But, like, in the scenes when you're alone with just Bridget, I think there needs to be a little bit more attention paid to her panicking and trying to prep herself over what's going on. Like, where are the scenes of her ripping apart her her study to try and find information on her family so she studies it and knows it better so that when they come back, she knows more about them and she can fit in better? Like, I would buy that she's there just to, quote-unquote, fit in for a few hours to get all the stuff she needs to flee the country? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to live her life forever? That makes no sense. Like, I don't think it's, that Bridget would want to do that. She seems too nice but, to be like, I'm going to sit and yeah, she take over her life. Yeah, she spends less time trying to become Siobhan than she does. First, she's trying to investigate, you know, who, quote unquote, killed Hurt her. Siobhan. Because, yeah, it turned, she's like, oh, I don't think it was a suicide. I think someone actually, you know, killed her. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, she's alive. So what's the deal? <laughs> Oh my god! But then on top of this, so so you have so you have her basically pretending to be Siobhan. I think the problem is you're trying to keep her as the good twin still, even though she's you know like they're playing her as a like Siobhan thinks of her as the bad twin, but realistically she's the good one of the two of them. You can't have it both ways though. You can't be the quote unquote good twin and then assuming the life of your other twin. Like that is a evil thing to do. So it just it, they bump up against um, each other. Yeah, it's like. like- one of those things, unless it's one of those things where it's agreed upon, basically. Because, right. Again, and even then, in it's the like Lion Game, dubious. it was agreed upon, but not knowing that like the evil twin like had her like own ulterior motives for why she wanted this one, like the good twin who was like the the one who was um, in the system who didn't get adopted. It's like, why are you giving me your like your perfect life for now? I was like, well, I have my reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even then, that's dubious because it's it's good for the person yeah. you're switching with. I'm just really Probably excited the, to, to the watch. Family you're yeah. conning. I'm really excited to watch the Lion Game for this show, for this podcast. Yeah. <sighs> but so anyway, so she basically is just pretending to be Siobhan, not well, because everyone immediately is like, Siobhan, you're being nice, and she's like, oh, am I? But like, so the thing is, like, <sighs> she's not really trying to assume her life. So what are you trying to do, like? These people should be told that her, their wife and daughter, mother-in-law, stepmother, died. Like they're not getting the chance to grieve Siobhan the way you're able, not, even though you're not seeing it's any really, grief on her. Yeah, really. There's no reason to lie about who you are. Just like, tell them who you are. And although I guess the reason is because she's like, I don't. Obviously, at the end of this episode, someone's trying to kill uh, Siobhan. So why? No, trust it's also no one. unclear. I think she's she she also panics. I actually bought this part of it because I thought the same thing, and then I thought about it. And I'm like, okay, I think that she kind of does this because she thinks that she came basically for a handout from Siobhan, and Siobhan was going to give it to her ostensibly the way she pretends. Yeah, like she's giving it to her, like she's opening her home up to her. Um, she thinks like, okay, I'm gonna get the help I need to mm-hmm. escape and live off yeah. the grid. Okay. Once Siobhan is quote unquote dead, she now has no connection and he does not know she exists. So she thinks like, oh, the my prob- ability to get any help is gone now. Yeah, they'll probably just think, well, you did it then. Which is not true. I mean, like, I, I think she probably would have been better off just risking the odds of just showing up on their doorstep and There's saying, that, and then I'm her long lost. By the sister. end, then she's like, I don't know who to trust, really, because someone yeah. actually was after her sister. Which, honestly, like, if you're going to try and, like, solve that crime, the worst thing you could do is pretend to be that sister. Yeah. But I guess that's what she thinks is the only option. Uh, it's all very unclear. But either way, 
uh, I know we kind of discussed it enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, episode, but I because, think it's yes. important for us to get into. So she meets with her best friend Gemma at the site of what will be their new home, the, the yeah. penthouse. And then when she which... show, when you when you show up to it, it's done, done, done. It's the same place she was just she... attacked in earlier in the the preview. Yeah, the and on one thing, obviously, the note for like the clues of like who will possibly be the reason why like uh, someone's after Siobhan. It's like, well, yeah, Andrew wanted this bigger place. Does he want this bigger place for after Siobhan is dead? So all for himself. You know, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they're talking. I never even thought that. Yeah. To be honest with you, it's not very well tele- telegraphed. I think it is. You just weren't thinking about it. I guess so. But yeah. I just thought, like, I don't know. He, I guess that makes sense-ish. But yeah, it's like, it's all, he's I'm already so having, like, he specifically wants a place and she doesn't. It's like, oh, he wants a place for once he's, like, gotten rid of her and he wants to move on. But I feel like that would have been a good scene. That would have made sense if you had had this scene earlier on when she, he first sees her. He should have been shocked by her being there. And then it should have been this, like, Well, no, because there. when he sees her, he doesn't know. He, like, it hasn't happened yet, the hits. Oh, you're right. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you... Because, I, you, okay. assuming, like, okay, we'll assume that he is the one uh, who, like, planned the hit at, that's at, at the venue. Like, yes. he, yeah. Like, obviously, she, uh, Bridget has no idea that uh, the boat has nothing to do with any of that. But, like, she might later think that. But, yeah. I guess I was so... I would never have thought that because why would you want to kill someone in the house you're going to move to? That's such a fucking twisted thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he has the hit take place in their soon-to-be home. Or it's supposed well, to I mean, I mean spoiler alert, it, he's, like, it's not him. <laughs> right. But that's why I never yeah. even... That's why my brain was like, well, it couldn't be him if he's going to move there. He wouldn't want his... Although, there... I don't know. Uh, home hopping straight. ahead uh, earlier, there is a moment in the episode where, it, like, it's supposed to make you see maybe he is the guy because he's on the phone with someone and he's like, I want to call off. He's like, I know the plan, but, like, I want to call it off because, obviously, yeah. he, he's, he likes his wife again now. I guess. That's another scene where I'm like, this is so ominous. There's no way it could be him because yeah. it would just be too telegraphed. Yeah. So... Regardless, she shows up yeah. and Gemma, she meets with Gemma. Yeah, yeah. Gemma brings up that she thinks her husband Henry is cheating on her, and she's like, I- and "Just to say, just just one like quick thing." She says, "You owe me a latte." She shows up with two lattes. That is way too. That is what kind of latte does she like? You just gambled. On yes, exactly. Of I, like, I wanted her to take a sip. And was like, what? "What is this? What is this?" That's exactly what I'm like. Come on, there's no way she was. She figured, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, I need, I need her. There's a, there's a scene earlier when she first gets a call from Gemma, and Gemma's like, I saw you write it in that little orange and gold book of yours. <laughs> so she does exactly what to look for. <laughs> yeah. And she pulls open her Yeah, that little liner. orange book of yours, and then, oh, and she moves through something. Thank, thank God, God she, thank God she just keeps it out in the open, yeah. Right? And not on her phone. Good like thing she didn't bring it along with her. Right. And then on top of that, like it, she happens to list every single detail of her life in this planner, and she left it there that day, but whatever. But so she, I would, I would show her scouring through the scouring book, yeah, for details exactly. Even once she later on in this in the twelfth episode, I love that we're like this. Off. Pilot, I want more details. I want, yes, just... I want the details, guys. But so there's there's this like processes I want because basically like all the way into the twelfth episode, you finally have her like going over that for like clues. I'm like, you should know that thing forwards and backwards. Like that's the one thing I would say about like. I'm trying to think of a show that's like this, but, like, even something, like, Charmed or, like, I th- certain parts of Veronica Mars where it's, like, she has listened to the, the um, investigation tapes of everybody being, like, interviewed 30 times a piece. So by the time she gets to a point where someone mentions something offhand, she knows exactly where to go back in her, like, evidence to figure out, 
this is what this part of it meant. I've been wondering. There's none of that here. It's just sort of like, oh, here's where it is. Like, it's just very like, oh, this happens to be here. I'll use it for this one moment and then put it down mm-hmm. and not look at it again for several days. If you're assuming someone's life, that should have been the first thing you found and then read cover to cover mm-hmm. and memorized. But whatever. So she says, like, I, I also, so in the actual script, uh, don't tell me you didn't know. I saw you write it in your book. She doesn't even say the color of the book. Uh, oh no, she says orange and pink yeah, book and, in the show. Yeah, and the, the original script just says your book. So hilarious. it's crazy hilarious. what they cut and then what they're like, we need more detail. That's so funny. But so so she um uh she shows up with the two lattes and somehow that works. And then well, she also makes that comment, another creepy comment where she's like, "Wow, you uh, look absolutely anorexic. You also, must share your also secret. a fascinating choice." So I noted, like Tara Summers is British, but she, like she plays American in the show, so she has an American accent. The original script, she was definitely written as British because literally Gemma says the line, "Ask your bloody husband." <laughs> oh jeez, it's I don't I don't understand certain choices where it's like a character who's British, like an actor who's British has to be American. Like it doesn't even need to be. They don't even need to be American, but for some reason they are. I hate I hate that. It drives me I insane. do like from from phone British accent. I like that too. Oh, by the way, uh, we were talking about Elementary. Do you know one of the writers was Robert Doherty, creator of Elementary? Oh my god. I love I love Elementary. It's a good job, Robert Doherty. Um, yeah, he wrote yeah. he wrote on this show. His first episode was the, the episode that introduces Gage Golightly's character, episode six. Oh my god! And Jason Doherty's character. <laughs> okay, um, so Gemma is an architect, which is a surprise because mm-hmm. she comes across like she's supposed to be some kind of a high end real estate agent, and that's yeah, it's it's very yeah, it's her. it's very real estate agent. <sighs> but apparently, she's in charge of the remodel of this new place. So not only did they buy this gorgeous like loft slash penthouse, it's basically all being remodeled to their their liking and she's of course like well why am i moving again which is exactly the kind of thing you ask somebody when you're trying to pretend you're that person i mean i can see like stressfully asking that to your friends i guess so but it does not come across stressful enough yeah but she's like ask your crazy husband it took me a year and a half to finish the park avenue place and he wants to start over already so you are starting to get like these these scenes of like maybe if you're saying they're trying to set up the fact that like he's going to be one ordering the hit on her and again he's like a dick this whole time (laughs) Yeah, but then she's like, but it is the penthouse coming to the terrace. It's like, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, he it so. is, like, the very obvious, oh, you're supposed to think he is the one. But there is, like, other, like, the next scene, too, is, is her saying, like, so it's pretty. That's why we're doing it. And she's like, you don't seem excited. It's like, these are the things where, like, she should at least be, like, overly excited and enthused about everything in order to try and, like, keep up appearances. But also, if anything, overly enthused, that probably doesn't sound like fun either. I know, but, like, still is, like, invested in what's going on. She used to, like, what does a rich people, like, what does a rich person seem like? <laughs> I don't know, but it just Google, means, like, what do rich people sound people like? Seem like? But, like, I would be immediately, like, like trying to find our wedding videos and, like, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, like, trying to mimic what she was like. Because, like, I could see if she's trying to pretend, like, how Siobhan was to her, if Siobhan was always nice, maybe then that's why she's being extra nice. Crap, but, like, what am I thinking of where it's, like, it is, like, a doppelganger thing where it's, like, they're going through, like, wedding videos to try to figure that's something, right? Is that? I mean, I don't even know if I'm, I'm pretending. I, I, I'm not even thinking of anything in particular. I, th- I think I am. Uh, it's going to drive me crazy, too. It's probably some creepy, like, alien show or something. It does seem know. like that, right? I keep seeing Garrett Dillahunt in my mind. Ooh, that is creepy. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's like a, it's like a species type if thing. If it doesn't exist, it should. Yeah, like species or something similar where you're trying to, like, pretend to be a human being. Like, I could see that being, like, well, 
it's better to err on the side of enthusiasm than detachment because clearly like not being interested in this at all is setting off other red flags so like she should take stock of that and then change the way she's acting instead she barely does she's just like whatever i'm just tired <laughs> and she's like okay and then she immediately cuts like by the way my husband's having an affair and we find out later on it's with her mm-hmm. and it's like spoiler alert she's the one having an affair with him but she's like you know, upset about the fact that, like, yeah, uh, she hasn't like, had sex with him in years. Go, and blah, blah. I was like, I go through the like the, the usual. The trainer is gay. Uh, was it like the maid is like bad or whatever? It's like, oh, the best friend, and she's like, I'm joking, but of course, but she like honestly, her face is so vacant. It's like it, it's like, one of those things where Siobhan is clearly like, well, Bridget is freaking out because really she's like, I don't know, but also. Uh, don't like find me out as a fake anyway. <laughs> right, like I don't want to be anybody suspicious. It's more she's, for anything. she's suspicious just for being a fake, not even the fact that because she, she has no idea at this point that yes, her sister was having this affair. Right. So she says like you know, uh, it's probably nothing. It's just stress. Like let it go. It's fine. She's like yeah okay. But so um, they go to the opera later on. She tries to have her go out with drinks later, but she's like I can't have this opera thing. So she goes to this big, like, fundraiser opera, and then, of course, we meet the husband she's talking about. Henry, played by Chris Palaha, friend of the show. Oh, North Shore himself. And he is maybe the worst casting on this. I love him, but, like, he is way too nice, quote-unquote, to be the person having an affair. He's so possessive, and he's the worst. He's just not who you expect to be, like, the CD. This like, is right affair. after like, Life Unexpected, so, like, he was, I guess he probably had, like, an overall deal at CW at this point, so. And I think we talked about this. Like, he's just nice. Like, I don't buy him as the kind of person who's going to be a even, villain. Even, yeah, you know? even in, like, Life Unexpected, he was, like, the le- less mature parent, but, like, he was still a great guy. Yeah, like, it's, that's his thing, is, like, he can absolutely play off, That's like, why he's, like, in a bunch of Hallmark movies now. Or shitty. Well, I actually think it's better when he plays, like, the shitty or flaky young husband, mm-hmm. and then the wife has the affair. That's what I buy. Sure. I do not buy him being, I mean, of course he's a human being, I'm sure he does this, I don't think he has affairs in real life or anything, but he could do it, but I just don't really buy it in this show that he's the type of person who's gonna, like, walk out on his wife and twin children, mm-hmm. or, new, like, newly, like, I think she says, like, three years old. I feel like, like in another like, world, Chris Palaha could play, like, the skeezy, like, affair guy, but, like, in the career that he has, no. <laughs> and also, just, like, the way he is on the show, he doesn't play it up enough. Like, it's not even skeezy, it's just, like, he's creepy. Uh, he's possessive. He's grabbing her, and yeah. he's trying to, like, get it on at the opera while their spouses so, yeah, are there. Yeah, when he sees her, like, he doesn't even, like, say hello. He just, like, literally, like, walks up, and as he's, like, getting close to her immediately starts kissing her and she's like what the fuck like he basically just like as if you like turned a corner and bumped into somebody he does that with her and then kisses her it's really creepy and she of course is like freaked out but he's like well it's you it's me and like she's like it's this horrible situation she's gotten herself in which i wish they kind of played with more where she can't really react that negatively because she is having an affair with him so she can't raise the red flag of like i'm not siobhan I mean, he played a creep in True Calling, because remember, he was a professor who was, like, fucking her, but then was also fucking other girls. But, like, mm. still, no. I don't know. I just, you, need, you need a little more lead-in. And honestly, like, the is it, they fall into the same problem with him as they did with Bridget, where they start to treat him like he's the only good person trying to help them, like, solve the, the crime or help Bridget. But he's the one having an affair yeah, on his wife and young children. obsessive, honestly. Yeah, and he's stepping out. Not only is he stepping out on his wife, he's stepping out on his two little newborn it's, kids. Uh, uh, I think 
probably the perfect casting for Chris Waha that explains why we're saying, oh, he shouldn't play this creep is because, uh, in Better Off Ted when he plays Don. Yes, uh, Linda's, exactly. like, perfect boyfriend. Who's, like, very, honestly, what's funny is, like, when you when they introduce him, it's kind of like, oh, he's, he's just, like, a boring nobody. And it's like, well, it's like kind of, but also he's perfect. And then, like, like, even Ted falls playing. in love with him. Yeah, he's plain, he's, like, a normal guy and happens to be very good, like, a good human being. So, yeah, that's the vibe I keep getting from him every time I see him. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's like, you know, uh, shows up, like, immediately is like, hey, how are you? She's like, blah, blah, blah. She tries to end things there, like, no more games. And then he's like, what? Yeah. So, you know, she's trying to, like, end the affair. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not really interested in ending this. And she's like, no, I can't right now. Andrew's waiting for me. He's a, yeah, so he's she a goes back up to meet with Andrew. And um, another thing, uh, he was recently on Condor, which is uh, the TV adaptation of uh, Three Days of the Condor, uh, and he's so he's technically a bad guy. Like he, t- it turns out, you know, he's kind of he's a traitor, but like you feel bad for him because obviously something happened where he was kind of forcing this and you like you see you get to know his family like his wife and his kids and then you like feel really really bad because he's like yeah he screwed them over and like Kristen Hager from like being human and she plays his wife and yeah it's just one of those things where yeah he, he accidentally fucked over his best friend and he didn't mean well, to I think yeah that's the perfect example like, I think we just need more actual like background because basically you're stepping into a situation here where they've had this affair for yeah. several months it has an affair years. with someone who we know to be terrible honestly Right, Siobhan is supposed to be terrible. Okay. But also, and like, Andrew gonna, is awful yeah. to her. No, Gemma Shell, but nothing su- suggests that she is bad, or, like, a bad right. person. Un- unlike but, what we know about Siobhan, Andrew, and, and now Henry, they all suck. And even Siobhan, like, Siobhan being terrible with him, but, like, you're supposed to get the idea that she's in this loveless marriage with a cold husband. Which, okay, Salah is yeah. much nicer. Yeah. I could see her dating him. But then you keep getting reminded of the fact that he's with Gemma, and it just is so gross. And like, it, we don't see any of the lead up that makes like the affair. Especially as it goes on, potentially you don't believe that you don't believe that Siobhan actually loves anyone. No. he's like lovesick about her. It's like, no, dude, she's just yeah. manipulative. And he's like, please meet me at the hotel on Thursday. And the nanny's taking the boys to the park at, at noon, which is so disgusting. And then she's like, okay, I guess I'll meet you there. Because again, I this I I wish there was more conflict here. Where I want her like chugging. Like, white wine, because she's like, oh my god, like, I have to now deal with this affair, and she, she can't pr- not be in the affair, because then he'll know something's yes, up. And, like, even that's, like, you know, I want we that. make it clear, he was the mysterious figure outside her apartment. Oh, right, yeah. He's, like, the weird dude staring up at her from from literally, like, several stories down. He's able to see her perfectly. Oh my god, it's, that's such an insane shot. Uh, but yeah, so she's like, okay, fine, I'm gonna go. And then she goes home with Andrew, and they're both, like, again, kind of loveless again. And he, like, quiet. He, she asks, are we still cool? To which he asks, which is, what are we, 12? I know, because honestly, he's right in that moment. Like, what? And he's Yon, like, Yon, he, Yon's like, I'm like, he's what? such a dick, but then he goes on, and then he explains why he's been such a dick. Yeah, and Yolan's, like, the kind of person where, like, he, he is cold, but it's very clear that he's been so used to being cold. Yeah. Because she's cold to him, that he's just not used to her being nice back to him. Yes. He, Which, again, doesn't make it okay. He says he's but... playing her game. Uh, yeah. And she says that, no more games. Which means that he's basically just because she's been so terrible to him. And then he says he loves the new her, which, by the way, when he's describing the new her, he calls her relaxed and agreeable. Agreeable, which, which is gross. So he's so we're supposed to reveal he's like either. he's actually a good guy. He's like, no, this is the worst too. It's just like you keep meeting everybody and they're worse and worse and worse. Like at this point, she should just this pack was, up all yeah, the bags. Yeah, this was supposed to be leave. his face turn, but no, he likes a subservient woman. 
I mean, I mean, he does say, who are you? Well, he's supposed like, to be, he's, like, he's, he prefers that she's not a terrible person, but the way he says it is, like, I like my women subservience. Yeah. That's how it comes I mean, off. It's it's awkward, too, because the casting of Yon is not, like, I don't, I don't think him, I don't think of him as, like, a very aggressive dude, either. So it comes across as very odd for him to be, like, so cold. He's, I don't know. He's honestly, like, like, just catty. He's barely yeah, cold. Yeah, he comes he's... across like he's being, like, funny. Which also... Not... I think that that's a shift that the show needs. Everyone needs to be catty. Everyone. Yeah. If if Chris Pilaha's character were catty, I'd like him so much more. Oh yeah. And so he absolutely. just wears turtlenecks and thinks children are his own. <laughs> turtlenecks. I mean, He's a again, well, in episode twelve, we'll get to who thinks children are his own, but it, 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 the baby is not what? his, by the way. Of course it's not. It really. It, it, it's it not. actually is Andrews, <laughs> even though he's like, of course it's not Andrews. It's like, no, it's Andrews. Oh, Jesus. All right, so then um, they're basically, she's like, he unhooks her dress for her. So, yeah. He's like, let's just change. Let's be different. So they've made up. She, at this cause... point, she sees the picture of Sean and Siobhan, which is the first breadcrumb, which, again, how do you, like, stumble across? She's, like, taking her makeup off, and she, like, finds this picture of Sean and Siobhan dated, like, 2005 or something, which is, like, a, a son, mm-hmm. ostensibly. You're like, what is yes. this? Which, and... it's yeah, it's crazy that Andrew knows about Sean. <laughs> Right, but also just, like, why does she get this far into the episode before she discovers this? Like, mm-hmm. you should, again, have been, like, looking for clues and stuff, but she already kn- knew about Sean. We don't know why she knows about him, but, like, I just wish that had been the first thing she found earlier on in the episode after, like, scrambling. But she, like, stares at it for a minute and then, like, puts it back in its place and she just put like, has this, like, faraway look in her face. Um, but then she also hears people downstairs when she gets, like, guess she, like, comes home from uh, something. Yeah, yeah, so she has her AA meeting, which is what I was saying. Right, and she has to, a media, like a uh, uh, what do you call it? breaking case of gla- break glass in case of emergency AA meeting, where she runs down the Brooklyn, like does it like a little. Yeah, she has to go somewhere where no one's gonna know who she is. She basically confesses, but she doesn't say what happened. I she never meant for any of this somebody. to happen. Yeah, which is just like uh, it could be very uh, abstract. I don't know what she's talking about, but again, she says her, but please, high po- higher power, help me learn from them. Mistakes aren't tragedies, all that stuff. And she comes home and stumbles across, stumbles upon what, what looks, not the first time we stumble across what looks like a affair um, that she walks yeah, in on. Yeah, because she's but calling actually, for Andrew. And also, actually, the music is so loud and terrible. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like wine glasses and stuff like all over mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. She's, it's just, like weird She thinks after they like resolve everything, oh no, he's cheating on me. And then she walks in on Juliet with her boyfriend tied up with a, a blindfold of her silk scarf. She freaks Juliet, out. Juliet, played by Zoe Deutsch, who is, like, Zoe actually Deutsch. 17 at this time. She's, I literally just finished watching her in The Politician continue to play teenagers in 2019. Yeah. She's 11, 10 years later almost. And she's this is teenagers. before she showed up on Switch, on her mother's show at the time, Switching Birth, for a couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah, this is early, so pretty funny. early in her career. Like, she did seven episodes, apparently seven episodes of... Uh, Zach, uh, Zach and Cody, or The Sweet Life oh on Deck, God. like, a year before. She's been a teenager for, like, 20 years, is what we're saying. <laughs> but so she... She's been a she's teenager for, with... like, seven years, come on. Yeah. But she's there with her boyfriend with Silk she's, Scarf yeah, on. She's done a lot of work, she's... despite having, like, it's still a relatively young career. Yeah, agreed. But then, um, Sarah Michelle, like, freaks out, because the scarf on his eyes, she's like, did you go through the, the scarf drawer? <laughs> the one place that I hid my gun? Of all the places? Like again, that's why you should not go and put gun in a scarf store. Also, I love the dude she's hooking up with. Who's just, like he's, his face is covered what? in the scarf. He's like, "What's going on?" Because he doesn't know. That's what... great. So uh, I, I should note here 
I talked on Twitter with uh, Jay Faber, who uh, he wrote for Ringer. This was his first writing credit the show. He he writes for Supergirl. He wrote for Zoo. And, you know, I was asking him, you know, have have any, like, anecdotes about the show? And he was noting that, obviously, it was originally developed for CBS and then moved to CW at the last minute. So they had to scramble and uh, craft a lot more storylines for Zoe's character, Juliet, which, honestly, I think was one of the best things they did. I'm glad there's more Zoe Deutsch in uh, the show, especially, like, uh, before she broke big. Because she's yeah, great. I mean, she's, she's honestly great. great. Obviously, she's, like, the, the, the teenage character in a a show about adults but she can hold her own because she's so good and i do i mean we'll talk about her more in the second episode but um that we talk about but i think that she is honestly the strongest part of that episode by far Mm -hmm. and the only one like talking fucking sense half the time even when she's she has like these ups and downs throughout that episode where you kind of like expect her to be a bad person but she always kind of like turns it and makes it her own it's a very interesting portrayal i think especially considering how the mother and the father are it is you kind of see how she's so hot and cold it's amazing like she was legitimately only 17 at the time because she is such a strong actress even at this point it's yeah it's not one of those things where it's like the wb's tarzan where uh late meester is the younger sister and all i'm like leighton baby girl (laughs) don't worry girl you'll improve uh, it's it's good. She's good in this, and honestly, this scene is kind of a, like a throwaway. It's not there for much besides introducing her. But it's it's hilarious to watch Sarah Michelle Gellar in a total panic, thinking that she went through that drawer and found the gun, and she's not gonna be like caught. Which is like honestly, if they were still like hooking up with a silk scarf on, I don't think it would be that big a deal. Like she if she would like stumbled in and then found it she would have already like come home to the cops or something or like come home to like andrew in the living room with a gun like what is this that you brought into our home like she's not gonna go also, up with her boyfriend with a gun next to them she's not supposed to be there because she's supposed to be in boarding school right for so I, i'm guessing happens? boarding school in europe considering andrew was in london and he was supposed to be visiting her in boarding school also unclear no, they never really uh, yeah it doesn't he goes to london and then he's gonna go visit her which doesn't say if she's her boarding school's in the state or yeah we do we do hear later on though, um, we still have the conversation he had or maybe it was earlier, he screams at her on the phone and he's like, You could have gotten arrested. Um, so we find out later on, like, she's basically been kicked out of another boarding school and she's been like baking the rounds. Like she has been kicked out of several boarding schools potentially for like bad behavior or like doing something odd, mm-hmm. um, attention seeking, all that kind of behavior. Like the classic like boarding school yeah, kid she's behavior. Classic spoiled rich girl. Right. And doesn't want to s- stick around probably just wants to be home with her family honestly, honestly. Yeah. she doesn't want to be sent away is what it is right clear it's like and, obvious cry for help that kind of thing yeah so then um uh nestor arrives at, at the same time as this is all going on offers to buy sam Schengler some coffee there's a great scene where he shows up and he like looks at her and they have this big giant like like floor to ceiling uh painting of uh Siobhan. Yeah. It's Gellar, but it's Siobhan. Yeah. And she's standing in front good, of it. I love a rich person, gratuitous portrait of themselves. Portrait of themselves, yeah. Which... But then he's there, and it's it's such an interesting vibe, because he's looking at her, <laughs> well, I... and it's like, he, I... he never really thinks it's her, but it's like, I'm surprised he doesn't, because he literally spoke to her, like, less than 48 hours ago. Right? I, appre- I appreciate, uh, I just love when Julia's like, there's some guy for you. It's like, who? I, I don't know. It's just some guy. <laughs> She's such yeah, that is she, classic. It reminds me of the the. There is a scene in like the, the I mentioned before the the politician where like, um, one of the characters is able to like walk into somebody else's mansion and then she's like, "Who the hell are you?" And it's like, "Oh, well, your person let me in." Like someone just let them yes. in because they just okayed it because 
as much as like having a quote unquote doorman and all that stuff is like supposed to be like a buffer between like the rich and the poor. If someone walks in confidently and they're saying I have an appointment with them, what are they gonna do? Say no? Like they're not gonna ask I mean, everything. Yeah, I, I I just appreciate a teenager being like, no, of course I didn't ask who it was. Who cares? <laughs> it's just some random person. It's like, well, you don't know that I'm on the run for potentially. Yeah, why should like, it matter? A murder scene and and you know moving drugs or whatever. I don't know what her actual charges are supposed to be, but it's something to the effect of like, like quote unquote prostitution and some bullshit, which is all. A scam, anyway. So you should not be uh, well, <laughs> under charges for that, but mm-hmm. something to the effect of like you were here and fleed. Yeah. Obstruction of justice, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I guess yeah, it's obstruction. He doesn't say that though. He only ever says like drugs possession and prostitution. I think are the two charges he keeps mentioning. I don't know. Which is so shitty that he's like threatening her with those charges anyway. Mm-hmm. She's clearly a drug addict, and well, she was been clean since she got caught. Legalized honestly. sex work. I don't. I, the whole thing is just stupid. But so she's on the run from those charges. Plus, like you know, he also saying like I'm more worried that she's just gonna get killed by this fucking drug lord dude. And I'm like, yeah, at least that makes sense that he's actually worried for her. Um, so he's there. He buys her a coffee. They sit in like I guess it's supposed to be like Central Park or somewhere like that where like they discuss the charges. And she's like, listen, I never talked to her. She, this is the, this is what I want more of. This scene I love. Because she's really good at pretending to, like, have no idea what he's talking about. Like, I haven't spoken to her for years. And he has this, like, I, um, I feel, gotcha moment, right? Yeah. I feel like this is what the show would have been more of had it been on CBS. I feel like it would have been more in yes. Nestor Carbonell. Which is just, like, long conversations about, like, are you sure that you have no idea? And she's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's this- More there's cat, this great... cat and mouse. Yeah. So he says to her, like, you know, he- I'll, I'll read some of it. Basically, like, he's like, you know- she says something to the effect of like you know uh, what's up with you coming all the way out to New York I assume you're not here because I she was jaywalking he a- she acts like why are you even here and then he's like you know she same acts pretty like what face. are you doing here hobag <laughs> right I know right but he's like same pretty face same sarcastic attitude um, but then she starts in on the whole like my sister and I are not close we've not spoken in years she's a- and he's like she's a fugitive she assaulted a police officer and stole his weapon. She says, point blank to him, Bridget wouldn't do that. And he's like, you sound pretty confident, and yet you're not close. She's like, we're twins. Then he starts to describe, like, you know, he, he explains that she was arrested for these charges, and then we, they the, we agreed to drop the charges if she'd testify, but that it never happened. We're just concerned for her safety. And then she says, which I think is a good argument, where she says, if she didn't talk, why are you so concerned? And then... He says because the man she's supposed to testify against is now free and he can come out and get her. Yeah. So, like, I, there are some great moments here where, like, she could easily... She could easily be, like, too panicky and give it up. She's just good at this. Like, this is where you actually see the, um, she's backed into a corner and she lies well. Mm-hmm. She does it well in these The seats. better performance from Sarah Michelle Gellar in terms of playing Bridget playing Siobhan. Yeah, and but she doesn't and have so, to really doesn't have to really be spawned like in her societal world. Yeah, and it, it ends with him just saying like the bottom line is she's not getting far, gonna go far away either way. Like he's trying to say like at the end of the day she's not gonna get far either if it's me or this guy that catches her. We have to find her, and you have this look when you see Sarah Michelle Gellar's face where she just is like, I don't know what to tell you. Like I, have, I know nothing about this, and I that, that the back and forth is kind of plain. But it's all in her delivery, where she is just very confidently Siobhan in these scenes. 
And I just wish there was more of that throughout the other uh, scenes because, like, it doesn't really come across like she's pretending to be someone different when she's pretending to be Bridget Siobhan. Mm-hmm. But him, I think it's important. This is why I think there should have been more of the Bridget slave involved in uh-huh. this because he knew what Bridget was like, so she has to pretend to be a little more different than mm-hmm. normal. It also seems like, and this is crazy considering Sarah Michelle Gellar's past in soap operas, she's more comfortable in these scenes with him, the less soapy scenes, yes. honestly. Which, yeah, honestly, for it being such a soap opera star, that's kind of wild. Yeah. But, yeah, so she she then goes off to meet um, Palaha. Um, well, she drops the gun, gun off at the work site. I should mention that, too. Mm-hmm. That's, like, a, another red herring where it's, like, you don't know what's happening with this gun. Yeah. She brings it's the gun It's Chekhov's to the work gun, site. obviously. In case it's you, so weird, In, in case too, you like, couldn't tell from the previous scenes with it, it is Chekhov's gun. <laughs> and, and she continues her... Her history now of hiding it in places that are the worst possible place to hide a gun, which is under a newspaper. Not even, like, a full newspaper. Like, a piece of newspaper page. She puts a gun under that. Like, a strong breeze would reveal this gun. Again, smart twin, dumb twin. <laughs> yeah. So she brings the gun to the place, puts it under a newspaper. Oh. On the newspaper, one more thing. a moment where she reads it. Like, oh my God, I wanted to note from the Nessa Carbonell scene, mm-hmm. uh, it deserves a trophy for the empty cup awards, because his coffee oh cup is God. so empty. It's yeah. hilarious. Yes. Just and put then, water in these cups, people. That's what I gotta it's do. It's not hard. It's not hard. But so she, <laughs> the funny thing for her, too, is that she, when she's putting the gun under the newspaper page, again, one single page, the page happens to read that uh, body woman's body blah, blah, woman's body washes ashore, mm-hmm. and she has this like haunted look, like oh my god, it's her. Whereas it's like Chabon's read... plan worked, obviously. Yeah, right. And then later on, you see that it's like some sixty-three-year-old woman who's identified, and she's like, oh, but like she almost got caught, which is like again, if you know her body's gonna potentially wash on shore, what are you doing sticking around? Caught like cash your stocks out. Take it apart. There's like, plenty of bank. stuff you could have sold from that Hamptons house. I mean, test the waters and see if you can take it. I mean, large we want to, obviously this is a different show, but like, I feel like these things should have been thought about at least. But like, I get what you, I get where maybe they're trying to make her nicer than that. Like, doing that will be a very cold act where she wants to know like later on. I mean, but dude, you want to survive? You're on the run. You got you do what you got to do. Siobhan knows. Yeah. See, Siobhan knows that. <laughs> and it is. It is. Before she finds out Siobhan was going to get killed. So this is all in the time where she should have been doing that quick, like, runaway. Mm-hmm. Because it is, it's not really fair to these people. I don't know. It's just bizarre that she thinks she can just, like, be a part of their lives. It's just so strange. I don't know. To this day, it's, like, the weirdest thing in the world. But so she she, she drops the gun off, um, ends things with Henry. She goes to, like, a hotel where there's just a meeting. Yeah, and, and he's, she's like, I'm not here Henry. for sex. And he's like, well, I am. Shut up, Henry. Fuck off. He's such a creep. She's done. Um, she also, um, yells at the daughter, or well, Yoan y- 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 yells at the daughter, but she's there with him. He's like, what the hell are you doing? You got kicked out of another place. He drops down the reason she got kicked out, and, like, Lily puts down, like, a bottle of Coke, I think is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, and that's actually, course- so this after, so, she, well, Bridget gets home, and she learns that Siobhan was four weeks pregnant. Right. And then, uh, I guess, it seems like Andrew hears, because he walks in. And he reacts as though he hears. And then there are more mirrors. And then we have the mirrors, we have yeah. Andrew's phone call where he calls off whatever he's calling off, which sounds like he's calling up the hit on her. Because But there is that scene, too, like where he first shows her the reason that she got kicked out being the, the coke. Mm-hmm. That's what I want more of, because there's this like long push well, shot. Of, yeah, like, that's after he, call, he calls off the thing. He goes that and then. Oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, okay. yeah. But the, that shot, 
she clearly looks like he doesn't realize that he's basically like putting a, a loaded gun on the, on the table. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't realize like she's an addict and like that is basically the worst possible thing you could just throw in front of her. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I mean maybe the other episodes kind of go into it more, but I wish there had been more to do with like how actually like having drugs in the house is a problem for her, which is why she says like she can't stay here or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But like you know, I I wish that like in general, I, I wish there had been a little more time spent on that, because I feel yeah. like that's actually where the conflict really comes into play of, like, she's clearly not Siobhan, and these are problems she's bringing to the table that Siobhan didn't have. Mm-hmm. When she's normally just as Siobhan, she's such a, like, milquetoast, like, bland personality as Bridget, that she never has any problems with any of Siobhan's lifestyle. Like, she never bumps up against anything that, like, doesn't go her way. Mm-hmm. Whereas normally in these these movies, like, even something as simple as, like, the parent trap, like, having to be, pretending to be British all the time, when you say something British and you're acting like you're American... Yes, you gave me a it's fright. immediately... Yes, you, you gave me such a fright. Like, that immediately becomes, like, this big, massive, like, you know, like, what a... I love that movie so fucking much. But, like, <laughs> what a meaty scene based off, you gave me such a fright. Like, that's such an, a bland statement. But when you really, like, interrogate it, everything starts to crumble. So, like, these scenes where she reacts so strongly to the cocaine should be like, whoa, why are you reacting like this? And then she should admit that she's a, a drug addict, but then he'll be like, I've known you for years, you've never said this. That's where she, like, I want the, the struggle to become her having to, like, pretend like she's not an addict, and then, like, it's too much, and then she's, like, hiding the addiction, or trying to pretend like she's been an addict this whole time, and then the fallout from that, that she's never told him that. Like, little things like that would be way better to me. Mm-hmm. Especially because now she's quote-unquote pregnant mm-hmm. would make the conflict of her having to s- stay away from the drugs mm-hmm. that much more intense. Yeah, as we all know, just being pregnant doesn't stop any, like, uh, substance abuse issues you have. Of course! Yeah. So it's like, I really want to see how, like, wow, I better keep this stuff away from me. It's not going to get me, like, hooked on it again. And he has... I mean, just, yeah. Instead, like... it's like another thing she's now completely over. She's like a superhero. I mean, you know? yeah, one of the first scenes in Sons of Anarchy is Jax's, like, uh, pregnant girlfriend who is, like, she's shooting up even though she's, like, nine months pregnant. So, like, yeah, being pregnant doesn't just stop that, that very terrible addiction. And that's the thing. You give this character an addiction problem, but it's not so much a problem. Which It's just, like, which when, when It's such a heightened drama. You It's kind of the, part of the fun of it. You could have that be part of it. It's a character trait for her, basically. It amounts to her having, like, blonde hair. And then, then, like, you know, she says something and her hair starts growing in too blonde. And they're like, this is suspicious. It's like, no, that should be a major factor. It should it should play on the fact that, like, she now has to adjust her lifestyle because she's being surrounded by drugs. Because, there. yeah, as we see, she's, like, really all in on the program. But right. we also see she's only six months sober, which means it should be a lot more struggling. And I wish, I think you mentioned I mean, before that... I say only, that which is still a big deal, but, like, it's still a, a big struggle. Yeah. And also, like, you mentioned before that there's some crossover between this and elementary, but I've mentioned that before. Elementary is so heavily involved in the AA work of it all that, like, it becomes a major plot device. And not, like, I mean, maybe some people will have issues with it. I have no idea. But I just mean, like, they make the fact that Sherlock is an addict part of the plot. Like, that's how he meets Joan. Like... I want, there's okay, it's okay to, you know, she's got a serious addiction problem, let's talk about it. Like, instead, it's kind of, like, it's just one other thing she has to, like, 
like smush under her wig. Like it just is not. It's not realistic that it wouldn't become an issue eventually. Because if it comes an issue for like, if you know she can't drink, why can't you say like she also can't have be around drugs at all? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just weird. It's like another. It's another like, you know, Chekhov's gun of it all, where we think that's going to be a thing, and I mean maybe it comes back that I didn't see, but it certainly doesn't seem like it ever becomes an issue long term. Despite the fact that that should be... You set up someone who's an addict. You set up that Juliet is a recreational drug user and has been kicked out of several schools. That's an easy conflict of interest. Which, even if it's only a couple episodes in arc, it's something. Like, instead she just is like, oh, it's just like one other thing I'm better at now. Which is just like, she seemed to have such a hard life as Bridget, yet she seems to have no problems anymore now that she's quote-unquote Siobhan. Which I just, I want more of the you know, Bridget's bad behavior and bad choices to keep flooding into Siobhan's life now. Yeah. And they're not. She just, it's like almost like she treats, I mean, maybe realistically, mm-hmm. she treats Siobhan's life that she's taken over as her fresh start. But, like, I wish she would just talk about that more then because maybe it would make more sense why she's not doing these things suddenly mm-hmm. that normally she's been haunted by. Mm-hmm. And from what we understand, it's only recently overcome addiction she's only like several like a year sober right yeah. if that I, it's six, I, I believe it's six months but like she could have been in the program longer and had a relapse maybe but relapse you yeah. could never really tell that's, that's the other thing it's definitely hinted that she's been stripping and, and doing that stuff for quite a long time mm-hmm. so I don't think this is the sort of thing that she just turned on one day but yeah. I don't know anyway so she's pregnant that the, the coke is reintroduced into their life and uh, Yohan is also there when she reveals she's pregnant. So it's, it's understood that he hears her. Because he does, she does say later, he, now he that definitely, the baby's He here. definitely reacts when he walks into the room. Because she says later, now that the baby's coming, I can't have the drugs in the house. So he definitely hears some of it. Yeah, and yeah. then um, we just, Gemma yeah, calls her. They don't actually her. have a scene where they, like, they talk about it until she's, she brings up. Because she says... Later on. She, tries, yeah. she says that Juliet can't live here. Because she clearly... She doesn't want to deal with that on top, because she, you know, she went into the, the gun scarf drawer. <laughs> so she doesn't want to deal with her accidentally finding her out. Because she can't hide things properly, but... <laughs> yeah. So, but we also find out that some kids, which again is extremely happy coincidence, broke into a locker at the bus station that that, that uh, Bridget had put all her stuff in, and found it and told the cops. You know how said, kids okay, are always I'm... breaking into lockers at bus stations? And then turning it over to police? Like, what? Like, but, you're so... doing crime. Why are you... What? She would. They would have kept all of it. It's just stupid, but whatever. So she, he, they take the stuff, they, um, maybe they got caught while they were doing it. They don't say that part, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So he, they turned it in and then it's like all of her stuff. And he's like, she was lying to me. Um, because she, it says the letter that Siobhan yeah, originally yeah. sent to her in response to her making amends. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, dude, I mean, I would easily, I was like ready to start lying back to him, even though I'm not her, but he's like, she, she said that they hadn't spoken in years. I'm like, um. I wrote to her. That's not speaking. <laughs> That's all I would have to say. And he'll be like, oh, I see what you mean. But I guess he's trying to say, like, they haven't spoken in ever. Yeah, like, they haven't interacted, yeah. Life. But it's still a heavy ask. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, You don't yeah. know what was in that letter. It's probably all past tense anyway, so I don't know. Uh-huh. She probably should have been more forthright yeah. or whatever. But she gets a phone call from Gemma yeah. and says, meet me at the loft in an hour, yeah. which is the new uh, apartment, which is where mm-hmm. we're now back to the immediate res opening of her being... Um, attacked by the guy. Mm-hmm. She starts screaming, you have the wrong girl, I'm not Bridget. And then grabs, remembers that she put the gun under the thin newspaper covering that the guy still didn't see. Grabs the gun, screams, I'm not Bridget, and shoots him. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. And then we do get the, hello, we have a problem. 
basically. Like yes, uh, from the actual Savan and a very like a simple favor as scene. Also, more mirrors. Oh, is that actually Siobhan? That's, that's the last thing, yeah. That's Siobhan. Uh, see what I'm talking about, though? Like, that's still too vague to me. Really? Not much of a difference. <laughs> it makes sense, but I thought, like, she went back to the house afterwards and then called somebody. That makes way more sense. Okay. So that, oh my god. But that's what I'm talking about. It's it's not super clear. I, I need something that tells you that she's not the real Siobhan. Like, something very small. Like, she puts on a certain shade of lipstick. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's some stupid like He's, that. like, lounging in a way Bridget doesn't lounge. Yeah, I guess so. But it's it's makes way more sense. He's lounging and mirrors. <laughs> and then she's just like, we have a problem. So it's basically revealed that she's the person who tried to take out the sister. Dun, dun, dun. Slash herself? Well, well no. That's what, well, that's what it seems like. That's, it's, it's unclear. It's not her. Because the mystery but, is, who is trying to kill Siobhan slash... Yeah, uh, is and we do see after she shoots him, shoots the guy. She grabs from him. somehow she knows to look in his pocket, and there's like a labeled picture of her and it says Sh- with Siobhan some masking tape. Uh, Martin. This is Siobhan Martin, so, no, take- which is not how hitmen work, but okay. Uh, maybe a bad but, hitman. Yeah. I mean, she killed him. <laughs> it's labeled with her name on tape. Like, he's he's clearly a bad hitman. I know, I know. That's fair because he didn't even know she was coming. Uh, that is one of those scenes where I'm like, what the fuck am I seeing? Him like stumbling around but in yeah. the dark, like you're a hit. Like I can't even blame it. Like the last thing on your face point is because like it's the same actress playing twins. <laughs> no, I know, right? I get it. Makes more sense when they're saying it, but like it is such a. I honestly, I needed more of a dramatic turn. I don't know. Like it's just like you know, I. I almost wish. Here's what I wish. Instead of her putting the engagement ring in the pill bottle, she should have gone overboard with it. And then when she comes back, she has it on again. And you know it's really her. That's all you need. Something simple like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this is clearly actually Siobhan versus the fake Siobhan. Mm-hmm. Because she, she'll have to come back and be like, I lost my ring in the Hamptons. Whoops. And then it's the whole thing where she's lost her ring, lost her ring. And then it's like a whole big reveal that mm-hmm. she's got the ring and it's actually her. But no, it's stupid. But anyway, it's just my own, like, ineptitude that I didn't follow that. But whatever. But then, okay, we can move on to episode 12. This one, I feel like there's a little more to actually talk about, but it'll be a insane. lot more. It's It's like it's very scattershot. So if this seems unintelligible yeah. to I, talk about, I'm sorry. I still have to reveal things to you that are not revealed in this episode. They're you're, you're gonna lose your mind. Oh my god! So if this comes across unintelligible, it's because it's like honestly, at times it's just a series of of shorts uh, that are all connected that have almost nothing to do with each other. At times. So like I told you, like episode. Four or five. Gemma knows the truth about Bridget. She, like, tell, yes, yeah, she tells Gemma. Um, also, by this point in the show, R.I.P. Gemma. Yeah, she gets killed. Yeah, she is killed in episode ten. Yeah, t- episode ten. Why? Episode ten is, is the is the like uh, winter finale. So, is it because she knows or something else? Uh, let's see. First, by someone who is working for uh, Siobhan. But he doesn't, she doesn't want him to kill Gemma. Oh, Delario. Yeah, yeah. The one that I keep talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I feel like that doesn't really explain a yeah. ton, but alright. It Sure. Yeah, I think she wanted her to, him to kill uh, Bridget, honestly. Oh, so he accidentally killed... Wait, what? No, he, he kidnaps Gemma and kills her. Oh, but so he why does he kill why does he kidnap her then? She knows too much. 
That's literally it. Okay. Yeah. But then Siobhan hired him to do that? Uh, to kill uh, Bridget, not not Gemma. I'm so, I'm so, I feel like it makes even less sense. So he, he kidnaps her because she knows too much and then kills her? Yes. And then even also though, he's gonna... Even though Siobhan told him not to kill her. But she knows too much, so oh, he does it anyway. He killed, I thought you meant like he killed, okay, I know it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. And then she, apparently he, she shoots him. Mm-hmm. And kills him. Yeah. Because we'll get to the scene later on that I loved where it was so convoluted that they had Nestor... Literally writing down the plot. Oh, yes, I, I love that. <laughs> he has to. Let, he has like, to... guys, just an idea of how crazy this episode's gonna get. They have one of the Which main also... characters writing down the plot in like sentence format so that you can keep track of what's I going on. I can't remember. I think understand. maybe the previously explaining it started like uh, when it came back in January. Maybe I. Which, by the way, when it came back in January, guess who was in an episode? Match and Amic, friend of the show. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ. Imagine Amic is in everything, I swear to fucking god. How is she in everything and nothing at the same time? Oh, Imagine. Okay, so, Imagine Amic. But so she, she starts this episode, re- recap, I'm, I, my notes start like, recap is I'm further away from any answers okay, on what's going uh, on the let's show. Let's see. So, first of all, this is the story of two sisters who share the same face. That's what twins are. Like, I love it. Like this is the story of two sisters picked to live in a house. Wait, I can't... picked to live in a house. <laughs> Wait, what is it? Sister, sister. <laughs> Can we play the sister sister theme song at some point during this? Also, I was because I was I recently wrote a, a definitive list ranking all the TGIF shows, which should be up soon, and it's actually. It, I hope people get into fights about it, um, but. Yeah. I was reading about Sister Sister, and it's like talking about how the later seasons, like, uh, you know, they, they finally differentiated their style, uh, their style, and it was like, what was it, um, one of them stopped wearing the fake mole that they, they both, like, was, because one of them actually has a mole, the other yes. one doesn't, and that, that was part of it. Wow. But that's what I want. Like, give me a mole. <laughs> give me Sandwich Together with a mole. I'm, t- I'm so serious, though. Like, give me yes. a mole. T- Tamara that's actually has a mole, but they made them both have moles on the show. Because... When I said, like, there's a difference between the way that, that um, Blake Lively looks from her twin in A Simple Favor, I, I might have mentioned the fact that, like, yes, she is, like, clearly, like, lived a life, but, like, I honestly think it's also, like, they, they purposely make her look a little different. Like, I they are twins. It's her playing her, I think. I don't even know who's playing her. I think it's Yeah, it's Blake, Blake Lively, Lively yeah. <clears throat> but, like, give her, like, a scar or, like, a rugged I mean, lip or something. Like, something that happened. I mean, like, how we... In- Vampire Diaries, we always used to joke, of course, you know, well, well, Catherine right. has uh, the curly hair. Well, not, not the red streak yet. No, 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 we're not red streak. But no, Catherine has oh, yeah, curly yeah. hair. Elena has straight hair. But then it became yeah. one of those things where, like, they were literally straight in Catherine's hair, and then you just had, just physicality was how you were able to tell, if you were able to tell, really. But it was always, like, Nina Dobrev, honestly. I mean, that, that's, she's on I, her own level. Again, I, don't, I, mean, I, don't, I know people throw around Tatiana yeah. Maslany, but, like, I'm telling you, Nina Dobrev... I, I'm not, I, I think Dino Brown is like a really good actress, and like even before Vampire Diaries, no one would ever say that. But I'm not saying she's a better actress than Sarah Michelle Gellar, but what she did as both Catherine and Elena is on an, another level. Well, the physicality itself—I mean, she had weaker uh, sections where she wasn't as good in other stuff. But like, I think that like specifically for the physicality between always... the two of those is one of those things like you stumble across like a character that really takes advantage of Jeff Goldblum's st- like stammering. 
that's just a different type of character. Like, if you give someone, like, the right mm-hmm. vibe that fits their personality, it's like, oh, this is the level they can aspire to suddenly? Like, you could be a really good actor until you're given the role of a lifetime. You won't know it exactly how far the range really goes. Mm-hmm. Because Again, suddenly it's like, Blake Whoa. Lively in a simple favor. Yeah, she was born to play that role. Like, her taking off it's like, that outfit. Oh, this is the... what happens when she has great direction. Right, like, this is what it's like when she takes off the, the fucking outfit to just wear the vest and it's like a casual scene that's insane this is maybe the best thing i've ever seen her do and honestly the scene of them in the park where she's like uh like don't sell yourself short baby and stuff like that like Uh, i'm telling you uh, what did you call her baby jesus christ i know it's like i'm telling you like that's the kind of thing where she could have said this is like sacrilegious me like thirsting over blake lively but but jesus christ if you've not seen a simple favor right i mean go see a simple favor but also just like that's another example, though, of, like, she could have said the same, like, sentences and lines on Gossip Girl, and it would not have been delivered the same way. It's because he was capturing her in this, like, honestly, it sounds really weird, but, like, the posture of her on in that movie, in that, like, I think when she's standing up, it's as if someone, like, grabbed her shoulders and held her back a little bit so that she was, like, almost, like, jutting her chest out. That's, like, the vibe she gives off, and you need someone who has that vibe. I almost feel like Sarah Michelle Gellar is too, like mousy even when she's playing Siobhan you need yeah, Siobhan to be I, I, a I, lot bitchier even in the first scene I'm like this is actually Siobhan right it is and I just didn't wasn't feeling it yeah because I guess maybe we're supposed to believe oh she's softer with uh Henry but I also like really don't buy it yeah and for those of you who haven't seen Vampire Diaries or a Simple Favor we're basically just describing the difference between like like um, the difference between, between me and you is I have gla- I have class and you don't. Like that's the scene the, you need in this, basically. There's no moment in Ringer where I ever think, oh, it's. Uh, I wonder if they couldn't get the actress who plays Siobhan for this scene. It's like, oh wait, it's the same actress. Yes. It literally in Vampire Diaries, it got insane to the point where it was like, oh, there's no Catherine. I guess they couldn't afford the actress. Wait. Your brain would <laughs> wait start to second. think like, wait, they're two different people. Like they're not constantly the same person. And honestly, another person who's highly underrated in this sense, too, which I think is kind of a laugh, but, like, to be honest, true, is Army Hammer in The Social Network. Like, that's another mm-hmm. character who is very plain and boring on their own. And together, they're also pretty fucking plain and boring, but you can always usually tell the difference between the two of them to some degree. I mean, they're probably playing, like, a lot doofier than normal, but, like, at the same time, you can at least tell, like, he's making choices to be different when they're together. You can tell which is which. You're never, like, which one is this? And, I mean, maybe that's, like, on the air of, like, maybe a little too close to, like, being similar. But at least, like, he's giving you a different physicality than you are from, like, one and the other. Like, they're not making the same choices on how they stand. They're not making the same choices in how they act. Like, they work as a team, so maybe it's a little more convoluted in that sense. I almost feel like that's part of the problem for this, is that, like, they want to Bridget and Siobhan to be kind of, like, on the same side for some of it. Whereas, like, I need them to basically be enemies, pretty much from start to finish but yeah anyway so so yeah so he we entered we recap over kind of we'll kind of get into more of the flashback stuff as we go on but pretty uh, much yeah it's she uh, runs into blaha and then says we're broken up we're done this is over wait 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 uh, let's go back to the previous season real quick right yeah this is our two sisters who share the same face uh i thought <laughs> i was safe turns out i was wrong and she says that like in a different way later uh, two in, in the previously she says a different version of I thought I was safe or I like I thought I would be safe and then it's like you just said that in with less words really yeah and, and but then based on the previously so here's what we've missed in the in the eleven episodes between um so it turns out that Detective Jimmy was on the take 
Um, let's see. Then we have Juliet's uh, teacher. She's in public school now. Jason Doring, who she accused of, well, they never say the R word, so sexual assault. Yeah, that's um, a really major, like, failing. We'll get to this whole plot in a little well, bit, they, but they, it's a major they failing. Ne- they never say the R word. It's, um, it's insane. And then, and then also there's Chris Palaha's uh, post-pilot hair growth. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's because he's artsy, but yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm not a fan of the- He's giving him a haircut. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah, so we have uh, Bridget. This episode starts with Bridget on the phone with uh, Luke Cage, Malcolm, because he she's still keeping him in the loop, even though I can imagine him being like, "Don't tell me these things. I want nothing to do with this." I just I don't know. It's just not good. I think him his scenes are especially annoying because he's so boring. As it's a one of those things. If the show if the show had gone on, he would have like been written off. Yeah, clearly, one hundred percent. Um, but so she's like, you know, we're broken it's like, up, it's no, over. No offense to Mike Coulter, but like he would have been written off. Yeah, I mean, she left Wyoming. What, what more can you do? At least Nestor uh, somehow has the ability to like pick up and move. He's oh, yeah, they would have They would have made him a love interest in season two. Probably. <laughs> it's one of those things where, yes, you're, you're kind of competent, but also maybe you should fuck one of them <laughs> to be part of the action. Uh... But yeah, uh, as she says on the phone with Malcolm, she's trying to help Juliet post sexual assault, which uh, and it, it seems, and we'll see later. It seems like they're actually her and Juliet are in a good place now. Although obviously it's because she's Bridget and not Siobhan. Um, let's see. So meanwhile, the real Siobhan <laughs> is with Henry, and she's telling him a version of the truth. It's just it's not the full truth yet. Because no. By this point, so uh. Bridget Siobhan, like, Bridget had to reveal that there's two of them, basically. It got to that point. So, Henry and Andrew know that she is a twin. They know that. But obviously, they do not know the the, the body swapping of everything. Um, at this point, also, she's quote-unquote had a miscarriage. So, Henry thinks, she, like, Siobhan's had a miscarriage. Whereas, as we know, Bridget was never actually pregnant. <laughs> so, he was just, you know, faking and then faked the miscarriage. So, ah, so this is where it gets confusing. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is the real Siobhan. She's with Henry. And so he's thinking, she, she hasn't told him, like, oh, my sister took my spot. So she, he's thinking all the stuff that's happened with, like, Bridget and Siobhan, he's thinking that's her. Like, he is thinking, so he's wanting to know why she's been so weird. Why she tried to cut up, call it off. You know, everything's been so weird. Also, and then the miscarriage. But... Based on the scene, she's like, I'm actually in love with you. And, yeah. And, I have, oh, I've got it. The scene hurts my head, honestly. Yeah, because also she says something along the lines of like, well, he, he says to her, I'm sorry about the miscarriage. And she looks at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, still pregnant. Yeah, in her mind, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, miscarriage. And then she, it's a very odd scene because it ends with her basically like being like, hey, listen, I love you. I know that I did this on purpose. Let's meet tomorrow at our place. Like, what? Like, that's so yeah. weird to, like, abruptly end this, like, intense conversation with, the, like, I'll the, see you tomorrow again. Yeah. Based on the full episode, like, we are, I think she does love him. I just never buy it at any point. Yeah. And also, like, the weird thing of, like, her ending it by saying, like, let's meet tomorrow at our place is so abrupt in a weird way. Like, honestly, it, it, it should have oh, yeah. been the conversation right afterwards. Like, if you need me to prove this to you, I'll meet you tomorrow. I have to go home. I can't take this anymore. Instead, she's and, just like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, 
what he, a big he does conversation bring up something. Is. He does bring up something that obviously um, Bridget wouldn't know, but Siobhan does know, so that's how you know. And it's like their word jumble secret language thing, which becomes important later in the episode, too. Yeah, well, I mean, quote-unquote important. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, important, it's like, it's like the Veronica Mars um, putting things in the air vents things, where, like, yeah, eventually other comes yeah, is, yeah. Very, very um, But yeah, this is where I wrote my notes, like, there's, uh, which we've talked about a bunch, there's not enough difference between, like, this character I do, and can we, Bridget, like, yeah. for a second to go on a, a minor diversion, I do think that's what I'm talking about, like, the, the sophistication of Veronica Mars, where the air vent thing is such a one-off thing that at first you think, okay, this is something that, that Veronica was told by Lily. Then we know that Veronica does it still occasionally, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then, like, days, like, episodes pass, we find out Logan that Logan does it. Does it and then she, well, no, no, no. From... But so she says to Logan, like, did you learn that from Lily? And he says, Lily learned that from me. And then Duncan is like, I think Duncan tries to take credit for it, too. It was like, Duncan, no one believes you. I don't know. That, well, that definitely there's a scene where Logan learned learned it originally from something. Well, no, 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 because uh, it's like when they're making on the pool house, and she's like, "You learned that from Lily." He's like, "No, Lily learned, learned that, that from me. me." And that's when the the key breaks. And then she sees the tapes, and then in the finale, Duncan uh, is like, "She sometimes air stuff uh, left stuff in the air vents," and like, and Frank is like, "Of course, I know." Right. Yeah. But that's where it's like that's I think. But that's... and then Duncan taught Meg also. Exactly. So, like, it becomes yeah. a thing where, like, that's such a small, itty-bitty character detail, but then it becomes, like, this whole fucking thing. It's like, integral. And, yes. Yeah, it's the only reason Aaron even finds out the, where the tapes are, although he's slightly late, and that's why he has to go... Spoilers for Veronica Mars, he has to get into Veronica's backseat, because he had even... He's at the Echo... Um, sorry, he's at the Kane party, and he's about to steal the tapes, but Veronica's there and with Duncan in Lily's room, so right. that's why he's not able to steal the tapes. So good. But that's what I'm talking about. Or, like, like little things like that where it's, like, I just want, like, something that small that, like, carries over, but they don't really do a ton of that. It's just sort of just, like, oh, by the way, boom, this whole big thing has changed. But there's just no, like, character beats that, that carry out throughout. I don't know. But so she... I mean, wait till I reveal the things you don't know. I guess, or I'm trying to think of other, like, it just also reminds me of something like, like, Francie on Alias, where, like, give me something where she's suddenly eating uh, ice cream or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I want in something of, like, a subtle but, like, major or whatever. I, what I mean, thing for yes, Francie not liking coffee ice coffee cream ice is just cream. something we, we knew about her, and then it happened. Talk about a, a one, like, a one-off little joke that ends up being, like, a major plot point. That's what, that's all you need. I don't need something sophisticated. It's, it's just as like, simple as that. A little moment where at one point... Sydney's uh, uh, having ice cream and it's like, uh, what kind is it? It's coffee. Like, I hate coffee ice cream. And that's all you need to know. Because then when it comes back to haunt her, it's the one, it's like, you know, you would never think like, oh, what's it going to matter if she doesn't like coffee ice cream and she's suddenly eating coffee ice cream. It's like, well. And you're like, mm, so good. It's, it's like, just, no. a, it's just a little, little like, huh. Like a little wrinkle that now she has to figure out. And then it starts to like unravel everything. So I mean, as we all know, Francie was wrong for not liking coffee ice cream, but still, it was very important. I'm with Fran. I'm with Francie on that. <laughs> coffee ice cream is great. I've never had coffee, and that's the only kind of coffee I've had is uh, a bite of coffee ice cream, which was not good. Well, so it just well, that's not gonna do anything that you will like at all. No, I know. All right, so so she. Um, but yes. Do we need anything more of the recap, or we can just kind of go forward from there? Well, she we're past the recap. We are. We're past the recap. We uh, so Henry, they have their scene. We're confused, and then so simultaneously, Bridget is returning to the penthouse, mm-hmm. 
And this is where we hear this awful cover of Tainted Love. And it's it another is terrible. scene where we again think, I love that we picked the two a- episodes of the show where again yeah. she walks in, it looks like it's being telegraphed Which makes like sense also. Like, like father, like mother, like daughter, honestly. Yes. Um, so uh, she gets home and she's, of course she thinks it's Juliet. And then Juliet shows up like two seconds later and like, don't look at me. I was in a double feature. Which I love. Been there. Been there, Juliet. And then um, she walks together look- to the final. Which I was like, listen, you should not like let this this daughter walk in like she's going to see her father having an affair, but whatever. She like lets it, her walk with affair, her. It wasn't an affair last time, so. I know, I but not. like, you don't know what's going on. Like, it's just, there's like weird noises and like music or something. You're like, what's really, going on? A really, really bad cover of Tainted Love. Like, yeah. And like broken play, wine glasses put, again. Put some of that in the po- episode because people need to hear how bad no, it is. No, I'm not putting That's disgusting. <laughs> but just. Put it, put it I'll in link the to it. Episode. I'll link to the actual song we found it. But so, at well, the end of this episode, it's going to be the Sister Sister theme song, obviously. <laughs> um, sister Sister! Okay, so she. She I sees you Juliet's mom that. in the bathtub. Yes, Catherine. Catherine. Played by. Uh, Andrea Roth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, what do you? What, it's, it was my bathtub first. Like very like that's the vibe yeah. I want Siobhan to what's have. Your, what's your problem, Siobhan? Yeah, that's why I wanted Siobhan to be like that the whole time. This woman is giving me exactly what I need this is, from yeah, Siobhan. This is, Catherine's character is like this is what Siobhan's me. And Catherine's like Catherine is amazing. And we'll I, I've talked to this to you about this before about how Rigor had secret lesbians. Catherine is one of those secret lesbians. Wait, is she? Yes. Okay. So. We have no, seen no episode, unfortunately, in these two with Jamie Murray, who is uh, Andrew's uh, business partner. But it, Secret Murray. Lesbians, final episode of. Yeah, uh, so. Uh, final episode, Secret Lesbians revealed is Catherine and uh, Jamie Murray's character, Olivia. They are in love. Interesting. You would never know. And they're also masterminding everything, which is a lot being masterminded that you don't even know about yet. Oh my god, I can't wait. I cannot wait to- we gotta- we gotta- I'm like running through this episode. I wanna get to these yes. spoilers. <laughs> so then, she's like basically the Siobhan we wanted, where she's just like, oh, it's you. Uh, what are you worried about this bathtub? It was mine first anyway. You, it's very much would, like- You would think that she's the one who says, what are you doing here? Oh my god. She's not. So, we mentioned before, the episode is titled, What Are You Doing Here, comma, Hobag. Yeah, every I, episode besides the pilot is, like, a line of dialogue that the And is. I swear to God, I, I, the entire episode from start to finish, I was waiting for that line to get dropped, and I kept expecting it to come from her mouth. So I was, like, on the edge of my seat for the entire episode. Like, I, there were always, like, catty, like, conversations happening, and I'm like, oh, 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 here it comes, and then it wasn't it, and I was like, oh. And, uh, spoiler alert, it comes at the very fucking last two lines of the show. So it's like, God. But yeah, so she she's there in the bathtub. Um, Yoan is seeing a, a lawyer about apparently like we kind of got that little bit of a flashback, but it's basically the um, the teacher who well Jason Doring we find out later on uh, the mm-hmm. teacher who uh, was uh, who assaulted Juliet is you know uh, claiming he didn't do it, so he's had to speak to a lawyer about how to press mm-hmm. charges. Um, also, he makes a, a comment about how he, how he has a thing for Martha Stewart, and I wrote in my notes, what? ew, ew. I, didn't, I don't remember that, that scene. You know, That's I, gross. I wrote that line because I'm like, this isn't... Why would you admit that, first yeah, of all? Yeah, honestly. But yeah, funny. I also wrote in my notes, they're all caps, believing women. Jesus. That stuff, uh, we'll get to this, this that whole like plot yeah. line, it's disgusting. Uh, also worth noting, uh, Juliet is on good terms with uh, quote-unquote Siobhan now, but then here comes Hurricane Catherine. Yeah. 
so then the two of them are kind of like, uh, and then, so after Yohan leaves for his lawyer, um, they, there's more like, you know, we can kind of jump ahead here and there because some of these- Let's not jump ahead because this is, this episode is very confusing as well, is. Well, no, not jump ahead, but like, I mean, like, we're going to talk about some stuff that might bleed through several scenes because mm-hmm. it's hard to tell where it starts and finishes in my head. Like, it all just happens in a jumble. Um, yeah, uh, when I say, like, Bridget, like, well, Bridget is obviously uh, on better terms now with, like, she's about to make her, bre- like, pancakes for breakfast, and Julia is literally down for it until her mom's like, nope, I'm taking you out to breakfast, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, you almost had a nice moment. And we have been to- told in the flashbacks that Siobhan has now re-entered their lives based off of that, like, fla- that last scene and, like, mm-hmm. several flashbacks is that Siobhan is back in the mix, but not, like... She's back in the mix, but not, not really. publicly oh, at all. She's only revealed herself to Henry, but he thinks she's she's still Bridget. the one who is with Andrew anyway, yes. She thinks that he... I don't know what he even thinks. Like, he doesn't even seem to be like, are you okay? Like, he's just like, what are you <laughs> talking about? She doesn't think that she has, like, a multiple personality. I know, like, you should be, like, concerned, capital C, that she's, like, saying that she's a different person. Uh, whatever. But so he's like the only person she's revealed to. She's just like lurking. In the background, we still have this like you know the who done it of like what happened with with the uh, you know the hit and all that stuff where Siobhan um is missing and Bridget is trying to figure out what happened. So Bridget yes. has like called now she a hotel realizes in Paris. Like, Siobhan, she realizes that Siobhan is alive and fake. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't yeah. know what exactly she faked, but she knows something. So she's trying wrong. to find her and be like, "What the hell?" So she calls a hotel in Paris about a bill that happened. Well, they... that is after we have the real Siobhan talking to Justin Bruning in Paris. That's very important. Justin Bruning's part of this now. Well, no, that's after the Siobhan thing happens after. So first she calls the hotel, then she starts mm-hmm. talking about the bill. And then after they they say that they first the, the first guy says, "I can't help you because." I have some bullshit. Like I can't help you. I can't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He transferred her to the concierge. That woman suddenly is able oh, to yeah. help her, but can't look up the actual bill without a credit card or the, the dates that she was there without a credit card. So then, I, I, based on my notes, I think Justin Bruning is first because uh, after that is that she never uses her real name for appointments. Well, that was in the flashback. That was the she in the flashback with her her therapist. Her therapist mentions that you. Yeah, put down but that's Cora. after the first Justin Bruning scene. I don't know. Well, here's my notes. And then afterwards, uh, she calls Sean. Okay, no, you're right. Uh, yeah, the flashback, and then, yeah, because I, I just kind of skipped that part. Right. Yeah. Plus, that's what I'm saying, though. It, like, this whole thing is is cut up by other scenes of Nestor meeting the guy whose gun she took for the cop in jail, but it's, like, almost completely mm-hmm. separate. Well, well, that yeah, we'll get to that, because like that's where I'm going to go on my uh, client list. Oh, my God. It. But there's, like, a complete divide between... Yeah. And, by the way, Justin Bruning's character was introduced in episode three. Oh, jeez. But so he's like the the guy who works with her husband basically, and he's like the European branch yeah. version of her husband. And yeah. so she calls the concierge about it originally, and, they're, and the yeah, concierge so I is guess, like, "I can't uh, look Andrew, that out without a credit card." Yeah. Then she yeah. calls her travel agent, or I guess Andrew's travel agent, says, "Hey, can uh, you?" Oh no, agent, uh, Andrew's assistant. Oh, assistant. Sorry, but she acts like a travel. She's booking stuff for him, and she's like, yeah. "Um." Can you tell me about the time I went to Paris? And she's like, I never have anything about you going to Paris. What are you talking about? And she's like, oh, never mind. That major thing I just told yeah, you Yeah, neither you. No. But he will be going in a few weeks. Do you want me to book with, you? Uh, the head of uh, his, his like, European Paris branch. Whatever. And she's yeah, like, cause oh. they're, so they're bankers. Yeah, because they're bankers. Yeah, they're bankers is what Andrew's role is. And then she and... has like a, a flashback to like when she first introduced herself to him. And he was like, is that yes. why you called yourself Cora? And she's like, what? So at the time, I guess yes. she was like, whoops. 
And so she's like, can you transfer me to Sean to speak to him? She talks to Sean. He's like, why are you calling me my work line? You said never to do that. She's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, um, uh, I'm just calling about that time I spoke to you and you called me Cora. And he's like, yeah, because last time I talked to you before that, you said call me Cora. Yes. Yeah, so when he was introduced <laughs> so uh, in episode three, so Siobhan's been like, she hit out in Paris and then she bumped into uh, Tyler Justin Brunick's character. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's that's why... It's very convoluted. I... And then he's basically yeah. just like, whatever. Then he, like, basically hangs up the phone, calls her cell phone, but calls the real Siobhan, because he thought he was talking to Siobhan, because she introduces yeah. herself to Siobhan. He did say to her, um, did you get your guy, Solomon, that you were looking for last time we spoke? And she's like, oh, no. She, like, basically writes down a major Sharpie, like, Solomon, question mark? <laughs> like, it's, like, a huge clue. Capital C clue. But yeah. So when he calls the real Siobhan, now she knows that obviously Bridget is on looking the, into on things. Her case. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, I it get just, it. It's more confusing. It's, which, again, is why we need an entire scene of Nestor Carbonell writing what is happening on the show. Right, so when I say I'm gonna, we can jump ahead, I mean, that's all three separate scenes that are intercut with just, like, Nestor going to see the cop, so it's, like, Although, useless. that's the end of Justin Brunig, honestly. Yeah, and there's, no, there's nothing more that she even says to him, either. She's just like, alright, thanks for the Solomon clue, I'm gonna go and research that some more, talk to you later, and then Which, the by the way, this episode, and obviously Brunig's in uh, other episodes before this, but, like, this episode is, like, peak uh, kind of plastic CW hot guys, as opposed to, like, the usual CW stable of boys, because you have Bruning, and uh, then you have Brian Hallisey, oh who <laughs> I will go on about. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then, well, we also Oh, mentioned... and also, Justin Bruning, who was, of course, in the Wonder Woman pilot as the love interest for Adrian Palicki. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. um, so when Sean calls the actual Siobhan back, she's at first taken aback, but then she realizes, like we said, that, that Bridge is on her case. And then there's kind of, like, a lurking, like, hmm, she's getting closer. She kind of just says, yes. like, damn it, or something like that, and she just hangs up the phone. Um, yeah. I, I mentioned so, before, Nestor, in the meantime, has gone to visit the cop. Yeah, Detective Jimmy in lockup. Who, cause, uh, he, uh, that bitch took my gun, the one from the, the pilot. Who's yes, says he, so he, yeah, he's been found out, he's, he was on the take, they put him in prison, and so now Nestor has a new partner, mm-hmm. who, like, another fed, played by Brian Hallisey, who was in uh, Privilege, the CW show uh, before. Uh, that CW show before this one season, very good show. Lucy Hale when she was a, a, a still, I think yeah, Lucy Hale was probably still a teenager at that point too. Yeah. Uh, they got they got him young, <laughs> which sounds creepy when I said it like that. Yeah, um, but so, uh, but I just want to be as creepy as he is here. <laughs> and and so um, he doesn't do much with the, with the guy. He just basically well, is like, tell me more. Come on, press yeah, Carmen was like, come on, just like you want to keep getting just, beat up in jail, like that kind of yeah, because. You're, I mean, you're a cop, so you're not going to be... Because he's yeah. a cop in jail. And then when they're leaving, Halsey makes a, a prison rape joke, which is Gross. terrible. Which, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing with Brian Halsey. Let me just, like, try not to shit talk him too much. So he was kind of like... And this will actually all tie together. Um, so we've done Melrose Place 2.0, and one of those... Uh, like, one of the actors in it, like uh, Colin Egglesfield, who played Augie, were like... He's just... He would kind of, again, is that, like, that basic plasticky CW guy who's not like your usual CW stable of boys. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like he, he has a look where, you know, it's, it's almost like a Ken doll. You're just not blonde. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you're really boring, but for some reason, like, you are the main guy and we're just going to deal with that. And that's how Brian Halsey was on Privilege. It's like, really? This is the guy? And, uh, of course, like, they come from soap operas and, like, they can't all be winners because, like, they, they can't all be Justin Hartley, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. So, but my problem with Brian House is it's not covered pose besides the fact I just, like, I didn't like him on the show anyway. Mm -hmm. It comes from the Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, show, The Client List, based on her last TV movie, The Client List, which both, okay, so both male uh, leads on that show were Brian House, who plays her husband, who basically ditches her in the show, and that's why she decides to uh, join the massage parlor for, like, happy ending so she can make money, because he ditches her and the kids, basically. That's how the show starts. And then playing his brother, so her brother-in-law, is Colin Eggersfield, uh, actually. And he actually got to show range, and uh, he, he basically made up for what he was on Marvelous 2.0, which is boring, you know? Mm-hmm. So the story is, Brent House's character bails, he's like, piece of crap, and then the brother comes in, you know, he takes care of the family. It's kind of like a Dan Scott, Keith Scott thing, where Egglesfield's character is like the Keith Scott, and of course, Halsey is the Dan Scott. Uh, the piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Debbie Dad. Um, but then, behind the scenes, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Brian Halsey fall in love. Uh, so, second season of the show, he come, like, basically comes back. They... Despite the fact the show is like building up like this forbidden romance with being like the sister, like like the wife and the brother-in-law, because she is now with Halisay, he's back and it's like we're gonna rekindle this marriage despite the fact you know he just he's failed on his shit. family, yeah. And then they get engaged during oh this time, God. and Jennifer Love Hewitt gets pregnant. So at the end of the season two, it's like wasn't that uh, show about sex work? Yes. So, yeah, not not a great fit, I guess. But it's like, well, the thing is, it's just like, it's rub and tug. So, like, no actual sex is happening what? at the... Yeah. They, the promos for that show really sold it out. That's, that's not but, what it looked like. And I, I was telling you, like, the first season is actually kind of, like, an earnest show about, like, female friendship. And then, like, the second season becomes, like, about the love triangle. And for some reason, it's like, she... her Riley is her character. It's, like getting back together with her terrible husband, even though, you know, the brother is right there, and he's clearly the good guy. He's the Keith Scott, whereas the husband is the dance guy. It's it's very obvious. For some reason, it's becoming a question, like, who will she choose? So, uh, ends in a cliffhanger, Riley is pregnant. Whose baby is it? So, the showrunner wants it to be, of course, uh, Colin Ecclesfield's uh, baby. Like, let Keith Scott win, you know? Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is like, no, my fiancé, who's the actual, you know, my actual baby daddy, he's going to be the father of my child uh, in the show. And basically, the reason the show didn't get renewed for a third season is because they were at an impasse. It was, they were both like, we will walk if it's not this way. She, uh, as executive producer and star, basically threw her weight around. It's like, we're going to do this, even though it was the poor storytelling, just because, you know, he was her fiancé. And they're still married, they have multiple children, so they're, they're happy what together. The fuck? <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, the, he's he's like a also like not great in this either. Like I I can't he's, maybe he's, he's better on that. I just can't no, imagine it not. being worth ruining the show over. Unlike Colin Egglesfield, he has not proven himself as better at acting. No. God, there's a reason why you weren't the main character, dude. All right, well, so after Nestor goes to see the guy, there's also some other scenes where like also by the way, like in my notes, when she calls Sean about the Paris trip and then they call her back. That's when I first realized that there was two of them, and this is the scenes of them being separate people. Because I got all the way into this episode not realizing that she was back yet, by the also, way. Yeah. Also, Henry is following Siobhan, because after their meeting, he still feels something's off. Like, something's off, but not what you now think. Now you're He's stalking her? Yeah. Out. yeah. And then, 
Yeah, she meets with a guy. A shady guy. A, a, about, he's basically like, uh, what the fuck is his name? It, it's, it's one of the Lost Boys from Hook. Oh, is that is that really who it is? Yeah. It's like the main Lost Boy who's not Rufio. It reminds me of, um, what's his name from Angel? Whistler? Whistler. He reminds me of Whistler I, from Angel. I think your thing is that he's just Italian. <laughs> I don't know, but he has like this kind of like, yeah, yeah whatever, well, you know, Whistler see. Was, yeah, Whistler was only in like uh, the, the Buffy, Buffy episodes, episodes becoming, and yeah. then they, they made Doyle instead of Whistler. Yeah. His sidekick, yeah, yeah. Whistler was just like a very like old-timey, like bruised lip, has like a fedora on, giving you like the bad shit. I don't know. It's very funny. It's very odd. I miss Whistler. Classic Whistler. <laughs> but yeah, so he, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like basically just like a they, they, they duck into an alley and he's like yeah I got what you need what do you need it's just like such a classic like it's just I I know he's not played by Max Perlich but like he has just the vibe of that I don't know how to describe it just very like old timey like from the Bronx rough. yeah <laughs> and he has like a package of like uh, fake uh, IDs or like yeah, a passport, passport yeah, yeah. with with Cora Farrell's name on it for Siobhan mm-hmm. So now we see that's why she uses the name Cora. That's her alternate identity, so she can like flee the country. And he's got her the ID she needs to get out. And um, uh, what do you call it? So he she hands over a pile of cash. She says, "Actually, I need you to switch this off and make it this other one." And then she gives him a new name. I forget the name. It's like some bullshit name. It's like you know Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> Not that it is, but something like that. And then really generic, and he's like, oh yeah, whatever you need, I'm just gonna keep giving you fake IDs, I don't give a shit, you're paying me. And she's like, yup. So he leaves to give her the right one, and she, like, in her in a, in a false move by her, she just tosses it in the nearby trash can. Christopher Palaha walks up and grabs it, because, like, you could at least stuff that shit yeah, further he's down. stalker. She should've put it, like, down a sewer or something, at the very least, but she just immediately, like, trashes it. He's such a stalker, he should be in the CBS show, Stalker. Oh my god. And then, so he, she, okay. she goes well, off. Yeah, and now time for the best scene ever. Oh my god. They show up back at the house, it's, you, which, uh, Adina Porter, who's just in one scene as a principal of the public school. And I want to say, too, the other thing about the whole, like, them switching off before we go on to this, this amazing scene, is that, like, the problem with these two women looking so alike and acting so similar is that, like, scenes are ending with her leaving the scene, and then the other Bridget shows up back at the house and you keep forgetting which is which. Like, I, you can't tell. Obviously, I think that she's staying away from the house so it's probably not ever going to be her at the house. But, like, there are other scenes where Bridget's out about town and then you're like, is this actually her or Siobhan? You can't really tell right away. So, yeah. it's not great. But, so she shows up at the house and she's like, hey, uh, what are you doing here, principal? And the principal's like, I have something you need to see. Yeah, because there's, there's security cameras because it's public schools, so you can't trust kids, honestly. Which seems real shady, to be honest. And the, the camera's like, pointed to, like, a, a random angle, in by in a way. big, big city. But, honestly, there are probably metal detectors at this school, too. Right, but, like, the camera's pointed at such a weird angle, too. It's not even an exit or anything, well, or, like, an entire hallway. I mean, there's a reason for that. Why? <laughs> because you can see her face in this one shot? Well, well it's... Well, do you... Let's go to the scene and I'll explain it to you. Oh, I'll explain okay. it to you when I explain everything. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But so, There's so much to, to me, so much when to you put up you. a camera, even if it's a good high-end camera, you usually have to point it down a long Enhance. area so you can see it. Everything in, in the picture. That's why, I mean, honestly, it's why most CCTV is not great 
quality because it's like yeah. just shitty like camera angles and yes. this one happens to be basically like, the most high yes, HD so, camera yeah. pointed right at this dude's everyone door. shows like so Andrew and uh, Bridget are there and then Catherine and Juliet show up so everyone's here to watch and then he he puts this DVD I do love this about Yoan like he's kind of like um boring middle of the road dad at this point but when she's told like there's something going on about the daughter's uh, accusation you should see that sees it like it challenges it or something and he's like well I guess we're all gonna see it together and he just like grabs it throws it in the DVD player like some dads will be like um I'll look at this and I'll get back to you he's like fuck it we're all watching it as a family right now family like, movie Whoa. it's Home very movies. aggressive and so he throws it on turns the DVD player on which is like already a throwback and then like I wouldn't even know I'd have to like watch it on my computer if I watched it nowadays or my Xbox <laughs> But so, yeah, so do you she, not have a? I'm like, do you not have a video game console to like? Put on? I guess an Xbox is the best option you're gonna get, but yeah, it's not gonna be a quick, easy. It's gonna be like turn the Xbox on, and log in. Yeah. <laughs> but so he he throws it right to the DVD player and then turns it on, hits play, and in then, the boom, hallway, it's the school. hallway. It's <laughs> Juliet shoving Jason Dogwing up against a locker. It's not yeah. even like sexual his, in any his way. His hands are up, and she's he's like, no, please no, and she's like, um, oh, seduction time. It does not look like that either, by the way. It looks like she just kind of, like, backs... I honestly thought, like, there was, like, some kind of a school shooting or something. Like, it has, like, a very <laughs> odd... Your, your 2019 brain? Well, I mean, like, they're in a school. She has him shoved up against the wall and his hands are up high. Well, as her, her mom says, right there in the hallway, he is your teacher, not the captain of the football team. But they showed us the footage. It does not look sexual, that, that sexual. It just looks like her shoving him up against the wall. It seems like she's trying to do some... Like teenage seduction on a on a lifetime movie, but it's, she like, looks nope. back behind. It's not that sexual. I don't well, know. Like, I mean, again, there's a reason for all of this. Okay, but like honestly, yeah. it does not look very sexual to me, and it honestly looks it looks like the fucking Columbine and then footage. She, like then I still understand what they're <laughs> Julie. You, you can take a screen cap or yeah. It does not look overtly sexual. Not that I'm saying it but, can't yeah. be sexual. I'm saying that like. Their reactions as if she basically so, fucking, yeah. like, did a strip tease to him is not what the the, the footage shows. But yeah, so Maybe they were reacting is to, that, like, something else yes, that wasn't on screen, honestly. So, no. They probably haven't filmed I, it yet. I, and this is a moment where you're seeing things you want to be seeing. But they probably haven't actually filmed it. They're all just, re- they're, t- they're told it's basically, like, very sexual, and they cut to the actual footage, and it's like... I mean, like, they weren't told it was on. sexual. If they were just told, it's like, you don't want to pressure it because this is what, yeah. And then, so she says, yes, I, I did do this, but then later, he tried to, like, uh, seduce me. I'm like, no, yeah, he wanted to be my first, to which her mother's like, I don't, you're trying to get me to believe you're a virgin? Which Andrew's like, that's not the point of this at all. Well, and then I'm, like, sitting here, my notes are all like, why is this supposed to be damning footage? He still could have very well have raped her. They could have been dating and he could have raped yes. her. What, it is rape, it's statutory. He should know this, that she cannot consent legally. I was like, this is the fucking worst thing I've ever seen. It did not age well at all. <laughs> None of yeah. the adults are like, okay, even if she did quote-unquote seduce him, which she did not. It's one, essentially, like, her. the bad version of what happened, and I always, like, reference it, like, season three of 920, like, the actual good season where Naomi ends up being raped by the teacher, and everyone's like, oh, of course, because, you know, Naomi probably was, like, trying to go for him or something. Honestly, it's also like Dawson's Creek, where, where Pacey was raped by the teacher. I mean, like, you gotta get into these things where you, you start to take a step back, and you're like... These people are being raped. Like they, these are grown men, grown women, doing awful things to children. That is not okay. Like I don't understand that concept at all. I, I'm all for a May December romance, but like, nah, this is not this is not good. So like here, well yeah, you're you're all for Andrew and Martha Stewart. <laughs> Ew. 
Disgusting. Oh, but yeah. Disgusting. So this scene is really amazing. It's just everyone yelling at each other, and it's honestly the best work everyone's well, doing. Well, Catherine immediately, it's as if, and, honestly, Andrea it's as Roth if is the, the best woman, part of the show from the moment she shows up. Yeah, it's as if this woman showed them footage of their daughter grinding on top of him on the table. Like, it is that explicit in their brains. Like, the way they see this footage... Let me cut, I'm gonna show a clip, I mean, I'll show, like, a picture of it, but it won't be, like, in, in movement, but, like, imagine as if someone- Make a gif of it. I'll try to. But so, so, this sounds so awful. I'm not trying to bring, bring you back to school violence. But, like, as if someone was, like, attacking you and you shoved somebody out of the way up against the locker. I think it's slower than what you're, you're saying, that's the thing. Kind of, but they keep freeze-framing it. But, like, okay, fine. Even if it was, like, an actual seducing, like, level of, like, she pushed him up against the lockers and he has his arms up, you don't ever see her, like, wrap her arms and, like, grind her body on him or some shit or kiss him or do anything with him, I don't think. So why are they reacting like she fucking, like, uh, took a pull out and did a dance? The, like, the it's obvious crazy. intent, and it's... I, I, will, I will get into all of this after we are done with oh, the episode. God, is it not what I'm thinking at all? I don't know. It, is I'll tell you I'll tell you the whole elaborate disgusting. situation. <laughs> elaborate. All I'm saying <laughs> is coming into this blind, that footage was not damning, and but they no, all act like they just dropped a grenade in front of them. I'm like, but at the same time, this is like the best scene of like the series of our. It's really, like it just everyone is so on. Like I was saying, like Andrew Ruff is obviously great. She o calls Shabon a, a hu husband stealing pig, and then when uh, Bridget uh, Shabon is like, oh. Oh, screw you, bitch. I'm like, yes, this is like the fire I wanted well, from Sarah Michelle Gellar the entire time. Yeah, this is exactly, the, I will say this is exactly the level of, like, animosity that was needed. Like, it's very realistic. Like, you know, if you get into a fight with somebody, you, you never know what starts the fight, but then the fight's happening and you're mid-fight. And then once you're mad, you start saying weird shit because you're mad already. It's that it's, level of, like, they all get furious and then they start screaming all the things they've been holding back for, like, weeks at this point. And so she's and it, screaming all these things that she's yeah. always thought about this woman and never said out loud. It's, it's one of those things where you get, make this twin like the wrong side of the tracks uh, twin, so you want her to like be scrappier, <laughs> yeah, and you never got knife that. Out or something. Well, and it's like it. here, here's that scrappiness, which yeah. she says, "Oh, screw you, bitch!" I'm like and I she wrote, "This like, is oh, art." Screw you, bitch! And it's like, whoa, it's so good. This, this is what I wanted from her the entire time. Yes, she's never even said so much as like, uh, "You're you're awful" to somebody. She's never like screamed screw you bitch ll like this it's very aggressive and i love it um so yeah so she's she's like whoa whatever um this is also when after that they like storm off and you you see like the mom basically like blah blah screaming at each other and the, the father's like uh, and this is why andrew was always like no juliet cannot live with Catherine and i will Catherine she sucks yeah but yeah. i will say that at least andrew or yoan has like a certain like um understanding i think yeah. he actually also, is like this is bad for us but he yeah. still assaulted you we're gonna make sure he's taking yeah justice. he's yeah but also this isn't even andrea ross's best scene in the episode yeah and then she has a, an amazing line reading later when she's getting kicked out oh that's nuts but then there's an <laughs> that that line reading i know exactly which one you're talking about <laughs> I, at first I was like, wait, which one? And then I was like, oh, you mean, yeah, 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 exactly that one. But, like, so not only is this a good scene for Andrew, it's a good scene for Bridget because she's it's actually good, like, Yeah, it's good for everyone, Juliet. honestly. Yeah, and then you start to see, like, how they move as a team. I wish this yes. happened more earlier on, though, because this is so far into the season at this point. Like, mm -hmm. I want I want them to, like, be bitchy and then be like, oh, 
It's like, I almost wish, here's what I kind of want. I wish that she came in as the quote-unquote wrong side of the tracks twin, <laughs> where it's now, like, copyrighted. But, like, basically she comes in, she is the, 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 one, the twin that owns a vineyard, not a, uh, a wedding line. <laughs> so she's, she's not quite as rich. It, she's the twin who pronounces it Chopin instead of Chopin. Chopin. Uh, as it, it takes two. <laughs> Right. The one that works like a junkyard. Doesn't she work yes. like a fucking Yes, the junkyard. orphan junkyard. A little on the nose, don't you think? I'm gonna play an exit from Chop It. She's a literal like, like She's a literal orphan Annie style like little junkyard. Like, I, I just, like dirt they, on her nose. If you've never seen it, it takes two people. Of course. There's these these terrible foster parents who just have these foster kids and they make them work at a junkyard. That that movie is fucking nuts, but it is like Which, Orphan Annie well, style. Where well, that like show the... that is insane because it's uh, one of those identical strangers but not twins, which is no, no, just like crazy. model behavior. It's crazy. Model behavior is iconic. Also, that's another one where like, give me some glasses. All I want is like, glasses. <laughs> yeah. Prince You're of the Pauper. reading glasses a lot more, and it's like, yeah, I um can't see without them. Uh, <laughs> you're dressing better than so the shit you always <laughs> wore. I love it. They're like, you dress like shit, even though your whole dream is to be a fashion designer. Oh my god. Is there a way we can do model behavior? It is a yes, TV movie. There's absolutely a way. It's a TV movie. We're doing it. It's on the We books. can do whatever the fuck we want. It's our podcast. We, we, I need to take Jason doesn't Jason Timberlake. Jason Timberlake? That's the, the male version. It's Jason and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Oh my god, I almost, why do I feel like Model Behavior was, like, a second away from introducing a, there was a doppelganger for Justin Timberlake, too. I genuinely feel like that movie was, like, a, stu- a br- like, a baby's breath away from being, like, by the way, he also has a doppelganger. They might as well have done that instead of the ancient high school boy oh who was the other god. love interest. Yeah, that was hilarious. That movie's fucking nuts. That movie is nuts. I, I love, love it. It was every fiber of my being. Yes, I mean, truly, one of, one they, of the greatest... It, it really thought nobody's angel would be a big deal. Uh, well, it was. <laughs> but Only on the yeah. Disney Channel. Only <laughs> on the Disney Channel and ABC in the episode of Boy Meets World they were on. How dare you actually imply that they weren't a big deal. <laughs> God. All right. We've got to get back to this. We still have so much to talk about. All right. So Meanwhile, it's not age well, basically. The whole scene is not yes. great. Capital M, so- capital G. Siobhan meets with Henry again at the restaurant. By the way, I don't want to go back to it too much, but I just want to say, we mentioned before we gave her a shout-out, um, what's her name? Uh, oh, crap. Um, her name. I already exited out of the fucking thing. Who were we talking about? The daughter. Oh, Zoe Deutsch? Zoe Deutsch. I couldn't think of her. I was saying J. Deutsch. Um, Zoe Deutsch. Daughter of Leah Thompson. so good in this scene, because if she was not reacting the way she's reacting, it would be a harder scene to understand. But she reacts in such a way that she is so offended by her mom. Because also, by the way, they went, she they she went, is she is confessing to like seducing him, but she's saying that after the fact, uh, he did like attack her, which is honestly yeah. a very progressive a point to make. Because most shows at this time were not making that point. They were just like, well, once you admitted that you seduced him, <laughs> you lying more. Yeah, like it was like you oh, lying well, you bag. It. Like the concept of like like really familial rape is not possible. Um, but like so. That's one part of it. But then there's this other part where we kind of breezed over where, like, her and her mom, when her mom came to town, like, a whirlwind, she called her to come. She shows up. They go shopping together. Like, kind of, like, flighty, vapid people, you would think. You know, they go shopping all morning at Barney's and blah, blah, blah. She comes home. And 
they transition from them coming home with like bags from Barney's to seeing this tape, and then mm-hmm. she plays this beautiful like light, fluffy, frilly, happy-go-lucky girl for, like, a good five minutes, and then suddenly it just transitions to this absolute devastation of watching her mom basically call her yes. trash. And Despite she's fantastic. this character obviously being a bad girl and thinking she's, you know, two big bridges, at no point, like, in the scene, it's just like, she's a child who is utterly it, wrecked. It really upsets me again, because it reminds me, if you haven't watched, I mean, if you can't watch because it's upsetting, don't, but if you can watch, you should. Um, unbelievable. It's this level of, like, her having to deal with, like, reliving it in this moment is also an assault. Like, having to, like, watch the scene of her, quote-unquote, seducing him, he's the person who assaulted her. You should not be showing her this in a room full of her her closest family. Yeah, there's should no watch the separate good reason her. why they made it a home movie. It's <laughs> like, the why? difference between they the cop... Sent her away. Yeah, and for Unbelievable, it's the difference between the cop interviewing her at the scene of the fucking crime versus you have Merritt Weaver taking her into a private public, like, like, mm. like, space and talking to her quietly at her own pace. Like, there's a huge difference in one, the kind of content you're gonna... the reaction you're gonna get from this girl, and two, the absolute disgustingness of making her watch her and her teacher together, the guy who assaulted her, is just upsetting that the fact that the principal is the person who showed up and did it. I mean, I will get the as much as I said, Andrew is good for trying to defend her. Still, that's why, as funny as it is, he throws it in the DVD player. It's completely inappropriate to play that in front of her. And the, t- yeah. the principal should have said, "No, this is something you need to watch separate from her being in the room." Yeah. Anyway, but so she does amazing, and that that really sells the whole scene. I think it was a very height, heightened scene to start, but her like sadness grounds it tremendously versus like you know oh screw you bitch that's funny but like without her in the background like sobbing it would not be as intense a scene i don't think um this is also where it's revealed later on we already kind of knew i guess technically from the flashbacks i guess but this is where it's revealed that she killed Gemma. that that siobhan killed her basically like more or less not on purpose but like she brought in a chaotic force that killed her yeah her her, i yeah because I knew that she was gone, control, but this is like, him. whoa, this is not what yeah. I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then she has dinner with Palaha, and like um, he yes. he asks her he point blank. She, God, he thinks she's Bridget, because he knows yeah. Bridget exists, but yeah. And she's and like, like, nah, I'm Siobhan. Brings up the miscarriage, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh God, you idiot. Yeah. It's just, I, if Siobhan was the character that we're supposed to let to believe she is, I wish he would say, oh God, you idiot. Yeah, pr- honestly. And then there's a great scene where... This is where I think, uh, ironically, I know this, I just mentioned that Sam Rashad are really good in the pilot when she talks to Nestor about this. This is actually, like, I think the best scene she's done so far, where she has to go and get fingerprinted and talk to him, because she's playing a different person and it's really good. But honestly, it's, like, the same kind of, as, fr- as frustrating as it is, this is, like, her best scene as, quote-unquote, Siobhan, but it's even undercut by the fact that when Bridget was her best, she was just behaving the same way. Like, even at Bridget's best possible scene, she's basically just acting like a borderline boring Siobhan. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't it's hard to describe, but basically, even when she's playing at, like, 100%, Siobhan's still only at 100%. Like, I just need mm-hmm. Siobhan to be a whole other level higher if it's possible. Like, I would like to see, like, Bridget acting like Siobhan, and it's cool, like, I out of character. Siobhan, Siobhan should be on be... her own fucking echelon. Siobhan should every... be a Jenna Maroney type. Yes, truly. Because then it would make it, like, when... Bridget acts like her, it's crazy and hilarious and intense, but it's not, yeah. like, to the nth and, degree that when you're actually talking to the real person is. And that's why it makes sense where everyone's like, you're acting differently. Yes. Because you're not acting like your whole life is thunder. Right. So, so Siobhan gets picked up, basically Palaha has set her up. 
he yeah, has given the passport to, to Nestor and said, yeah. um, why did she have this? I don't know. Well, why would he even do that? I don't even know why he, he thinks this is Bridget. He think, he would, he's an idiot. He is an idiot. And so, you know, for someone who's I like... Mean, obviously, you get to episode 12, you're feeling better about other characters. Like, no, he's just an idiot. And it's frustrating because, like... no, I love Palaha, but... Yeah, and he didn't recognize Bridget the, the second she showed up as Siobhan. So why is he suddenly recognizing Siobhan the second she showed up as Siobhan? He's just like, I know there's another one of them, so I'm gonna accuse this one. The, yeah, the wrong one. He points the finger at the wrong one. But it's actually brilliant because then Nestor brings her in, fingerprints her, and proves it's Siobhan. So then yep. it really throws a huge wrench into his plans because he's like, but wait. So, and she's claiming to be the same Siobhan he's talked to before. So it's like, basically, it like screws his case up. It's kind of brilliant. Yep. Because he thought that he was going to bring in Bridget and then he'd be like, finally, I figured it out. But really, it's like, like no, no Br- Siobhan faked her own death. I don't think he understands that <laughs> part then- of it yet. She says, like, Cora, I guess maybe that's one of Bridget's aliases. Yeah. And then also it's very confusing because, like, basically, as much as we know about, like, the story that's unveiled itself, there's so much that, like, Nestor has no idea about. Like, he has no concept of, like, her faking her death. He has no concept of this and that because that's only something that Siobhan knows. Siobhan and Bridget. Like, the two of them are the only ones that know that she faked, and Malcolm, I guess. But, like, the three of them are the only people that know that she faked her death at all. So, and maybe, I don't know, if technically Bridget has friends that she, or not Bridget, Siobhan has had friends that she told this to, I don't know about that yet. But, well, she didn't tell Gemma, because, right. R.I.P. Gemma. But so, like, that's the level of, like, even though he's uncracked, he's cracked this major factor that, like, Bridget's in the mix <laughs> and, like, hanging around, his concept of, like, Bridget being around is, like, she's hidden off by Siobhan, versus, like, no, 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 you have no idea how deep it goes. It's the Siobhan faked her death, Bridget's assumed her identity, and the person you picked up off the street in the, the, the <laughs> restaurant is Siobhan. But he and that's thinks why he has Bridget. to write it all down. Yeah, we'll get to that. It's hilarious. But then, so he um, fingerprints her, and then it just says, you know, identity is not Bridget. Yep. So it basically, like, almost like she accidentally proves Bridget's alibi. Mm-hmm. If it makes sense. Like, kind of, not alibi, yeah. but, like, proves that she's Bridget, or proves that she's Siobhan. So if he thinks that this is the same Siobhan that's now living in the Upper East Side apartment, or, you know, house, he... It's then almost he, like he like, can he, drop the, the, the charges and just, like, leave. Like, he has nothing really keeping him there yeah, after this. He, he's back at, like, stage one, basically, because he's like, well, this is just Siobhan, so Bridget's somewhere. She's not here, though. And Henry's an idiot. <laughs> Even he's learning, Henry's an idiot. If he was smart, he would just keep following the same person, and then if someone else yeah. found a different... there's, I mean, like, how... Which, they're not that subtle. They're both, like, walking around downtown Manhattan. They might run into each other for fuck's sake. Like, it's crazy. Which, okay, but yeah, the, the next scene is, so... Detective Jimmy's gotten beaten up in prison, so he called mm-hmm. Brian Halsey to, to talk. And what we learn later is that uh, Halsey says that Jimmy, like, he snitched completely, he gave everything up, and that he was the murderer. It's like, Halsey, if you're a fed too, you're the dumbest fed alive. Because mm-hmm. clearly, if he's, he's confessing that rap. much, and, and he's taking, like, the rap for, like, like, he clearly didn't do it. Like, either you're on the taker or you're a fucking idiot. Right. And I guess it's, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's not really clear. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, you can come back. Everything's solved. Like, and he does call the, the, the mob boss who comes to jail. Like, they don't keep track of who visits him in jail. Like, for fuck's sake, man. Like, oh, yeah, the guy that you're now flipping on is the one visiting you the next day. Like, clearly he's just but taking he's not, the rap. He's not even flipping on it. No, he's, he's just, just admitting himself He's taking it, the blame for his that. crimes. But, like, it's ostensibly, like, he's, he's tapping out. And that's kind of like a... A weakness, unless you're Although, taking Although, it turns out he's not tapping up because he does uh, get the mob boss back and he's like, I need you to get me out of prison. 
Which he's like, well, so, why am I? Oh, I do love this. this. Is where I'm like, the mob boss is like coming in and doing his own work. Like normally you would send like a, a like you know a flunky to do that for you, but he's like, no, I'm gonna show up in jail and talk to you in person, which is kind of impressive, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then I do. We kind of breathe yeah. over it. I want to mention too. Sorry. Oh, let me just finish it. That yeah. way we could be done with the Jimmy stuff. And yeah. Jimmy says he'll he'll help him find Bridget if he gets him out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like okay, fine. <laughs> They've. Clearly, we cannot keep throwing people at the problem, oh, no. but whatever. You don't need Bridget anyway since you got off and Jimmy just confessed to everything. Yeah, Bridget honestly, is... at that point, she's now out of out of the mix. She, yeah, you don't need her at all. You don't need to kill her because there's nothing she can do. You are... It only is dangerous to you to actually involve yourself with her now. Yeah. It should be. She, she's got, she's got nothing on you. Right. But then, um, we kind of mentioned it before, I, I mentioned it in the Unless, un- unless she has evidence, and as far as I know, she has no evidence. No, it's testimonial at all, I think. Yeah. But so, um, I mentioned before that there's a scene with her and Nestor where, I, like, that's this is my favorite scene between them. I kind of m- missed the point where I actually, like, the, the actual part of the scene I love is that when he confronts her, with, with which is his, like, basically his surprise, is that, actually, I have the fucking passport. Palaha gave it to me. Yeah. She, like, doesn't even flinch and just, like, blinks and she's like, oh, well, yeah, it was a PI I hired. All he got me was the phone number. When I called the number, he said, I have a passport if you still need it. So I went and showed up to get it. The guy had no information about her, so I threw it away. It's like, whoa, that is good line. Smart twin. Yes. Smart twin. Like, I just, I wanted to at least point that out because it's like, I think we've kind of been shitting on Siobhan for a couple of minutes, but, like, I feel like that, that that's the level of, like, whoa. Either she had that already, like, prepped and ready, or she's just yeah. able to roll with every punch. That's the kind of thing that makes it go a uh, smart twin versus dumb twin, as opposed to bad twin versus good twin. Right. Because it's just more like she has planned everything, although Bridget has fucked it up, obviously. Or but... she has, like, she has contingencies for everything, too, which is yeah. great. Um, and then he starts talking about, like, you know, all right, well, the cop's going to go out of jail, blah, 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 he leaves. Then we also get this other scene later on where we get Bridget's closer to figuring out what her normal trip to trip to do something is. She's been trying to figure out. I don't even really understand this as much. You might have better information than me, but she's basically trying to figure out like what this um, Solomon could mean. And then she thinks about this like word jumble thing they did as kids, and she figures out that the Solomon. My notes are just like lol. What she figures something out? She already had it in her like orange book. Was like Mon- she- Monty. Saladero or something like that. Like, yeah. something in the name of her driver. It means Solomon. Solomon. So she thinks that, like, oh, if I just call this guy who's in my appointment book and ask for the usual, he'll know what I'm talking about. It's super unclear to me what that even means, but she does yeah, it. He's, he's, then... he's not just a driver. He, it's uh, He's a bodyguard. Oh, okay. It's Sean Patrick Thomas, so a Cruel Intentions reunion. Yes. He looks which... great. He looks, like, younger than he looked in that, to be honest. Yeah, it's weird. Which... Uh, she's not in this episode, but uh, Nikki Deloach shows up in a like one of the episodes as Machado's girlfriend, oh, which is a North Shore reunion for yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh-huh. yeah, people getting getting their friends uh, in the show. And then so he she says I'll have the usual. He's like, all right, I'll pick you up in ten or something like that. And she's like, all right. Mm-hmm. So she goes down to the car. He he starts like the car takes her off, and she's just sort of like trying to be casual, like why are we doing this again? Again, like, someone who should have just pretended to have forgotten everything so that people would just start telling their stuff this, like, yeah. immediately. She's not good at interrogating. Yeah. And then he asks, like, if she brought her gun, which, honestly, if he's a bodyguard and he's like, did you bring him? He's probably, like, taking her to target practice. He's probably trying to help her, you I know. Guess. It's very yeah. unclear, but so she's just like, um, what? <laughs> she's not able to decipher it, but it seems like he's probably trying to help her keep, like, know how to protect herself. I guess. And then she, he's like, um, the usual, and, she's, and he's like, oh, you mean the other usual then? And that means that he's gonna drive her to JFK so she can go mm-hmm. out of town, which 
I guess we're supposed to like understand that like her flitting off to her affairs or something. It's not super yeah. clear yet. But then he's like, "Well, same as last time." And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Yeah, that was Wyoming." And he's just like, "What? Why did I go to Wyoming nine months ago?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, oh, and that's God. how she learns that Siobhan was keeping tabs on her when yeah, she was she still Bridget. because she was planning this, which is shady. But honestly. Mm-hmm. You don't even necessarily know that for sure, though, because she could have just been, like, checking in on her to see if she's not dead. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of assumptions going on. I guess she, she could knows be, she's, she's a bad. PI to, to check if she's not dead, you yeah, know. I don't know. But then, um, this is where we get back to the house, and we get the titular line comes up. Do we have anything well, else before well, this? What, what, yeah, we have plenty before this. All right, yes. you go ahead. Uh, so, Andrew is, like, telling Bridget he's not sure what he believes anymore. He's not sure if he believes Juliet. And then Juliet's, like, she asks for Andrew because, like, her mom is getting so drunk and just being a complete asshole. So Andrew like kicks Catherine out of the house. Great, which great scene. provides the greatest line ever when she <laughs> is in the elevator. She, she yells, "I had trouble sleeping. I'm a chronic insomniac. You know that, you dick." <laughs> it's so upsetting. This mom sucks. She's awful. It's hilarious, but like she's just a real piece of shit to the but, like, daughter. The, you know that, you dick. Is yeah. like one of the, I love the greatest it. things ever. But also. Yeah, then we have uh, Bridget telling Juliet just like the story of her parents and her sister, and just basically to pr- remind her that like it's like you're not the problem; it is your your parents. Like they have the issue, specifically Catherine, who has the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Then we have another. Well, it's uh, isn't it? It's Catherine who actually reminds uh, Siobhan of the word jumble stuff. Yeah. That was part of their, like, affair when she was having an affair with Andrew before they got oh, together. She, she yes. said something like, oh, was it? It's something real vague. I don't, yeah. Like, I don't know. But she does say, again, another great Catherine line. She's like, you know what, Siobhan? You can suck it. But she says it's all in a delivery. Because she's like, it's basically, like, been a very, like, not polite, but, like, it's been a very, like, adult conversation for a minute or two. And, and the then end. she gets into the elevator and the doors are about to close. And then she's like, you know what, Siobhan? And you think she's gonna be like, I wish you the, I wish you the yeah. best. I think it's gonna it be something like, like that. Yeah, because Siobhan was actually like being, well, Bridget was being nice to her and just saying, I hope you know, I hope things are better for you. And, and then, then she's, she's like, like, you know what, Siobhan? And you think she's gonna twist it and just be like, I try my best and I never win. I it's just what I. It's like some version of that. Yeah, yeah. You Expect her to say. And then she says, you know what, Siobhan? Suck it. You can suck it. You can suck it. And it's like, what? It's like, what are you, like, 12? Like, it's just yeah. so weird. And then we have the real Siobhan going to Henry again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I have to show you something. Stand and then... Right here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But before she does show him something, we go back to the penthouse. And you enter uh, Gage Golightly, who lied to get in there, basically. <laughs> and that's when we get... <laughs> we learn that she is the titular hoe bag. Mm-hmm. Titular hoe bag. This poor girl... <laughs> it's so sad. Also, her name is Tessa, which is my sister's name. Like, yeah, it's just, it never ends with these names. This is this is your life. I know, <laughs> apparently. But so then, bastardized. So then, so she comes, she comes into the door, and she's like already kind of like in his. Yes, because like she uh, at public school, she is has been um, Juliet's bully, basically. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I can't she's it. like, oh, you rich girl, blah 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 blah. And she says to her, "What are you doing here, hobag?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like what are you such, doing here, Hobag? It's such a bitchy thing to say, right and in front of so her sad. dad too. She yeah. says it right in front of Andrew, and it's so sad because like the next sentence is her like yeah. actually he is. She's like, me so, too. yeah, you're not gonna press charges on Mr. Carpenter. Well, he forced me to have sex with him too because again they don't say rape. Oh, gross. And then and then it's like a so, done, done, done. 
Wait, well, then the next scene is Siobhan with Henry, and he's like, just look. And then slow motion as Bridget shows up out of the car, because remember, she turned around mm-hmm. to go back home. So yeah, now he sees, oh, okay, so that's Bridget, and here's Siobhan, and... He is, like, in okay. absolute shock. And then she's like, also, by the way, I'm still pregnant with our child. <laughs> I yes, like, wow! I, had, I had no... Mis- <laughs> there was no miscarriage. Okay. That's it. So that's the episode. And now do you want the stuff that is not revealed in this episode? I could not want it more, so please, God, give me everything. Okay. So, about the rape, the sexual assault, this was a plan concocted by Juliet, Tessa, and Mr. Carpenter to extort money from Andrew. It's a wild things ripoff is what's happening here. Oh, my God. So, the reason- so the reason for the, the surveillance video is that the way things were going, he was going to go, like, to prison, which means he can't get the money, so they needed to concoct con- that video. That's why you're like, it seems weird, because it's staged, so, you know, there's reasonable doubt, and then eventually it can just lead to a settlement situation. That's disgusting. But, you, it gets more disgusting. Oh, God. The actual mastermind behold, behind the whole plot is Catherine, Juliet's mother, is that why she freaked out so much? Like, she was, like, for show? No, no, no. Yeah, that was show. That was all show. Wow. Yeah. She's actually amazing. And, and she's been fucking Mr. Carpenter. Wow. And then, uh, so Tessa, eventually, she's the one who, like, goes to conscience. It's like, we shouldn't do this. And then uh, they have to get yeah, rid of her. but she was her bully. Why did she also get involved in it? I don't know. Wild things. <laughs> yeah. Money. Money and wild so. things. That's so weird. Yeah. Yes. So, also, the person behind, like, trying to kill Siobhan this whole time, also Catherine. I'm so, I'm so sorry. So, wait a minute. I, I need to go back for a second. So, you're telling yeah. me that this girl comes in and says, I was also assaulted by him? because was she all part of the plan. What? Yes. Disgusting. Because, again, so they make the video so they can have, like, uh, the reasonable doubt. Uh, because, again, if they had no video, the way things were going, he was gonna go to prison, and then it's like, well, like, no, he's, he's supposed to be in on the money thing, so they needed to make something, it's like, well, Of well, all no. the things, just say but that he, like, hit your car in the parking lot or something. <laughs> Don't, like, accuse him of rape, this guy's an idiot, it's gonna ruin his career for life, like, how much money well, could you possibly make? Is it worth it you getting blackballed from every school well, you remember, well, again, losing your was- license? Okay, so, like I said, Catherine is. Uh, well, they're gonna get a lot of money because uh, she's she's fucking Mr. Carpenter. Blah blah. blah. They're planning uh, again. Is. They're planning. To, not only are they planning, is she Catherine planning to kill Siobhan? She's the one behind all of that. They're trying to kill Siobhan stuff. She and Olivia, who is Jamie Murray, they are basically trying to oust Andrew from the company and take over completely. So yes, there would have been a lot of money. That's insane. That's yes. insane. It makes no sense. Whatever. Uh, yes. Uh, also, I was, wasn't so, this, like, so they, the, 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 By the way, uh, so this is 12. There's 22 episodes in the season. Okay, so also, this is a Yes, the, there is a payout. And by the way, um, let's see. Uh, uh was it Tessa is, a t- uh, is attacked after spending, uh, the money on, like, she got on a car. And she assumes that Mr. Carpenter did it. I think probably it was Catherine who was responsible for the attack. Yeah. So, yeah, Catherine is the mastermind of this entire series. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny because, like, we both, I mean, obviously you already saw it, so maybe it's different for you, but, like, I already had singled her out as somebody who's, like, uh, giving an insane performance. 
but like you would never have thought that she got introduced this far into it and then she's like actually behind it like that's so weird interesting but weird well wow. uh well wow, bridget really is dumb because she's like looking into all these things but she apparently thinks that like siobhan like still like died by the end of the series Right, that's what I thought. That's why I'm like, they don't ever imply that she knew that she was alive, so... No, yeah, she's still... It's not until the finale that she learns that, uh... Yeah, that Siobhan faked her own death. That's really weird. Mm. Oh my god. Any other wrap-up stuff? I mean, that's really all I wanted to let you know. That, yeah, Amazing. Catherine's the, Catherine's the mastermind. Bow down to Catherine. A truly terrible person. Uh, it's hard see. to finish. And I love everything about it. Uh, let me see. What else could I get from uh, Jay? He's like, there was nothing really juicy about like backstage on the show, but he, like, um, well, they're all a bunch of professionals. I feel like yeah. nobody was like an asshole. Yeah, he was like, it was a good gig. No divas on set. No mid-season course correction. So like, this was the plan. Uh, he did say that some detractors think the writers weren't aware of the campier aspects of the show. But we were. Nicole and Eric, the show's creators, loved our weird tone of gnar and camp. It was like, it was all intentional, the insanity. Oh, well, that's, that's another thing. So I mentioned to you before, I think it's also like, it's, it's the kind of thing where, um, a lot of people who watched Jasper Housewives thought it was a straight down the middle drama, which is just to me, like, you could watch that and think like, it's just a very like weirdly written drama or even like a, like a. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something similar to that. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, that style of, like, soap. Where it's revenge. basically... Revenge. Mentioned, yeah. You could watch that and maybe just think of it, like... They might they might find, like... Oh, yeah, there's... If you ask somebody who doesn't really understand what they're watching, who's just like, yeah, it's a drama, because there's, like, people that die. It's like, well, yeah, but it's still funny as shit. It's a spoof. It's a satire. And I think people think of it... It's like how people think of Succession is, like, that's, like, a bunch of rich people being, like, sad all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, but... Someone said... uh, Numerous people have said recently that, like, Righteous Gemstones is, like, hilarious Succession. I said, no, Succession is hilarious Succession. I... The way I just... I've always described Succession is that it's basically just a British drama uh, posing as an hour-long... American. uh, No, a British British comedy posing as an hour-long... American uh, drama. HBO drama. Yeah, Yeah, it's created by the creator of Fresh Meat. Like, come on. It's not, it's not meant to be serious. I mean, like, there is I mean, serious is, elements. There are serious aspects, but, like, I think it's it's a, a truly just a, a I consider satire. a very dark comedy, yeah. That's exactly how I read it. So, like, I it's think a very, I very dark comedy, but, yeah, I can always consider it more of a, a comedy than drama, really. And I understand why it's, you know, why it's billed as a drama and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but, like, I just think that, like, there are certain shows that you could definitely watch and misunderstand, like this or Revenge or something similar. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, like, you're, you're, like, fucking good for you if you watch it and you don't think of it like that. That's completely fine. Like, yeah. you can watch it as a serious drama and then misunderstand it and then yeah. have a good time. Not, yeah, not just a career of Fresh Meat, like, career of Peep Show. I mean, Yeah, I mean, like, on. it's pretty great. It's pretty straight down the line to me. Like, Wrote satire, uh, but... one of my favorite uh, comedy, which is one episode of television, which is Bad Sugar. Which is actually, honestly, Bad Sugar is, like, the straight-up comedy version of Succession, mm. honestly. And, I mean, like, people think of that with, like, Arrested Development. I'm like, that's, it's basically just, like, exactly like Arrested Development, but with, like, a little more seriousness, but there's not Mm -hmm. much difference. If you really watch it, Arrested Development played, like, a satire as well. Like, that show was not Mm -hmm. actually played for laughs. It didn't have a laugh track. It didn't have a ton of, like, overt comedy sometimes. Like, certain episodes, there was, like, goofy elements and shit, but, like, a lot of times it was, like, serious Mm -hmm. people doing serious things, being stupid, and then the funny stuff that would happen as a result of that. Like, 
for the honestly for the longest time because uh, Patrick happened in 2012 and they were uh, it, they could never make a full series because the cast was in, insanely busy it's Olivia Coleman it's Julia Davis it's Sharon Horgan it's Peter Serafinowicz it's like that's a busy cast like they could never make an actual series um but they've been trying to make like an American remake of it and I think like one a pilot got you know picked up I think that Succession is just the American remake of Bad Sugar honestly mm-hmm. just with more a dramatic tinge and it's there's there's ways to watch certain shows like that without being like oh yeah this is funny and I think that's what this show happened to miss like here's another great example here's one that I think is absolutely a biting satire but honestly I think a lot of people watch it and misunderstand it will be Search Party the show on um, TBS with um mm-hmm. uh, oh yes what do you call it um uh, speaking of why? development with Ali Shakat yeah Ali Shakat yeah that is another show where. It is, honestly, it plays like a straightforward drama, but when you watch it, it is bitingly funny. And, and honestly, as much as it is serious, it's only able to get to these moments of absolute comedy by being serious most of the time. So when it does go goofy, it goes to this level where you've been so intensely upset by it for like a whole episode that when it becomes funny, you're like, am I watching this? Is this actually happening? Like, it's so serious. Why is it this funny suddenly? Like, the sharp turns between, like, comedy and drama were meant to give a certain level of, like, insanity. Like, that, there's no other way to put it. Like, there's a there's a, there's a a reason why it's supposed to be kind of froofy most of the time. Because when it becomes serious, it's so... You're like, wow, that's a very dark turn. And then when it becomes funny again, you're like, what? I just watched someone get murdered in cold blood. Why are they laughing? What's happening? <laughs> so, I just think that there's certain shows that, like, do that really well. And I think this show does it pretty well. I do... It sounds like, based off of the, the spec script you have, like, I think it was basically mostly better written than it was produced in some ways because i think that there's definitely the level of like comedy involved in like what was going into it i think that like the the final product they didn't really know what to do with it they kind of like toned it down too much they probably should have kept it more goofy and like loud and and soapy and dumb um they almost tried to keep it more like down the middle which would have fit in the sense of like it has to be on the cw now but that's why it didn't fit. Like, the CW didn't have shows like that at the time, in my opinion. I mean, even if you say something like a 90210, like, there was definitely soapy elements to it. Mm-hmm. But that was a far more traditional, like, dramatic mm-hmm. soap. Not a comedy, dark and comedy There's soap. a reason why I, I only call one season of that show legitimately good, and I will reference that, but yeah. for the most part. It, th- that was also a show where they had, like, a different showrunner every other season, and it was just, it was never had a singular... Uh, vision for what it should have been. And, and we mentioned just... a ton of other shows that would have worked with it, like a Veronica Mars or mm-hmm. A One Tree Hill or um, even like the originals or anything to do with the, the Julie Pleck of it all. But like mm-hmm. even those shows, which are again, hilarious at times are mostly just serious dramas. Like the, yeah. the soapy elements of them come in the drama. They happen to have mm-hmm. like every show can have some humor to it, but like the, the funniness is not like in spite of the, the drama. Some shows are more of the traditional like drama, like, Breaking Bad, Soprano style, where if there's humor, it's just, like, in spite of that. Whereas I'm saying, like, this show was at its best. Airing is the kind of thing where it's, like, people doing heightened things and being insane. Because, like, there there are scenes in this episode, especially, where people are behaving like cartoons. Like, the Catherine stuff is wild. It's... It's what the show should be. Oh. And again... It took 12 episodes to get to her. And we sort of... This is insane. We still kind of... I can't believe we talked about it so much and we kind of breezed over it. I'll try and leave a screen cap of it. But we did mention it several times. I want to just reiterate. There's a scene where Nestor Carbonell literally is so confused (laughs) by what has been going on in this show 
that he pulls out a piece of paper and starts writing down sentences. And like so, in Sharpie. <laughs> yes, in Sharpie. And he literally says, so if Siobhan killed Deloria, or not Deloria, I guess it's Bridget. He's saying Kelly, Bridget Kelly, I forgot. So he's saying Yeah, that, okay. he wrote Kelly, which no one has ever called Bridget, like, because her name is Bridget Kelly, but no one's calling her Kelly. He's never calling her Kelly. Yeah. He's not doing, like, the I do last names because I'm a cop thing. He, does, he never does that until this moment. I know, I guess it's probably, I don't know, he should just write her name. I don't know, it's bizarre. But let me, like, hold on, before we end, I want to, like, pull that up and, like, read exactly what he's written. Because I think it's honestly worth discussing because it's one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Um, okay. But, like, that's the level of, like, we have somebody who is a, a seasoned FBI agent who is so confused by what's happening, he needs to write down the plot and then try and keep track of it again. But, like, that's a level of soap that I want in my life. Okay, yeah, he has a felt pen. He's literally writing it down in the, pre- in the precinct. Because he's like, you know what? I got this far. And I'm starting to lose track of, the, like, what was actually going on. So let me just write it down and go over it again. It's like an actor running his lines. And I don't mean that to discourage how great Nestor Carbonell is. I mean, like, that's how soapy the show is, is that you need to actually sit the character down and be like, do you remember what's going on? Because there's a lot of levels to this, and I don't think you've been keeping track. So his note literally reads, Siobhan Martin hired John Delaney slash Charlie Young. Delario finds Bridget Kelly. It's, I mean, like, literally, like, bullet one was the first one. Bullet two, Delario finds Bridget Kelly, doesn't tell Martin. Bullet three, Delario and Kelly kidnap Gemma Butler for ransom. Bullet four, Delario kills Butler and Kelly kills Delario. <laughs> he adds another line. Bullet five, Kelly, I'm reading it as he's writing it, tries to run as Cora Farrell. So he's trying to establish what the plot could be because based off of his his evidence, like we're saying, why is he even still on this case? Because he should have basically wrapped the case. But he, it's like what we're saying. There's so much crazy shit going on. He knows that even if he can, he just proved that that was not actually Bridget. It was Siobhan. He's like, there's too much crazy shit that's happened. There's obviously a crime that's going on. I just can't see it. It's like he's seeing like the edges of something, and like you, you throw a blanket over a table. He's now having to, to draw the table. He can give you the, the shape, but he doesn't know what color it is, so he has to try and figure it out. He's, like, writing down all the things, like, a table is square, a table has four legs. It's crazy. And honestly, he's no further to the actual answers by the end of that scene. That's the greatest part of it all, is he has to call someone and be like, hey, um, do you know what's going on with this? Because he has to call, what's his name, the, the guy you're talking about, the one that talked to the cop, just to see what's happening. Because he's like, are we any further with that? Because it doesn't make any sense that he just randomly admitted to the crime. And, like, I think by the end of the scene, he's ready to just, like, throw the paper away because he's like, should I even keep up with this case anymore? Because I've just been told that my biggest suspect is no longer potentially in threat. In the, in... But he does because he's actually good at his job. Yeah, I'm he's like, like, I'm going to keep at it because I, I want to figure out what actually happened here. But I mean, how dumb do you have to be to think, oh, this dirty cop who we know was on the take just confessed to everything, including the crimes that he wasn't even investigated for until, yeah. <laughs> like, and come on. It makes... Okay, even though I know all of this, and even though we know that technically Siobhan faked her death, and you just told me that Catherine was masterminding it all, why did why did Siobhan fake her death then? Uh, she also wants to like take all of it. They all want to take Andrew's money. So she was going to fake her death. What was her actual plan? Because that's what's so weird about it is if Siobhan fakes her death, Bridget takes over her life. Does she anticipate that happening? Uh, I think she wants to frame Andrew for m- murdering her, which also, like, means Bridget wanted, uh, like, Siobhan wanted, like, Bridget to be murdered, uh, assuming her identity. Oh, 
what? So he knew that someone was, she, well, see, that's what I'm talking about, like, so she must have suspected that he was gonna murder her, so she, mm. like, she fakes her death, has Bridget come with her, knowing yeah. Bridget's weak will also take over her life, so that she'll be the pawn that he can now kill, and then she'll frame mm. him for that murder. But how yeah. is she gonna get the money if she's dead? I don't know. There's no <laughs> lot of logic, that's what I'm talking it's about. It's I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to see if it's explained. Uh... What did I... Because I was looking... Uh, I had the AB Club reviews open, and I closed them, and I'm just like, Catherine, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I mean, am I wrong? No, you are not wrong. Hm. Not even a little bit. I'm wondering. It's also... Because Andrew's... We learned it's not, like, a good guy. It turned out what his company or whatever is, like, a pyramid scheme. I mean, I'm not surprised. Is that what yeah. he was yelling about on the phone? He just comes across like he's got some problems. That makes sense of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, hi. Everyone's terrible. Yeah, I don't know what what the actual plot was for her, but it just seems to me like she, even she, like her plans either went awry or she didn't have it thought out. So like everyone's kind of just playing it by ear, and I'm like, I wish we had someone with a little more it's like every villain foresight. for themselves, basically. Besides Catherine, who is teaming with Olivia because they are lesbians in love, which you never know because we never. Which is revealed in the final episode. Wow. But yeah, secret so, lesbians is how you end the show. Okay, so I'm gonna read. The, I'll read the final synopsis if that's okay with you. I I was gonna say if I'm gonna go back to the AV Club reviews because those probably have like more detail for what oh God, the finale was directed by Eric Lasalle, by the way. Yeah, he did more than one episode of directing. Yeah. As the vow renewal nears, Bridget realizes she needs to tell Andrew the truth about who she really is. If they were gonna get renewed their vows, but worries about losing everything. Jimmy has escaped from prison and demands that Bridget, who he, th- he thinks is Siobhan, to give him part of the cash for scaring Bridget away, where she learns that Siobhan and Delario hired him to scare her into fleeing to Wyoming. So, she still thinks it's Siobhan. She thinks that he he's talking to Siobhan and he's like, you owe me money for scaring Bridget out of, out of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Unclear why she scared her out of Wyoming still. Afterwards, Butaway demands Jimmy reveal where Bridget is, and after getting an answer, he kills Jimmy with a knife in cold blood. Agent Machado is deported back to Colorado weird use of the word deported but is deported back to Colorado where he <laughs> right yeah, deported back to Colorado tra- transferred uh, Wikipedia entries man so he's um, transferred back to Colorado where he order he's ordered to pay or ordered to stay off the Bottaway he kind of say that the name Bottaway is very confusing because when you read it it keeps looking like Broadway every single time but um, yeah he's ordered to stay off the Bottaway case back in New York Tim Gemma's father, <clears throat> believing that Siobhan was responsible for Gemma's death, becomes the new owner of the Martin Charles Inc. and tells oh. Andrew and Siobhan has been mm. having an affair with Henry over the past year. Mm. Andrew is furious and cancels their vow renewal and announces that he and Siobhan are getting divorced. Now forced to do so, Bridget finally tells Andrew that and Juliet the truth about who she really is. Unfortunately, they both take the news very badly. Oh, unfortunately? You think? Mm. I've been lying to you for the last year and your actual wife's dead? Mm. Jesus. But yeah, um, uh, by the way, uh, so Siobhan actually hired Delario and Detective Jimmy to uh, scare Bridget into coming to New York so she could do her whole plan to, you know, fake her own death and blah, 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 blah. Weird. Um, yeah. yeah, that makes more sense. All right, and then, so, <clears throat> with Juliet calling Bridget worse than her own mother, Andrew um, and Juliet take a leave to the Hamptons after Andrew kicks Bridget out. Meanwhile, Henry steals Siobhan's money that he that she stole from Andrew. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> And kicks her out of his house. Yeah, because he's like, I get the baby daddy. Fuck you. He's not the biological father of their twins. I guess she had the twins at some point. She had twins? She had twins. That's not how this works. Twins skip a generation. 
<laughs> Jesus. Into every generation a twin is born. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. They're called Siobhan and Bridget. Um, alright, Siobhan returns to her old apartment. Okay, they, were, okay, they also reveal secret lesbians before the finale. Okay. I can't believe I got that wrong. That's okay, that's okay. It's, it's because Julia at one point asks, is mom saying she and Olivia were girlfriend girlfriends? Oh, Jesus. Um, Siobhan re- returns to her old apartment to steal all the jewelry that was once hers. I love it. Bodaway then attacks her, believing she's Bridget, and the real Bridget then shows up, and after a brief struggle, she kills him, thinking he was attacking Juliet. Agent Machado arrives after getting Bridget's call and reassures her that Andrew and Juliet are safe in the Hamptons. At the hospital, Siobhan, now broken homeless, tries to think of a way to get her old life back. Later, Solomon shows up. Wait, there's an actual Solomon? It wasn't just a nickname? Solomon is Sean Patrick Thomas. Oh, but they... Why did she write out the... I don't know. She did that word jumble. It like because she, she didn't want anyone to see, like, who his real name was because, like, he's her bodyguard. And, again, he's, like, teaching her, like, how to protect yourself. And oh, okay. so, you know, yeah, yeah. Someone's okay. trying to kill her. Yeah, yeah. Later, Solomon shows Bridget security footage that shows Siobhan was alive on the day of her suicide, talking to, with Delario. Bridget angrily confronts Henry, who, after being punched by Andrew earlier, tells her the truth about her sister. A horrified Bridget then says, Siobhan wanted me dead? I guess that's how it ends. It wow. is. I, I, it's a shame because it's kind of a weak ending based off of this, but one, I'm probably not seeing the full picture, and two, I'm betting that, um, first of all, the name of the episode is called I'm the Good Twin, which is hilarious. Yes. Um, which but, means someone says that. Yeah, I love it. Um, but also, it just means to me, like, um, there's probably so much more planned for this that would have been so crazy. It just happened to be that it got uh, cut off before it got off the rails the way I was, it I, I will let you know the second best episode title of the series is Shut Up and Eat Your Baloney. Wow. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, that was it. That was a very interesting uh, diversion into, I think, a very nice pairing to what we just watched. Yeah, we went from Freddie Prince Jr. to Samuel We didn't talk that much about her, but I mean, like, quote we did last quote time. vanity projects. Yeah. I love this. I think it's honestly one of the more soapy things we've watched. Do you want to watch the rest of the show? Someday, probably. I need to pace myself because this was a lot. It really is. Like even just reading to... that finale made no sense. I'm glad I like wrapped it up for us, but I, like, I'm I further swear... away from understanding where this is gonna go. I love all of it. Yes. Watching it again, I will probably not understand it, and I'll just be like, "When does Catherine get here?" It's it's wild. It's good though. It's one of those shows where like it's. Had it premiered back, like, uh, later when the CW was more assured, as opposed to you, this era of CW, it could have lasted and done very well. So can I do one other really quick thing before we end and just review yeah. off the episode titles that are all based off of actual dialogue, which I think is really helpful to understand the level of insanity that this show had all the time? Of course. Go ahead. So we have the pilot, obviously. Then we have She's Ruining Everything. If you ever want a French lesson... It's gonna kill me, but I'll do it. A whole new kind of bitch. The poor kids do it every day. And that's obviously about going to public schools. <laughs> Jesus. I love that even in just the title of that episode, they had to put a little sick. <laughs> because it's not proper grammar. <laughs> I mean, it's literally just because every day is one word. And you know, know what? I like it. Every I day know. should be one word. Um, oh god. There's two of them. Maybe we can get a dog instead. Like you said, shut up and eat your baloney. But also, maybe we can get a dog instead. It's, it's post-miscarriage. 
What? I mean, look at the first line. Bridget lies to Andrew about having a miscarriage, so clearly that line has to be about the miscarriage. Um, that's why, that's what you get for trying to kill me. It just got normal. Of course, we just watched- Also, uh, that's what you get for just trying to, uh, trying to kill me. Amber Benson guest stars. Oh my god, another reunion. Um, we already mentioned the what are you doing here, hobag. Yes! Uh, It's easy to cry when this much cash is involved. It's true. Whores don't make that much. <laughs> also or, true. Or whores don't make that much. I don't, some of these are probably like inflection uh, dependent. Uh, I, P.S. You're an idiot. <laughs> whores don't make that much. It has to be a Catherine line, doesn't it? I know. Uh, or it's like, oh, Siobhan, like, whores don't make this much. Like, it's like that kind of thing. Um, you're way too pretty to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> what we have is worth the pain. God, that's probably a uh, uh, Henry line. <laughs> Yikes. Which is let me see, let me double check that. Which is directed by Zoe Deutsch's Howard Tony. Yes. Yeah. Um, the uh, which husband never... of Leah Thompson, obviously. No, I love this one. The woman's never been a victim her entire life. <laughs> Let's kill Bridget. <laughs> if you're just an evil bitch, then get over it. Directed called... by uh, Roger Cumble, who directed Cruel Intentions. Yes. And um, Just Friends. Hello, oh Joyce. God, classic. Um... Joyce. <laughs> Joyce. Um, it's called improvising, bitch. <laughs> it's called improvising, finally, bitch. Yeah, bitch. It's called improvising, bitch. <laughs> uh, and then I'm a good, I'm the good twin, which I love because it means that one of them said that. <laughs> I think it's, it makes no more sense either one of them saying it, but whatever. Oh God. All right, let's move on to plugs. <laughs> I would like to plug every episode of uh, the CW's Ringer, which oh, needs yeah. to be available on a streaming pr- platform without having to buy the episodes people come on it's we worth need the to... price i think but yeah it is it's worth the price but we need to uh make sure more people can see this because i feel like people would if this was on streaming like hulu or netflix people would quote unquote discover it and they'd be all about it that could be the new thing that teens care about ringer teens? the teens the teens, teens care about ringer teens care about okay Teens care about friends. Teens are on TikTok apparently have just got really into H2O just add water. <laughs> That's so a- old. Teens are on TikTok apparently. No, I'm saying teens on TikTok apparently. Oh, okay. They're like teens are on TikTok. No, no, no. Teens on TikTok apparently have just got like really into H2O just add water. What? This is true. They're like doing H2O just add water impressions. This is a, a true what? thing. <laughs> oh my god. I have to here, I have to look this up right now. That's I'm not. about to go tweet about it, like, and it's just a tweet uh, thread. It's a whole, wow, it's a whole thing. Wow. It, yeah, it's just a lot of impressions of Phoebe Tompkin and Claire Holt. Why? Are they not even Australian? Because it's on Netflix, and no, they're like Americans, yeah. What? That's really weird. Little- that's one of those shows that, like, while it was funny to watch, it has, like, almost no connection to American... At all, like American. I mean, it was on. It was on like uh, Team Nick on Nickelodeon, like on the weekend, and obviously yes, like. Yes, but like it's not like a very well known like you know it didn't it never filtered into uh, like, the way. even like Summer Heights High had more American. Yeah, because it, it's weird that it's happening now because like a lot of us obviously watching Vampire Diaries and like Secret Circle because of Claire Holt and Phoebe Tonkin. That's why we went, like went back and watched the show finally. But like I don't understand why kids these days are into it. Oh my god. There's a lot of Cleo. Cleo. (laughs) A lot of them, like, without Vanna showing, actually saying Cleo. 
I remember it being, yes. like, literally, and, like, they're watching- And throwing like, water on each other. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, they're walking down the street, and then suddenly someone, like, gets hit by the water. Like, a little <laughs> tiny drop of water, and they become a mermaid yeah. in the middle of the street. It's Again, hilarious. Like, yeah, I was thinking of teens. <laughs> the teens are into each one just had water now. That's what I'm saying. A weird show like Ringer, they would totally get into. They love friends, and H2O just had water. Cleo or Emma. I, all the, every time, there's always a Cleo. <laughs> I always say Cleo. I love it so much. Oh, that's so good. It's basically like, here's the water. And they're all like, oh my god, I don't want to touch the water because I'm going to turn into a mermaid. Yeah, it was like back in July, all of a sudden, teens, American teens became obsessed with H2O just the water. Well, no, I guess, uh, so back in July is when people started reporting it. From what I can see, like, this is a, t- a TikTok from like December of 2018. It had it started. Oh my god, that's hilarious. That's in, like, All right. it's crazy. God, I, I don't even know what to say about insanity. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I would like to plug H two O just had water mm-hmm. and the work of Claire Holt and Phoebe Tonkin. Uh, I'm sure we'll do Always. an episode of Secret Circle uh, eventually, which is the first thing I saw Phoebe Tonkin in, and she's amazing in it. Uh, let's see. I would like to plug my book on women's bris- women's wrestling, an encyclopedia of women's wrestling, 100 profiles of the strongs of the sport. Available wherever books are found. Just like look for a book and you'll find mine. Uh, <laughs> Amazon or Barnes and Noble, like uh, probably easiest. Just like yeah, just go online. You should be able to find it. Uh, yeah. What else do I want to plug? This podcast. Listen to it if yeah, you're not already. Listen to, <laughs> listen to right. this podcast. Sounds good. As always, I'm at Marie on Twitter. Um, the show is at the Televoid. Um, you can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes or everywhere you get your podcast um, if available. Um, our email is at or the Televoid at gmail.com and we're also on the Um In the meantime, thanks for wandering into the Televoid, guys. See you next time. Thanks. Yeah.